Do you want a balloon too, Georgie? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. Oh, well, I'm Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Now we aren't strangers, are we? I should get going now. Oh. Without your boat? Cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full blooded half Mexican. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 112 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Pennywise. Yeah. And, of course, I've got my two co-hosts with me at all times, Doink the Clown, a.k.a. JP. And, of course, he's got his little sidekick, Dink the Jew, a.k.a. Jeremy. What's going on, homies? Oh, we got clown Dink, names this time. Dink the Jew? Can I be Bozo? <laughs> no man doink and dink remember from wwf or wwe that shit yeah. was a funny fucking yeah. time i actually used to like doink the clown but remember what yeah remember? but he's like eight he played he was played by like four <laughs> different dudes no yeah. but remember when yeah. he like got dink though <laughs> it was the stupidest <laughs> thing ever <laughs> good times man what's going on guys yeah episode 112 well, wow this is a pretty exciting episode like yeah um man. I don't know about you, but like the horror world was just buzzing over it. Actually, you know what's and crazy? And I'm sure we'll get into that later. But oh, what's up? 100, 100. But it's kind of it's kind of interest. It's kind of interesting. Oh, that's gonna be a bad pun. I'll show, isn't it? That's brutal. Yep. Um, but it's kind of interesting it- because this is the first like new 2017 film that we've done in like the main review in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it the first period? I don't even like what was the last one we did like new did we do one this year none because we did episode 100 like right after the top 10 in 2016 you know you see a lot of other podcasts and they're reviewing new films and stuff and we've just kind of I don't know we spaced ourselves from new films this year for some odd reason but this one came about at a great time I think it's because of you what do you mean because you don't get it. You don't really get them that much. But I mean, we have done them in the past, though. Well, like, I can. Movie, it's the theatric like ones. That. It's reviewing theatrical films. That is is the tougher oh, one for Alien. me. Alien. Alien. Oh yeah, yeah, I knew there was another one. Covenant. Yeah. Would... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that yeah. film. But uh, yeah, no, we haven't done a whole lot. So this is kind of cool. This is kind of cool, man. And and oddly enough, this is like the second OG verse remake we've done in what the last four shows. That's odd. Yeah, and I do want to prefix this right away by saying that we are aware that whether you – like it's kind of not 
officially a remake it's more of a another Re- adaptation reimagination you know I mean? well not really it's just an adaptation of a source material i feel like when people when yeah. movies are based on books you don't call them remakes like you don't really call like for example um what's a popular one that's like always dracula re- like uh the telltale heart right if there's a version of the telltale heart or dracula yeah, and you know, there's another version. It's just another version. People are very like picky on that. But to me, mm-hmm. because there are elements taken directly and visualized directly through the film, like I do think that it's kind of a remake too. You know what I mean? It is true though, man. It's not like people are going around saying Fulci's Black Cat is a remake of your vice is a locked door and only I have the key, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Cause yeah, it's just the it's, adaptation. I don't know. You Those see Tim sor- Curry's Pennywise in the background a few times. Oh, well, it's, oh yeah. uh, it's all based off source and show, but yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But yeah, so yeah. we do, we do, we are aware that technically mm-hmm. it's not a remake, but we're calling it a remake versus original because we're covering an old film and a new film that are both on the same title, both around the same about the same things, and um, really kind of interesting because uh, this this newest it film is only one part of a two part movie series. So uh, we'll probably have to cycle <laughs> around and do the other part when it comes out. <laughs> so as, as soon as that was shown on the big screen, I heard like a bunch of people say, "Well, how many damn chapters is there?" obviously not knowing anything it was amazing how much conversation i heard because i usually don't listen to other people when i'm at the cinema because i'm usually with somebody this time i was riding i was riding solo my homie couldn't make it so i kind of listened to people and the and the consensus i was getting is a lot of people didn't know that this was you know based off another movie or source material people didn't know anything about it they thought it was a scary clown film fucking blowing my mind dude it's crazy but again, we'll get yeah, into that it, shit. it's it's incredible though. I mean, like I can't wait to get into box office brawl and and all of that stuff. But like I was really happy being a horror fan this weekend, just seeing so many people. Like my screening was so packed. I went uh, Thursday night, um, and it was just it, I hadn't seen it since Friday thirteenth oh nine. Be that that insanely packed it it was really really cool i like that and there's so much just cool stuff i want to get into when we start talking about it um especially the old one the new one uh the future what's what we can see coming up for it and and things like that and theories and and stuff like that um but uh we do have some other things to get into first uh what do you guys want to start with well let's uh you know, throw a big shout out to all the people down south right now in Florida. Keep your heads up, man. Yeah, even you, fucker, Neil. Because even it's... though you're a fucker, <laughs> I still want you to be okay. I mean, still want you to be okay. I mean, just the thought of a Category Five hurricane hitting where I'm at is, is scary as shit. I mean, when you put it in perspective, Katrina was a Category Two, I believe, and that shit was devastating as fuck. So. Yeah our thoughts and prayers go to the people down south because that's some scary shit that they're going through and it's just unfortunate it's really really unfortunate yeah we definitely so, have a lot of friends listeners and, yes we do um you know just people that are in the community that are in florida so i mean shit my, my i have family in florida what about yeah. Rob um, from Georgia? Yeah, yeah. it's gonna hit uh, georgia too oh jeez uh well rob from georgia is in new york so 
Um, <laughs> Why the fuck do we call him Rob from Georgia? Damn it! Because he's from. No matter what, you're always going to be from. Somewhere. He he did explain that he's from Georgia. He's now living in Buffalo, but he said he's still no matter what going to be Rob from Georgia. Oh, Makes fuck sense. you, Rob just, from New York. Just like if I I'm moved out to Chicago, I wouldn't be all of a sudden JP from Chicago. I'd be <laughs> yeah. from Pennsylvania. No, you would still be that stupid fucking Mexican son of a bitch, JP. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, so, uh, on a serious note, like I got a little heat from not acknowledging the the Texas Houston area and stuff like that. I and saw that. That guy was dropping the N-word. That guy yeah, was dropping he was, the N-word. He was pretty like pissed at me. So, like, I do apologize. Like, I, I did not mean to not be sensitive to okay, the situation. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. In Onyx's word, bat the fuck up here? What? what? Who? Who's guy yelling? was like... On, uh, on it's on your comments, one, dude. Yeah, in episode 111 on the comments. I don't think like I've even guy, clicked. I don't think I clicked on my videos in like a he week. He was like from, from, he must have been from the hood because he was talking all gangster like and he was dropping the N word after every fucking word he was saying and he was spelling like everything. My dude's house floating down the river and that, that double shot J man, he don't even give a fuck. Like, and he just went <laughs> off on me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean that. Um, But yeah. <laughs> oh, is it, is it because we mentioned it? I think me and Jeremy mentioned is it because you didn't say anything? This guy was like dropping knowledge. Well, I mean, it's because I didn't really know about it that much, and oh, okay. also maybe I was just not as since like I don't know. Maybe I just didn't say much on it. And, <laughs> is, that comment, he said? is that comment? Is that comment still? Is still there? You want me to read what he said? Yeah, go ahead. Oh. Read it. Uh, all right. Am I going to say the N word? Yeah, because dude, you're reading something. Reading. You're not calling oh. people. As Lewis C.K. says, this is the first time Jamie's ever said the N-word in his life, by the way. So, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yo, man, this nigga double shot Jay is whack as fuck. My nigga's house is fucking floating through H-Town, and this nigga didn't know a motherfucking hurricane was coming down. Damn, fam, at least my nigga moods gave a motherfucking fuck. This nigga, peace to my nigga <laughs> moods. Keep that shit real, fam. <laughs> No, I, I okay, homie. And then I, JP I guess was I like, it. and then JP was like, "Oh, one listens, man. Oh, well, there's JP's amazing grammar. What did one I say? listens, man. I'm completely sorry about that. I honestly stay away from the news because it depresses me. I was completely unaware of the devastation that is happening right now. Sorry for my insensitive actions towards anyone directly or indirectly involved. We like to have fun here, but I truly mean to have." But I never truly mean to offend anyone, just Jeremy. My heart goes out to the victims and families. And then this dude replied, It's all good, fam. No harm. Duh, broad, that shit. Depress my ass to dog. You are for real nigga for owning that shit. Dude, he just sounded Peace like... Oh, for real, he gave me props afterwards? He did. You sound like butters. Real- <laughs> <laughs> It sound like butters. He's like, he's you like, know what I am you saying? know what I am saying? <laughs> let me let me let me reread this. Here we go. It it all good, fam. No harm done, brah. That shit depressed my ass to dog. You a for real? You're a real nigga for owning that shit. Peace to my real nigga JP. Not like these Yuda Mark ass niggas. Peace. Oh shit, yo! Well, that's and- awesome because I meant it too. I was like, I felt bad. I legitimately felt bad. I'm Man. like, this dude, his his boy's like house is like floating down the the fucking road and shit, and I'm just making jokes over here. Like, yeah. it made me feel like shit. And I was like, damn. So I I did write out a actual even though my grammar was fucked up like i did try to write out like a sincere message and like you know type it up and stuff and i'm glad that everything's cool now i'm cool. so 
happy that Jeremy read that out, not me. Because that was <laughs> fucking awesome. That was amazing, dude. Oh, this is <laughs> but no, That's for real right. though, man, our our you know, our thoughts and prayers are still with all the people from you know, with all the people down in Selby. Funny if everybody that. from Houston and Damn, Florida. Dude. The, the pictures are so brutal, man. Like I saw this picture the other day of this old guy and he's hugging his dog and he's just bawling and he's like in the water. That shit fucked me up, man. I was like, that's terrible. Yeah, man. and and you know what, Moots? I would I I mean I haven't said this on air, but I've been going through a lot of shit too lately. And um like some old lady like smashed into my car, like to completely total it, like fucking ruined my life for the next like month. And then like during this happening, that's when also I found out about the hurricane and stuff. And I see these people's houses completely covered. And I'm just like, okay, maybe like this car thing isn't as big of a deal as I thought it was. You know, it kind of puts things in perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's what these things do. You know, and, and I'm glad that, you know, people are coming together and, you know, helping out and shit. And what well, I mean for the most part. Watt, man. But, um, but yeah, man, it's uh, definitely from the 22 shots crew, man, our love and prayers are going out to you guys, man, because it's a tough ass situation. We know it's not over. Like as we speak, you know, category five is still ripping through there. That's nasty. And no, it's a it's a it's a three now. It's a three. now. Well, oh, yeah, it was a category it's five and it's coming through the Caribbean and stuff. But which yeah. they that's on a whole nother. There were cities that were 100 yeah. percent devastated. So this is, the, you know, these natural disasters aren't to fuck with, man. And. You know, keep your head up, peeps. Yep. Yeah. And Rob from New York, I hope everybody's good down in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I almost felt bad. I kind of ripped Neil for uh, his Patriots losing. I didn't even think that – I didn't even know at the time that that's where he was located. I'm like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, like I shouldn't be uh, – messing with people who are going through tough time, times, you know, or whatever. I don't even know if he is or not, but I know he's, yeah, a, he's still a fucker. <laughs> but yeah, cause, you know, it is kind of interesting. I can't, I can't not rip the Patriots for losing when I don't get the chance to do so that often. <laughs> so awesome. Dude, that game was wicked. <laughs> yeah, especially because everybody was just saying 16 and 0, 16. This is the year they're going to do it. 18 and 0. They're going to win yeah. the ball. They're going to get second seed and, and win the two games. And, you know, and then just like boom, opening, opening, uh, <laughs> opening season. You it know, was, the first game of the season, they 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 lose quite kind of bad to the Kansas City Chiefs. Booyed. Well, man, the game like they came out flying, dude, flying. And then something happened about three, four minutes left in the second, and shit just kind of got a little soft. And then they yeah, just... they pulled the Falcons in the Super Bowl, dude. Exactly. It's like <laughs> it's like they were hung over from the Super Bowl and just yeah, that was that was awesome. But go figure, Bills are in first place. Go Bills. <laughs> <laughs> the Falcons. Yes, we will cut the football talk short because I know everyone doesn't want to hear it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, speaking of well, coming other from the fucking dude do. who talks about the MMA for like a half an hour a few shows ago, you didn't even get a single complaint. So shut up, dude. Oh, I, fuck I, you. When I was editing that, it was only like eight minutes, man. It was actually that was longer than eight minutes. It, it seemed like it was, but it wasn't. It actually wasn't that long. Well, no, yeah. It, I mean, it was. 50, I cut down. About seven minutes of you talking, so it was about eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, one of the things that we do, uh, as you guys know, I think one of the coolest things about our podcast is we're probably the most grounded two listeners out there. Like we have a lot of contributions from the listeners. We have a lot of prizes, a lot of giveaways, and we have a lot of just feedback and uh we actually talk to our listeners. Like I, I, I'm part of some groups where like the 
people from the podcast like never post. It's always just people talking about the show. Like Jerry? Um, <laughs> um no. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. anyway, uh, so one of the things that we do every year, we started this last year. Well, we started it from like the beginning. I think episode 20 was our first one ever. Then we did one episode 40, and then we kind of stopped doing them for a little bit. But basically, our listeners' choice shows – and basically what that is is where the people that listen to the show actually pick the films we're going to review similar to what's going on with the patreon right now um where people are able to pick things that we're covering it started with listener's choice back on episode 20 and we didn't do them all that often but do you have that now written down we, well episode 20 yeah like like for reference no, I just know that we did one in twenty and then forty, I believe. Oh, that's right, we did. That's right, we started and then we just completely shut the bed on that. Yeah, we were gonna do on them the on every twenty or something like that, but then we realized that oh shit, that would mean that one of them would happen on episode one hundred, which means that for that's some bad. I thought it was episode thirty and it was sixty. I don't know, man. I got a bad memory for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, like I remember the first one we did. It was real weird. It was like the fog. The tripper. the tripper, and what was the other one, Jeremy? But to Is be honest, fog, something the tripper else. Tripper and. But to be honest, wasn't though, that it? Wasn't it just no, those? There was, no, no, no. We did. We there did was. Three. Oh, it was um, Christmas Evil. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's such a random show, man. But you know the cool thing about those those shows is that you get random shows like that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And and well, we we stopped doing those by themselves i do want to do like a spin-off one where it's like no no it's the tripper pieces and the fog oh pieces totally evil was later on the video video violence one because we did a a second one yeah (laughs) so So, um i did want to continue along with with blood diner video violence and christmas evil (laughs) such a Greatest show. combo. <laughs> the worst um, film ever reviewed on the show, right there. No, it's not. Blood Diner. It ain't even yes, in the Hall is. of Fame, dude. It should be. Is it in the Hall of Fame? No, I think the worst film be. ever technically reviewed Entity? is The Howling 7. Mm, Entity. No. It's Jack Frost 2. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, it is. I think it has like a one and a half total. Yeah, that's right. Five. You got 3.5s. <laughs> No, I got a well, three out of three out of thirty. That's so. <laughs> My bad. last episode, sixty-seven. Wait, well, what about Howling Seven? Because I know Howling somebody came seven, in at a point five on that bitch. Howling Seven got a, a, a two and a half out of thirty. So go. that's the worst then, because <laughs> yeah, it is the worst. Because yeah, oh, I'm motherfucking Kyle. Uh, so bringing back the the viewers' choice or the listeners' choice show. We uh, decided that we're going to um, do them during because we ran out of franchises for Christmas and in October. So we decided that we viewers choice would kind of fit in there nicely. And I was still curious to do like a listener's choice where it's like the like um, like, you know, like the worst or something where we do like a bunch of like bad films that you guys suggest but that's for another time right now uh we do want to announce the listener's choice uh october 2017 edition which will be the fifth i believe listener's choice show uh so listener's choice volume five october 2017 edition so basically uh in the comments of this episode and then uh whether it's on youtube or facebook uh or horophilia even though i don't check over there that often uh basically 
we will uh, allow you guys to suggest up to three films uh, that are set on Halloween or take place on Halloween at some point. Uh, and I'll even open that up to Devil's Night, which is the night before, too, because it's still kind of the same thing. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah. That counts. Yeah. So uh, any film that takes place on or, or, you know, during like Halloween, around Halloween, you know, it's definitely it's like a Halloween film. Um, is eligible uh, except for anything that we're going to be doing in a franchise. So, like, for example, do not put Day of the Dead. <coughs> Excuse me. Because we're going to do that separately. Um, it, even though it's because that's not even really a Halloween film, it just happens to take place on the day of Halloween. Uh, but yeah, so leave them comments in the description or the uh, comment section on YouTube on facebook and then what is what will happen is you you nominate three films and then we put a poll up with all of the films nominated and then we have a vote where people can vote for up to three films and then the top three become the films that we're doing in october and our october schedule is actually different this year we will not be releasing that show on halloween because it would coincide with our saw show um so we're actually going to be doing it a couple weeks earlier so we actually need to get this out now because we have about a month to go um, and we have to be able to get the films and stuff like that. We'll also be doing this in December with uh, the Christmas edition, but that'll be for later. We'll talk about that later. So drop those nominations, anything that is set in or around Halloween that you want us to review, um, it, you know, drop them down. What do you guys think? You guys excited for that? I am excited. And I'm pretty sure Jeremy just licked his lips when you said poll <laughs> yep <laughs> i love when the people i love i love them but people i haven't had any in a while because my vagina has been filled with sand for so damn long that people aren't contributing to the patreon to get that fucking sand sucked out of my vagina so you're waiting you down some man. Polls, wait you're just wait, wait it down. down wait it down with all this fucking sand it's been what like four years all this sand's been stuck up there <laughs> it has been all right man. so that's uh, a lot of build that, up that is the uh, Halloween announcement, so get on that, guys. And then uh, Jeremy uh, actually promised to give away some stuff for the Patreon. This uh, for technically it would be for August's Patreon. Drop yep. that knowledge. So we'll be giving away <laughs> Phenomenomena, Argento Synapse release, and Creepers behind the camera, which is a microphone. Thanks, thanks, Moods. I had to see what the fucking title was, all right? Oh, God. Mockumentary. Memory. So, we have 17 people who have contributed to the Patreon. So, I put them all in a randomizer, and I am going to press random, and whoever's name comes up first is the winner. And just so everybody knows, these are who entered, so I'm not forgetting anybody. Andrew S., Matt, J., W. Doubles, Dustin Baker, Sam Edwards, my Jewish brother, Brandon, Matt Wells, Terry Rolfe, Andy C., Blaine Bartlett, Derek Langer, Jerry the Fucker, uh, Derek, good friend Derek. Real name. Uh, Trent, Joey Plesh, James, James Ow. C., and Action Jackman. 17 people. Was and Brandon we, on there? Yeah, my Jewish brother. He says Jewish oh, okay. brother. Probably from right. the same mother. Okay, three, two, one, and the winner is Action Jackman. 
So Action Jackman. So make sure that you uh, hit Jeremy up with your address. Jeremy, actually send it out on time and oh, not sucks. like six months later. That's just because I have to pay. That's the only reason why it takes me. So long. <laughs> it is. I have, <laughs> I have these, so that's okay. I don't what do you really mean? Care. When I send you the money for the shipping, you fu- it still takes fucking two weeks, three weeks. No. Fucking motherfucker! Shut up! You're getting the shit for nothing. You should be happy. <laughs> I'm still paying anyway, for it. So let's get into um, the prizes for next month, which um, Jeremy has mentioned that he might want to build up a little prize pack, like go to family video like all month and pick up like a couple cheaper, um, you know, two for five or two for three. Or whatever. I remember when you used to buy me movies from there, too. <laughs> yeah, if you don't send me the fucking list, how am I supposed to fucking send you shit? <laughs> you gotta tell me what you want, you fucking piece of shit. But, uh, yeah, yeah, man. It's my yeah. turn anyway. If he's doing it for anybody, it should be me. Hmm. Um, so, why? Why, anyway, should it, why should it be for you? Because it never happened to me. <laughs> uh, you got a point, but you also didn't. <laughs> yeah, well. well. Shit. Anyway. That, that's beside the point. But uh, Jeremy mentioned that he was going to do like a little prize packs, which I think is a great idea. Like, like almost like a, a mystery box. You know, those are very popular. Um, like a grab bag type thing every month. Uh, well, I, I did end up getting a couple prizes in um, for giveaway from WellGo USA Entertainment. So I figured we could give Jeremy this month off, and then uh, he could come back. Uh, he can build up some prizes for our. October. Um, so for September, I have th- at least two copies of the Phantasm DVD set that WellGo just put out, um, which has Phantasm 1 through 5 uh, to give away. Uh, I know that it's not the Blu ray set, unfortunately, but you know, it's still. If you but you already got for Phantasm free, so it doesn't though, really matter. Well, I mean, for I, I like how Jeremy brings up the free shit when you're talking, but you know he's talking about the free shit he got. Yeah, too. he got extra shit. He got like extra copies of Phenomenon. That's, which, yeah, that's like unintentional I'm for the extra copies. Unintentional extra copies, by the way. Yeah, um, but um, so yeah, that two copies of the Phantasm DVD set, uh, sealed uh, slip covers on them and stuff like that. So that's what we'll be giving away. Ooh, Anybody who. Contributes to the Patreon. We are going to cut the limit off at $3, which is like the basic entry fee. Um, if you enter, you know, if you, if you give $3 or more, uh, you'll be entered. Um, and of course, all the perks are listed. Still going to add some other cool stuff going forward here, like the video commentaries and stuff like that. But just haven't got to the point to do that yet. We're a little busy right now and stuff like that. Uh, we will be doing a live stream at some point during this month, at least one of them. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get all three of us on uh, camera for that. that. That'll be fun. We'll let you guys know at a later date uh, when we're doing that. Um, but you guys are welcome to join us and, and hang out and even join the call if you want. Um, anybody who uh, supports the Patreon. So uh, that, I believe is it. <laughs> that I believe is it for the Patreon. Oh, also one last thing, Jerry, this is actually his third month supporting the Patreon uh, for the, and he has the uh, basically the, um, the crown. I think the six dollar one where it's like, you I'm not listening. La 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 la. If that wasn't the most annoying segment ever done on the show, I don't know what the fuck was. Exactly, that's the point. Because he's talking about that motherfucking asshole Jerry. All you're doing is giving Jerry ammo right now. You got to have ammo. Yeah, you got to have nice 
thoughts towards our listeners who have to suffer through that annoyance. Um, <laughs> don't punish our listeners for Jerry, okay? Uh, so basically, Jerry has. I, I did. I need to write this shit down. I'm so sorry, guys, but I need to write this stuff down. Basically, Jerry has supported for three months, and his respective um, thing is like the what we watched. Uh, pick so uh, anybody who supports for three months will get an additional what we watch pick so uh, basically next month Jerry will actually have two and he's only paid for the price of one for all this time and then if he goes another three months he'll actually end up with an extra one after that too so basically if you support for a year you could end up with four additional picks um, to be used Uh Per bargain, per, bitch. You know, yeah, that's a super bargain. So, yeah. um, Jerry next month will have two instead of his usual one. Um, so he doesn't use any. Here, anyway, here so. he told me what one of them is. He's going to give Jeremy uh, regurgitated sacrifice. Oh, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> that that would be amazing if he did, though. Yeah, some looser Valentine films would be great. Right, can't even so, get those. So. It's, a that, deal, it's, it's a good deal, man. Come on. It is a good deal. It is a good deal. Yeah. Hail to the year. Is that everything we got for the... That's everything? Uh, I believe so. That's all for the little housekeeping notes. Cool, cool. Um, well, I guess we might as well proceed like the fucking roots. And let's get into some news. Right? All right. News this week. Uh, what do we got here? So... Uh, the first little bit of things that I want to discuss, uh, Insidious 4 title revealed and trailer was released. Uh, it's called Insidious The Last Key, and it's slated for January 5th, 2018. So this will probably be our first 2018 film. Um, usually January is a bad month for horror releases. It's Horrible. usually when Horrible. kind bad of release for everybody. Yeah, it's like the dump month where people just dump stuff off. Um, but yeah, so... Insidious 4, I'm pretty excited for it, directed by, um, who actually directed that film? Uh, Adam Rabidel, who did The Taking of Deborah Logan, which Ooh, people was, liked. That was a good movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, Lynn Shea returns, so that's pretty cool. And yeah, uh, I am a huge fan of the Insidious films. I like all three of them. They're three for three with me, so I'm looking forward to part four. Uh, now, the first three do vary in degrees of quality, but I still liked all three of them. The first one is the best, but yeah, Insidious 4. Do you like the third one? one? So, you know, with your whole debacle with, uh, you know, the second one being kind of ruined for you, do you mm-hmm. like the third one more than the second one? Or if you can put, a, you know, that whole shit on the side, just kind of judging for how they are. But I think probably the second one is a better movie, but I do like the third one better than the second one. I told you... Those who have listened, Moods is referencing the fact that Insidious Two, um, the trailer like kind of ruined the movie for me. Like this is the sole reason the why we have this whole abstinence thing <laughs> with trailers. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're familiar with the Twenty Two Shots crew and the and the Facebook and stuff like that, we always preach this, but we've not. I mean, if we, I mean, we don't necessarily go hundred percent out of our way, but if the if they're being played in the theater, we'll watch the trailers. But what it comes down to, we don't check out trailers because. They're ruining shit. 
you know yeah if so. they're if they're like online like the it trailer debuts or something like i won't watch it no no or if like um you know the purge 4 trailer comes out like i'm not gonna watch it if it's in the theater and it's playing before the movie like i'm not gonna walk out of the theater to no, avoid it no um so i will watch yeah. them then i actually watched you know the trailer for mother <laughs> I, I think i messaged you or something i was like man which luckily they don't show much in that trailer which no, is no, good they really, they really don't yeah but is that going to make it bad marketing? Is it going to be, it comes at night too? I don't know. Where everybody's I, bitching about it. Even at times, I wish I hadn't seen the, the trailer, even though it doesn't really give you much or whatever. But I was kind of, I was talking with someone and I was like, man, I said the casting is so interesting in the film. I mean, you got Jennifer Lawrence and you got Javier the fuck Barden. Barden. And I'm like, they're a couple. And I'm like, is that playing into the story and shit? I'm like, I don't know. Because they're, they're just so far apart in age. Like he's old enough to be your father, kind of kind of thing, right? I'm like, is this playing into it or something? Like, and I, it got me thinking. And this is why I don't watch trailers. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. it's, I'm I'm starting to get preconceptions already, or trying to figure things out already. The casting just seemed odd to me. Maybe that's just the way it is. It's unrealistic mm-hmm. to me that they would be dating, but I'm assuming it's playing into the, you know, the story somehow. I don't know if you guys perceived it like that, but I did. And I don't watch trailers. Don't watch trailers. Yeah, I, try, for your I, I avoid them at all costs usually. But um, so Insidious uh, already got my most anticipated film for 2018, I guess. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure that'll once. I haven't looked at That's the only one. That's yeah. why. <laughs> um, Amityville, The Awakening, finally. Oh, God, shut up. That's Jesus, not- there's like seven coming out, I think. <laughs> no, there's like the one supposed to have been coming out for like two years now. No, 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 no. They released like they released years. like three films since that one. Another Amity. I know. I know. It's yeah, but this crazy. is like an, an official Amityville yeah. film. Yeah, I know. That's why that is the most confusing franchise of all time. Uh so um after that we have the Purge the Island. Uh Purge <laughs> Four is happening. Um it's, it's supposed <laughs> to take place in Brooklyn. Uh and it's supposed to be a prequel, so it's gonna be the first ever purge. Does it take place on a boat? Well, now. that's what's made like the best joke ever. Where he said, "Well, I'm sure they have to take a boat to get there." So, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the funniest shit ever? I mean, come that on, is, man. That is great. That is awesome. Um, not super interesting. I, I mean, I think the Purge for being a very popular, very successful franchise. It's probably the worst popular successful franchise outside of Resident Evil and Underworld for me. Um, I like part I, three. I, I like lo- part three too. I like part two as well. I like them all progressively better since the first one. However, I, I, I still do not get the the amount of praise that they get versus the my feelings towards them is like so far apart uh, than any other franchise that I've seen um, besides maybe Resident Evil and Underworld, which are both very successful franchises, which I don't like the films really. Yeah, man, I, I can relate. You know, it's like after watching like, the Purge one I had a lot of problems with the second one I enjoyed I, I really I thought the third one was pretty cool I have no desire to go back and be like yo man you want to have a fucking Purge marathon <laughs> there's so <laughs> many cool happening. moments in but the they're purge. coming out in 4k you can watch them in 4k now I will consider they're- this if this fourth one is like legitimately on a boat and they have to survive on an island I don't know that'll be the coolest well, shit ever the problem with the Purge films is that they will not they're trying to be smart intelligent horror films and exploitation films at the same time and it does not work it just doesn't for me like you know it's, what I find? it becomes plot hole central you know what I find with the those films is that they're essentially just like 
the Final Destination films. It's all about who's going to get killed in what way. No, that's it's not because those Final Destination films know that that's what they are while these Purge films try to be bigger and more intelligent than that. And if they just known what No, 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 they I'm not talking on intellect way. I'm just the way I perceive them because I'm just waiting for like the next awesome That's film. how I want to perceive them, but it's not how they play out for me. Yeah, they definitely don't, but like I mean that one kill, I mean that one scene with the chicks in the last one was pretty fucking gnarly. <laughs> it just kind of got me thinking, <laughs> man. It was like that's pretty awesome. So, but speaking of Final Destination, Where's the next one? Where's the yeah, news on that show? Yeah, no word dude. on Final Destination. That's sad. That's sad. Yeah, because I love those too. Um, Sci-Fi Channel cancels the Grindhouse series Blood Drive after one season. Um, the ratings the were really low. Anymore, anyway. I do. I like the Sci-Fi Channel every now and then. Um, the ratings were really low. I just n- didn't take off. It looked pretty cool, Shitty. honestly. Like it had, it had. A cool premise and stuff, but not original just, though. What's that? There's a movie called Blood Car out there. It's actually a really good movie. Man, it's starring yeah. the chick from um, My Girl Two, or My Girl. You've what's seen the, Blood Car, right, Moods? Yeah, I love Blood Car, man. Yeah, the movie's great. And it's got the chick from My Girl, whatever her name is. Oh yeah, oh. it's she's right, older. So, it's so bizarre. Yeah. After that, um, there's a documentary being made now. Um, called spookers and it takes place <laughs> uh takes a look at a family-run haunted attraction hey i posted about this yeah this is uh this is uh gonna be at the second annual philadelphia unnamed film festival uh which will be the premiere of this documentary spookers uh basically um sounds pretty cool i can't honestly. take it seriously i keep thinking spookies from 86 <laughs> <laughs> spookers kind of um it says uh previously featured as such landed international festivals such as toronto hot docs international documentary festival as well as poland's new horizon film festival spookers follows the em- ep- eponym ep- eponymous I don't know what that word is. <laughs> New Zealand-based haunted attraction, infamously set as a defunct psychiatric institute, King Seat Hospital. Uh, family-run affair with a staff of dedicated, passionate performance who embody zombies, killer clowns, and murderous nurses. With one-of-the-kind production values, this charming, occasional, surreal story delves into the minds behind the renowned horror hotspot, uh, which is pretty cool. That's That's neat. I, I like that. I know t- hmm. Jeremy's really big into haunts and stuff like that. I'm not. It's not something I do every year. I used Ew. to like to go to the occasional one, but um, they're just so expensive, and I usually don't feel like I get my man, money's I worth. I would go every uh, you year. You got to come here, man, because you live in the sh- boonies. Dude, Pittsburgh is huge for stuff like that. You should come here. I'll take you to some good ones. I would go all the time if I had some shit around me. You know, like that's It's crazy. There's none of that shit around here. It sucks. I have a lot of shit like that. I know, there's man. literally probably within like 50 miles, there's probably like 25, 30 of them. Same, same here. Yeah. Um, Fast so one, it's like 20 minutes for me. I'm sure. I mean, I like documentaries, Horror 101, obviously, which Horror 101 plus eight next week, honestly. So uh, we'll see that. Um, but moving on here, we have Day of the Dead remake is apparently going to be releasing this year. Uh, titled Day of the Dead Bloodlines uh, is going to be done exclusively with DirecTV ahead of its digital HD and VOD release, um, which 
I can't see. It doesn't say where the what the release date is. Um, but it, other than it's planned for this year, so uh, hmm. no no official release date. But apparently, it's come coming out this year. <laughs> so what's the consensus on this? Is it actually a direct sequel to the original, or is it a sequel to the? They they call it a remake. remake. I mean, a remake of the original or a remake of the remake. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I have no idea, man. <laughs> I'm making remakes to remakes now. It's definitely not a sequel to that remake. I, I would be pretty convinced that that's not what it is. <laughs> because Bob's, because Bob's as far as the picture. Well, as far as oh, is it really? Is he really? Yeah. Okay. Well, what'd you say, Jeremy? Bob's in like the picture that's on Bloody Disgusting, isn't he? Isn't that him? Is that Bob? So they're actually like making him. a full-blown remake of Dead. Fuck's sakes, man. Who knows, man? I've I've been nervous about this forever since it was announced. Um, but yeah, so uh, moving on here, we have a 4K restoration of Texas Chainsaw Massacre heading to these theaters. Um, you have Harvest Moon Drive-In in Illinois. Uh, you have NZN Theater in Florida. Uh, you have the Michigan Theater in Detroit. Uh, you have uh, the Avalon in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, Edmonton, Alberta, uh, Omaha. Whoa, 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 whoa! Back at Edmonton, really? Yeah. Is there a date on that shit? Yeah, September fifteenth, like five days from now. Motherfucker, <laughs> I can't make it in five days. It's bullshit. <laughs> Um, Damn. Let's see. We have Seattle, Washington, Santa Ana, California, New York, New York, Denver, Colorado, San Francisco, California, Tucson, Arizona, Wichita, Kansas, Chicago, Illinois, at the Logan Theater, uh, Salem, right. Massachusetts. They just redid it. It was dumpy for a while. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee, Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Montreal, QC, Canada. Um, QC. Quebec. <laughs> what is that? Quebec. Why isn't it QB? Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Vancouver, British Columbia. Damn. Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, London, Kentucky, and Portland, Oregon. Where the fuck is Pittsburgh? Wait, when's the one in? When's the one in Vancouver? Moots could probably go to that. Uh, the one in Vancouver is October twentieth. October twentieth. Damn, that's a little more viable. That's pretty Dude, damn cool, that's man. That's crazy that not one of those dates is in Pennsylvania. That's yeah, insane. Man, Jeremy, the funny thing is, Jeremy could go to like nine of those. They're like Chicago, all around his place. <laughs> I could go to two. Well, there was one in Chicago. There was two in Illinois, wasn't it? Yeah, but the one was like fucking five hours away. Oh my god, five hours. Vancouver's an eight hour drive for me. Edmonton's Yeah, seven but I'm not going to drive five hours to see Texas Chainsaw when I could probably see it anyway. Yeah, that's true. Alright, uh, moving on here, we have Amityville, a uh, movie about the DeFeo murders, quietly filming. So, while uh, we wait for the official, this is bloody disgusting, while we wait for the official news dimension films, Amityville Awakening, Daniel Farron's prequel story, The Haunting on Long Island, The Amityville, the Amityville Murders, quietly began filming uh, recently. So, yeah. So we have another Amityville. Thing. That will never come out. <laughs> I'm almost getting tired of not only hearing the word Amityville, but saying it, too. Just, uh, it never fucking ends. Wait a minute. Hold on here. It's crazy, dude. Like, all these unofficial wow, sequels. Check this and, out, dude. The yeah. uh, the cast includes Diane Franklin. 
Hmm. Wow. You know who that is? Yes. Yeah, the chick from Last American Virgin and and uh, and Jeremy. Uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. Well, Last American uh-huh. Virgin. She's been in a lot of stuff. And give me a hint. Let's <laughs> you know. Um. No. Oh, knows? Dude, I cannot put it in there. She's been right. in a lot of stuff. She's been in Amityville 2, which is about the DeFeos. She's the sister. Oh, that okay, man, I was totally thinking of someone different. And she looks what? fucking exactly. Why was I thinking of, of someone? I, I totally wasn't thinking that weird. Yeah, so that's really neat. They're doing an Amityville huh. film about the DeFeos with Diane Franklin in the film. That's, that's pretty cool. cool, man. That's that's um, gnarly yeah. casting. That's gnarly casting. The DeFeos is the better Amityville story than the Lutzes. I'm telling you that. I've been saying that forever. Yes, it really <clears> is. incest. <clears throat> All right. So um, you yes, love that incest, man. No, I love it. It's just rare. Show. It's you rare to see in films. Don't it's weird. Be, no, that is my thing. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, move along Jeez, here. To you're the claiming final that shit. Incest. You're claiming the incest. Yeah, I love incest. I'm claiming that shit. I love incest. Um, if you listen to Netflix and show, you would know this. Uh, I don't. Anyway. I don't even listen to our show, so why the fuck would I listen to that show? Well, I don't listen to our show either, but if uh, Moods did a podcast like Disposable Arts or something, I would listen to that. Mm. Yeah, well. Because I support my friends. Love you enough. Uh, you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. So uh, th- this is the final thing here. Uh, we have uh, the first wave of Victor Crowley tour dates announced. Um, we have... California, California, Pittsburgh, PA, Philadelphia, PA, Huntington, New York, Yonkers, New York, Syracuse, New York, Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Omaha, and East. Excuse me, Nebraska. Crack a beer. Um, Kansas City, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, New Orleans, uh, and yeah, that's it for now. But um, most of them will have uh, Adam Green in attendance, including the one in Pittsburgh, which is October 9th. I am going to try to get tickets as soon as they're available. I would love to do that um, in October, which is like a month from now. October 9th. Fuck you, Adam Green. Hashtag fuck Adam. How in the... So the guy that gets fucking everything in his world doesn't get this. (laughs) <laughs> well, these are only the ones announced right now. I'm oh, sure be they more? come out that way. Um, but they're announcing them in, in pieces. I see, I see, fucking I asshole. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> <but, laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, would you even go, though, Jeremy? Yeah, probably. Would I love you? going. I've, I love going to screenings with filmmakers. I've been to a bunch. I know, but you seem to not go to things often because there's tons of stuff playing well, it's all It's because time. his mom's been busy lately. <laughs> yeah, and I have no friends, so <laughs> I'll be your friend. I told you move here. I'll go with you whenever you want, whenever you want. All you gotta do is move here. All right, I'll just I'll get on that right now. Yep. Um, so that is the news this week, guys. Um, not a ton of stuff, but um, we do have some news on like it and stuff like that. But that's we'll talk about that in box office brawl. Ding ding. Yeah. All right. Moving along into the M-O-O-D-Z swings. Beba, beba. Getting to the the DVD slash Blu-ray. And I'm changing the damn title of this to DVD slash Blu-ray 4K releases 
for Whoa. September 12th of um, 2017 because Jeremy is a little bit correct here. 4K is definitely putting out some titles now, and there is just as many 4K titles as there is. I, I would probably say there's more 4K titles and DVD announcements in here. It's crazy, man. So we got three formats in here now. Ridiculous. 4K for life. Hashtag 4K tuber. This is crazy how this is going on. So, um, yeah, man. First up here for the releases, we've got, we talked about this one a little bit earlier in the show. Phenomena released by Synapse. Two disc standard Blu ray. Standard Blu ray finally coming out here. I know this was, you know, it's all a big controversy with Synapse and not announcing yeah. their fucking standard releases. I mean, half the people in well, the world can't you know afford what, to pay 50 bucks for a damn steelbook. Put out the regular edition. And, man, yeah, it, here it is. Well, now we know that they're going to put out regular editions for all their steelbooks. They mm-hmm. tried to be like, no, we're not going to. We swear. <laughs> and I called them you know on what that I mean? shit too, man. <laughs> Everybody did because it was such bullshit. And, yeah. once again, Popcorn got announced. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, wait for the standard edition. Fuck that still bulk noise. Unless you're a mega fan of the film, in which case, like, look at Scream Factory, right? They put out still book versions of uh, these John Carpenter films, and they're like 15 bucks. Yeah. 15 bucks. That's right. Not wow. 50, 60. Jesus Not, Christ. I was a little bit surprised by the price on here because the dot com price for Phenomena is 25 bucks. Wow. It'll drop a little bit. Well, look, you guys just won. Hmm. Uh, whoever you were, Action Man or whatever, you just won a $25 Blu-ray. I think that was Hugh Jackman. Was it Hugh Jackman? Or Action Jackman? <laughs> I don't know, man. Something rather. Yeah. So that's cool, man. Good stuff. Actually, speaking of that popcorn, I know it's coming out on my birthday, so that's cool. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. I'm just fucking with you guys. Anyways. Um, hint, hint. Okay, I'll put it in your butthole. Ooh. What you want. Oh, Say it again. Yeah. Um, okay. Shiza. You didn't say Shiza like you usually do. <laughs> From Universal here, and this is one, I, to be honest, man, I have absolutely zero interest in. I know some people said it pretty good. The new Mummy film with Tom Cruise dropping uh, on Blue Rizzle here. That seems really fast. Wasn't that shit just in the cinema? Like, uh, Yeah, but the, the turnaround's really quick nowadays. Yeah, it seems crazy uh, fast. I don't know. 4K too. I do have the Blu-ray. I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with it. This motherfucker. You re- you reviewed it though, didn't you? You reviewed it. Yeah, I've already reviewed it. And you so gave it a I'm favorable, really didn't you? Like you. Yeah, like six point five seven or something like oh, that. Oh no way. Respectable. I've actually heard a lot of people say they enjoyed it, which it's was... just bland. That's the only problem with it. Like it's not a bad movie. It's, it's just like bland as fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has its moments. Like there's some cool moments. It's too long. It's just like bland mainly yeah, yeah. I, I can't I, believe they they looked at that and they're like this is gonna be a good movie like, <laughs> you know what i mean like I, I don't understand how these studios like this feels like a movie that they literally made with the with the intentions in mind of what do people like let's try to do that like let's make one of these movies that people are gonna like but not actually having any heart or any creativity involved in it all at all it's like cut and paste like this should like like the entire movie seems like it was made with statistics and like analysis of film viewers and like tried to make a film that would be successful for a franchise based off of what people what they think people like it's such a weird it feels exactly like that like so many hands in the cookie jar type thing you know i think the only reason why this film is like 
you know, getting the praise it is because Tom Cruise is in it. Doesn't it seems like an odd film for him to do in this point in his career? Well, don't you agree? Be real, there is no praise for this movie, really. No, no, no. I, well, I mean, that's what they had to get a big name for this. But I just thought it was so crazy that somebody like Tom Cruise would do a mummy film. I don't know. It just seemed odd to me. Like one of the oddest choices for somebody like of his status. You know, I mean, he's the I'll tell you he's this, the god the of Scientology. Your mummy is way fucking better and more horror too. <laughs> what? Wow! But like it, it literally made me want to watch those movies. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to those in a minute here. Uh, moving along here, I swear to God, we talked about this last show. I I don't know if this got bumped forward to September twelfth from Lionsgate. We've got the double feature of the Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. Yeah, I don't think we talked about that. Maybe we oh, didn't. didn't talk about double it. feature. I don't I, remember that. I mean, really? I mean, I'm sure everybody listening to the show probably owns copies of these. But if you don't, you can get two for the price of one. There you go, mm-hmm. Evil Dead. I'm sure. And you know, actually, recently, I actually had two people out of the blue in back to back days ask me when we were going to do the Evil Dead franchise. Isn't that the fucking really? weirdest thing? Yeah, like back-to-back days. I was like, that is so strange. Forgot to mention it to you guys, but we've never really talked about the Evil Dead franchise. I don't know why, but I i mean, we've mentioned it as something we're going to do down the road sometime. We just don't have a definitive date. I said, I just kind of got back to him. I said, well, maybe 2018 for sure. <laughs> so, or yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's, I mean really, there's no plans to do another one as far as we know, so. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, um, typically, if you've noticed, like we we kind of wait with the franchises till yeah. there's a new one out, mm-hmm. because really we try to avoid roundup shows. Roundup shows, you know what I mean. But it seems to keep happening. Like, yeah. can't believe it. The moment we do Hatchet, like new Hatchet. Moment we do <laughs> Laid to Rest, new Laid to Rest. You know. <laughs> you know, in our defense with the Hatchet film, we had no idea, just like everybody else. Oh, dude, totally. Everybody, right. we even discussed the fact that it's probably, like, not going to happen in another one. We did that with Phantasm, too. Mm-hmm. When we when we covered Phantasm. That's right. Like, I was like, actually, there's actually a quote where Jeremy says, no way in hell they'll do a Phantasm 5. They'll remake it if anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, they pretty much shouldn't have made Phantasm 5, so. That movie has a lot of fans. I don't think it's as bad oh. as people give it. I might be a little bit, but I'm trying to not be biased, but I honestly, it's, it's kind of a mess in story, but it's not, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. Anyways, we'll save that for a roundup show. I think we got to do that one. So, um, evil dead, man, I'm really surprised that there isn't talks or rumblings of another evil dead film, considering the last one did fairly well. Did it not? Or am I just mistaken? No, it did well. And it's, uh, a lot. I've been seeing a lot more love for it lately. People are actually saying that, it, it, like well it's I a mean, movie that got them back into horror and stuff like well, I, I remember like they were like talking about like doing like a crossover between the two Raimi's Raimi's universe and this new universe it's because the TV show happened that they kind of pumped the brakes on any other movie yeah because um, yeah. Fetty Alvarez was supposed to be doing a second one but now he's doing a was that movie don't breathe too yeah yeah I mean, <laughs> um, but it's probably it's probably the appropriate time, you know, maybe to do it early next year. Just kind of, I don't want to say, get yeah, we could probably, we could probably do one, but I think, that, um, I think we're pretty safe though. I mean, guaranteed though, if we do it in like February, they're going to announce one in March. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we feel safe right now, but who knows? Um, yeah, 
Moving along here, man. Uh, for Mondo Macabro, we've got the fox with the velvet tail. With a velvet tail, this is the standard edition, as you guys all know. If you guys are fans of Mondo Macabro, I they, hate when that happens. They put out their. I hate when edition. I get shit in the mail that it comes out like the next day after I get it because it's like, dude, I ain't got time to watch this before you got this? it comes out. Yeah, I'm so. Did you get that one, Jeremy? I'm so fucking. Which jealous, one, man? The fox with the velvet tail. Yeah, I got it. And look, oh, you guys are fucking so whack whack <laughs> it sucks dude like i gotta pay fucking move 30 out of bu- canada i gotta pay 30 bucks for mine and you know what else bugs me though too because i'm looking at the price here on dot com and it's 17.99 like in canada it's i got pre-ordered Listen, at 27 there, or something so it's 10 bucks if, more if jeremy can get them for his youtube channel and these other fucks <laughs> who i see reviewing them get them for their youtube channel if you lived outside of canada no doubt you're like one of the biggest horror guys on youtube yeah, like you would have that. it's frustrating it's frustrating well i made a joke the other day i got two two films and i'm like wow i got two in the same week and had any a month <laughs> and i didn't even fucking re- i didn't request one of them um but anyways man the fox with, with the velvet tail looking forward to that one from mondo they always do fantastic releases like amazing work um getting into the 4k talk here get out Getting released on 4K already. That's that didn't take long. That didn't take long. Seventeen ninety nine at Best Buy. Yeah, they just dropped the Blu-ray and wow, into the 4K. So for all you, well, I should say seven or eleven people that have 4K players out there, get out on 4K. You don't. <laughs> 4K's 4K's bigger than you think. Probably. No, it, I'm just, I'm just really not it's, trying it's, to accept it right now. I'm just really not trying to put it into my mind. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's ridiculous. All these formats. Mark but it's, my it's cool. Moods it's cool. We'll have 4K by this time next year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. So moving <laughs> along here. Uh, we've got, what? Who, who's really, oh, this is Lionsgate also, actually. Um, the Hatred. Now, Perks, I'm good sh- things. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys got screeners on this one. No, you I don't get Lionsgate. No. You don't either. Oh, you don't get last game. Oh, crazy. It's Anchor's Bay. You heard good things about the hatred. It's such a man. It's one of those really, really generic looking covers too. It's got the gas mask and you know. When is Sony's nine seven six evil coming out? I want that. I believe it's in October, or is it the end of September? Uh, It is October third. October third, my birthday. My birthday. Cool. Hint, hint. All right. Um, Jesus, how many hint hints do I have to fucking get you? Well, October third, I think, Christ. happens to come out on a He's Tuesday. It's gonna so make us go broke. It's releases, man. It's releases. I already sent you a fucking rich trap T-shirt. How much more do I have to send you? <laughs> yeah, Lionsgate. <laughs> Lionsgate is the headliner here today. Uh, it comes at night on Blu-ray. Nice. I want that, but I don't know if I'm gonna buy it straight up. I have to say, man, the cover, or the artwork. I mean, I, I know this one's a little better than the other one. But man, it's so bad. <laughs> this is not good artwork, man. Why did they come up? Have with you seen there? it yet? Yep. Oh, okay. I watched it the other day. Yep. I enjoyed it. It's horror, right? <laughs> it is one hundred percent a horror film. The people Thank that fucking Christ. the people that are saying you this is know? not a horror you film. You want to know it? It, ha- it has it has one and a half stars on Amazon. I don't get, get it, man. I mean, <laughs> any movie that has such a atmospheric ominous setting like it just would 
oh, psychological. Yeah, atmosphere alone makes fucking it fucking the the fear that is invoked, and even to the even to the viewer, you you're questioning uh, so much shit, and like it's a fucking horror film, and that's that's a horror movie. What what are people love, watching here? I love reading people's reviews on Amazon. It's the funniest shit ever. One star, one of the worst movies ever. Family one lives in isolation. Family two moves in. A dog runs away. Following something unseen in the woods that night, the dog has been mauled. Ends up back in the house. No one knows how the dog got into the secure house, which never happens. Family two decides to leave. Family one, blah, blah, blah. Family two for trying to leave. <laughs> this literally is the storyline such a disappointment um i don't remember the dog getting back in the no, house no but. my favorite ones are the ones that just say what the fuck came at night we had such high hopes for this movie <laughs> oh dude that's generally now so many people to rent it yeah people however are, people are missing the point the only this. opinion was to buy it for 13 dollars. imdb says six and a half out of ten for almost twenty three thousand reviews this is completely insane those have to be fake or paid reviews nothing oh. happens at night Nothing happens in the entire movie, to be honest. Nothing horror or even scary about it. So disappointed, <laughs> don't bother. All right, I can't take these anymore. They're just anger, angry oh, me. It, it's it's dreaded up old memories here. <laughs> Wait. Perhaps this movie is the most frustrating film I've seen in ages and possibly one of the biggest gyps based on marketing materials. Commercial and print media for this movie prom- promoted it as some tense, slimmering horror movie focusing on the mystery of the Red Door. What is this, Grave Encounters? Uh, the combination of this red door, the intense trailer, and its ominous title, who wouldn't blame anyone for expecting some type of supernatural freak fest or monster-focused movie? While it's not that. <laughs> who gives a fuck what you expected? I don't this see would how ultimately that is a critique be fine. of a film. This would ultimately be fine if the movie wasn't so turgid and almost boring. Ironically... It's the film's realism that does it in. The characters are rightly portrayed as being understressed and in the mode of paranoid isolation. Because of this, they all ultimately become unlikable. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, that's good, that's good filmmaking right there. You just gave it credit. <laughs> why why did you Horribly bad. And, and, and coming from and, and, somebody and, that always you know, gives credit when filmmakers have likable characters, why do the characters have to be likable in a film like this? Horribly bad written. Nothing ever comes at night or There's any a time, time and a place to Listen, have characters dude, like that. And right I am in this so film, it's not the fucking place, man. I am with you guys on this, and I will defend you guys. And I usually don't try to defend you guys. Because yeah, realistically, I mean, it makes better airways if we're fighting. But to yeah, be honest, yeah. these, these idiots, and I'm, I'm saying that not even loosely, that are calling this <laughs> film not a horror film. That is moronic. I am sorry. Yeah, Jason Lloyd and I Neil Lemoyne. I don't understand yeah, how this is not considered a drama. <laughs> Listen, there's drama I'll tell you in this, it, but it's a fucking horror film. People Straight up. who are who say nothing comes at night are the most frustrating to me ever because yeah, it's a stupid one. You do not understand that it is not a physical thing, right? Yeah, it comes at night. It can be anything. And it's beauty is paranoid. of the film. It is nightmares. It is darkness. It is everything bad happens at night. That is what comes at night. Badness. I don't understand Hence how that's how so the dog ends up in the house at fucking night. Shit happens at night. It, 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 I, I thought it was great. That was a great film. <laughs> oh yeah, and and the Cowboys are winning sixteen to nothing. Uh, uh, sixteen to three, actually. Ooh, did you oh. change your pick, JP? I did <laughs> which is good because i picked the cowboys 
Oh, I oh, you changed. Oh, I thought you were going the other way. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Let's move along here. It comes the night. I know that. I knew that was going to stir up some dreadful memories. Uh, Universal into the 4K game again here with the Purge three movie collection right after the fourth one gets What's announced. What's the price on that for the three? Sixty six dollars. Too much. So Sixty eight on here, but whatever. especially considering most people already own them. Yeah, I'm not gonna buy this. Fuck that. That's a lot of money, man. Sixty. Ooh, it was like thirty bucks. Totally worth it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving along here, Scream Factory with um, with one of my favorite, absolute hundred percent favorite movies of the nineties. I think I covered this in my first nineties video. I did. I don't know, but the Resurrected finally getting a Region One Blu-ray. That's fantastic. I couldn't recommend this film enough to everybody, man. You got to check out the Resurrected. Awesome film. Make sure you buy two copies. You guys don't sound very excited. <laughs> is that a is that a hint hint? No, 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 no. I I I have it pre-ordered. Fuck. No, I know that you got nobody has Screen Factory except for big wigs like Jason and all the other guys that run this show, right? <laughs> Fuck. But uh, no, the Resurrect. You got you guys gotta gotta the Resurrect. You gotta check it out, man. It's good shit. Twenty one bucks. Too much money. Yeah, it's not that bad, man. Not that bad. Wow, this is I don't really buy Scream Factories anymore, so I do, pretty well, much the odd one here and there. But. To be honest, man, actually, I haven't, well, you know me, I quit collecting Scream Factory like last August kind of thing, and I haven't bought as many as I did until like recently because they've been releasing a lot of good stuff. September's a good month for them. I, I wanted pretty much every one that they released, which was odd. It's the first time in like a year. So, anyways, Mondo Macombro again here with Spider. Did you guys get this one too? Yep. Yeah. God damn it! Fuck! It came together actually. Really? Yep. <laughs> damn, man! I didn't ask for them; they just showed up. Oh, I asked for them. See, I Those opted out bad. of getting. I was going to pre-order the, you know, the red case ones with the whatever, but the the website kept crashing because everyone ordered these things so fast it actually crashed the website. What they, is this movie? And they sold out right away. So I was like, you know what? I'm not a big. Deal. I don't really care about the red cases too much. I whatever. Not a big deal, but. Just, I'm, it's cool that these movies are getting released. This is the beauty of Mondo Macabro. They release the most obscure shit ever. And apparently this one's really good. Never seen it before. But I guess we'll hear your guys' reviews very soon, right? I really like Intervision, Mondo, and Severin. Like, mm. Turns out I really like... Because those labels have been around for a while and I just never yep. give them the time of day. Yep. Until I got on their press stuff, but I actually look forward to all of those. They're really cool. So he started getting free shit. He's like, "Man, I love Severin. They're fucking awesome." Yeah, no, I do. But some <laughs> shit I get free that I don't really care for either. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you like, you went on the fucking, list. All those fucking Arrow Academy is like, I do not give a fuck about them. If there was oh, any company that I, I wanted, know you will would be Severin because I'm super jealous. You guys get those because they're so expensive here. Crazy expensive. It's fucking. I've sent you a shitload of them, so fuck you. Yeah, but I just I had well, I asked you the other day if you got those ones, and you said no, and I'm like, fuck, I, I gotta go pre-order. Them. That was fucking ninety dollars <laughs> to fucking pre-order. I was like, fuck. Anyways, Universal, M Night Shyamalada, Ding Dong's new film, Split on 4K. Um, I know there's a lot of big fans out there of this one, mm-hmm. so if you like the film enough to buy the Blu-ray, why not upgrade? Mm-hmm. To the 4K, right? Don't have it, so upgrade. It's gonna be 15 bucks on Black Friday. I was fucking buy it on Black Friday. Did you like Split? It was decent. I, I think really I was like Split. I think we had we had that discussion where I thought like I have the girls. With it. The girls 
uncle was molesting her. At least that's the way I thought it was. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure either she she was getting some kind of abuse from her uncle. No, no, she was. But getting, I think she was being I, I don't abused. think I think her father and the uncle were a gay couple. Oh wait a minute! Was a they clearly couple. were molesting her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so clear. <laughs> oh, you you interpreted as the uncle and the father were actually having a a man. They, that wasn't man really her uncle. They yeah, just, no, no, no. Like, it's one of those like close family lovers. members that are always called an uncle. You know. Yeah, but they were really gay lovers. Wow. I don't know about that. I just um, I had problems with the structure. If you're gonna have three girls kidnapped and stuff, and you're gonna put fucking two off into this corner in the film, and really kind of forget about them until two thirds of the way. I know it was focusing on her story, and the way the story was told and stuff. I wasn't a hundred percent on board. I loved the lead's performance. I thought it was fantastic. He was really damn good. And I, I think the problem is with this film. For myself, I thought the ending was cool, but I think it overshadowed everything else in the film. People are so stoked. They're like, that ending, man, we're, we're, <laughs> we're getting more. It was just like, it blew people's minds to the point where it's like, M. Night Shyamalan's okay. back on top of the game. It's like, what the fuck? I really, really liked Split. I actually think I underrated it a little bit. I think I came in at a 7.5, but um, honestly, I probably should be more at about an 8, I think. Uh it's one of those movies that I look at what I have it ranked in my top 10. You know what I mean? And it's at like 25 or 20 or something, you know, at like 20, and I'm like, wow, I think this movie's way better than, than I initially gave it credit for because it just seems like it should be higher than some films that it's next to. But, um, I know yeah. I might be in the minority here, but I personally enjoyed the visit more. I really did. And I'm, no, and he, I liked I liked the visit more too. Yeah, I, 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 the visit did make my top ten, and it was like number, and it, and I gave it like an eight or an eight point five. I liked the visit a lot. As a fan of, or not as you know, a very big fan of M Night Shyamalan, um, that movie kind of took me for a loop a little bit. I was like, that's pretty good. I was impressed. Yeah, no, I, I, I was impressed. Was so good stuff. All right, here from uh, Cheesy Flicks, we've got Convey. Cheesy Flicks. Haven't heard that name in a while. I know, right? Yeah. Convey of Girls, and it's of course a Nazi exploitation film because that seems what to be what the release these days. I don't know, but I love how like Cheesy Flicks is on here with all these big heavy hitting hitting companies. We got Cheesy <laughs> Flicks. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, about that cover. Yeah, it's it's fucking Cheesy Flicks. Man. I mean, I make Can Hitler somebody jokes. please do a release of Elsa box set, please? Like another somebody. one? Yeah, man. Like a. <sighs> Man, I was having no, this like conversation. They're in the fourth film, too, the Tigress. Yeah, film. man. Yeah. I was having this conversation. I think I mentioned to Dubby one time. He's like, dude, that's like my all-time number one box that I want. The Ilsa films on Blu-ray. There must be some type uh, of right. Yeah. I mean, Anchor Bay, I don't know if they still are just holding on to the rights Cheesy and not Flick releasing them. Too, I thought. I think they're more of like a gray market thing, though. I don't really know how it <laughs> works. But Anchor Bay, man, I mean, I wish they'd just do something. Who knows? Um not sure this company independent uh eterna eternia yeah right i'm sure that's real creepy clowns oh what what timing to release a film called creepy clowns <laughs> coincidental i think not right that shit looks bad uh for the fans of night gallery the complete series is coming together i know these were out of print uh individually there's what only thirty seven bucks. Yeah, there's that's actually good. It's good. I think that's what you're paying for one before. Um, from Universal again, Night Gallery, cool show, man, really cool show. Uh, 
what are we going to get into here? Do we want to talk about Event Horizon on Blu-ray? It, this has got to be a reissue, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you got Okay. And anyways, Event Horizon is making its way to Blu-ray from Paramount. And now that's always, that's always interesting because Paramount usually doesn't release a lot of these on Blu-ray. But eight ninety nine, you got to grab that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Friday the Thirteenth, man. Again, Paramount getting into the uh, into the game here, man. Is is there cover art for that? Yeah, dude. It's like the it's the it's the ones that were on the the reissued DVDs. Is this like another? So the reissued Blu-rays to the 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 original Blu-ray release, then basically. Yep. So it must be a reissue. Were they out of print? Those ones? I don't think so. I just bought part two for two ninety nine. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering why these were on here. I'm like so confused. That's why I'm talking so slow. Like, I'm trying to figure this out. Um, yeah, I'm assuming. How those, many of them are on there? It was just the one. Just part one. Yeah, very. Because I, I know they've announced a couple other ones, but like, I know that if they get past part four, that's what we want because the double features of part four and above are out of print. What the so, fuck are we talking about? Sorry, I was spacing out. Friday the 13th releases. Oh, the films okay. that you've never seen before. Yeah. Well, I've seen past up to part four. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you have like all the other ones on Laserdisc hanging on your wall and you've never seen them <laughs> when you could actually watch them. It's great. You don't even have the DVDs, do you? I have them blur. Oh, you got them on. Danny Trejo and Jake Busey. In Dead Again in Tombstone. This just sounds amazing. It really does. What are you saying? It's the sequel to that Tombstone movie. Dead Again in Tombstone. That's amazing. They made a sequel to that shit. Awesome. Awesome. Again, from Universal, man. This is like the Universal uh, Universal Week. time. Right? This is crazy, man, how many there is. Uh, this is kind of cool, man. I always get excited when there's new stuff coming out from Kino Classics because... They do a lot of really good stuff, man. And we got Tober the Great. Now, this, this I was going to say album cover. This cover art, wow. <laughs> it's like so bizarre. I've actually never seen this film, but this cover art is it's putting a smile on my face, man. It's awesome. It's got to be from the 50s, but some sci-fi horror. But you guys, if you could collect your Kino classics, you know what I'm talking about. You know how to get into that shit. You mean just Turi? Or just Turi, yeah. Um, I only pick them up when they're on sale around here. They actually do. That's I one label. I don't think I own a single Kino. They seem release. to go on sale. That's one label that it goes on sale around here that I can get for decent prices. So it's you don't cool. have the pit. Uh, uh-uh. dude, that that those Blu-rays are so dog shit. I can't believe I never heard anybody talk about that. Their spines are awful. Well, that's just the Kino Classics line. They just have the black ones. They do have lots of Kinos. Is, it's the same label that puts yeah, up the Redemption films. ones too. Yeah, they put up yeah, lots of good stuff, man. But that is i don't care if they have good films that is who is doing whose decision was that but you know the funny thing is their artworks on there are usually amazing they actually have pretty cool artwork i just grabbed a couple sci-fi 50 sci-fi horror films and the the cover arts are amazing i love them moving along into the you know and back into universal what a surprise here universal just flooding the market they're flooding the market here not only with their Blu-rays and DVDs, but with the 4K, we got Van Helsing. Ugh. I actually like that movie. Really? Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm really surprised, actually. That's crazy. Um, we were talking about this earlier, and um, we have all three Mummy films, the Brendan Fraser ones, 
from Universal. I like, those. I like that first one. I don't know if I've seen the sequels. Getting their individual 4K releases. So yep. Jeremy was telling tell me before that this was released in a three-pack. Well, these are the individual releases for the Mummy films. Yeah, I've seen them in the three-pack, I believe. What does that three-pack go for? Do you remember? 35 35 but it's really bad packaging people got like scratched discs and oh shit that's probably why they shit like that <laughs> on 4k bad packaging jesus yeah. christ we're already starting that shit <laughs> no shit right that's crazy it's like in like the halloween digibook kind of sleeve where you have to like slide it yeah, out those so are the four so like, I, I never actually inquired about this but you know how like from dvd to blu-ray the blu-ray discs are relatively 50. unscratchable you know they're oh i'm yeah, just saying like they're really tough like you can put them through a lot and they won't skip kind of thing the 4k discs are like just it's the same there's a higher capacity blu-ray is that what it is okay yeah it's a 66 gigs instead of 50 do they look different on the bottom i've actually never seen one no they look the same they look the same cool yeah they have that same see-through huh stuff going on interesting all right, from Arrow, we got The Suspicious Death of a Miner. Never seen this film. Heard good things. Don't really know much about it, but it's coming out from Arrow. At least we got an Arrow release in here. Um, like I said, we got all three Mummy films coming out here from from Synapse. Now I know. Is this to- all one week? Yeah, it doesn't say it doesn't come out till October 3rd, nudes. What are you talking about? The Suspicious Death of a Miner comes out on October 3rd. Are you reading just this month? Because I mean, just this week. Because you've been going on for a very no. Long I know time. there's like a shitload on here from September. 12th. I don't. I don't see them. Yeah, I, my my page that I use has been exhausted for a while now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Are you sure you're still on the same day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally am, man. I totally am. Uh, from Synapse Films here, we got the creep behind. Ooh, the Ooh, you're wrong. Why? Click on one, and you'll see the release dates for October. Mm-mm. Okay, I just looked. <laughs> what did this one get? No, I'm I'm literally on Arrow in the Head, and it's on September 12th. Go so. to Amazon and see if it... I don't <laughs> see it. That's the problem. What, are you not on the same site as me right now? Or? Are you on the Horror Club? No. I use Horror Club. No, I usually <laughs> do too, but that one had like no releases on it, so I was like, I'm taking Probably because your Arrow in the Head is like combining everything. Anyways, that's like the end of it anyways, so that's all good. It's all good. <laughs> oh man so you mean to tell me that you got the the creep in creeping terror documentary already and it comes out october 3rd i don't see it no no i don't, I don't think so right so why would it be september 12th if you got it like a couple weeks ago i it probably is but i'm just right? saying <laughs> that's all like... i'm saying right it, it kind of made sense because i knew you guys were getting screeners for those so anyways i'm i'm sticking with this man i'm sticking with this i think i think uh the other one was just shit in the bed this month i think it was shit in the bed even though it says october 3rd on amazon for that last one for which one so there could have been one wrong maybe that one for the creep that doesn't make any sense for the minor the death of a minor the arrow one yeah i'm pretty sure that's not right no because i haven't got that yet either and if it's that close 
Well, maybe this I was th- the original I think date I for it. All right, whatever. It's not a big deal. <laughs> we'll scratch that one. <laughs> All right, what's your damn release of the week? <laughs> my my damn release of the week here, man. Oh shit! He's dude. gonna pick something that's not gonna get released this year. Yeah. This week, it's no gonna way. Be no. October third. <laughs> it is funny because a lot of these releases here. Well, actually, it's not funny because a lot of these ones get released before they get released here. But a lot of these ones are the twenty sixth for me in Canada, which is super fucking annoying. That's why I always get confused on these. It's interesting to see all these 4Ks like popping up, though. They're like popping up more and more. It's, yeah, man. It's nuts. That's why I was looking at this going, I got to change this shit to 4K. You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, some pretty good releases here, man. I think for the masses out there, um, if you don't have an all-region player, you probably got to go with Synapsis Phenomena this week, man. That's probably the release to get. It's affordable. Yeah. It's affordable, man. It's affordable. And it's Synapse. You know, they probably knocked it out of the park. So that's what I'm going with. I have it, but I'm holding off on it till uh, the November oh, you, show. No, that's right. Actually, is Diane Franklin's in Terror Vision moods. I'm surprised you didn't know that. Oh, is she I really? That's what it says. Well, that's cool. All right, so that's the release yeah, dude, of the I week. Was, I was thinking of somebody totally different, man. You know what I mean? I'm bad with names. I'm bad with What's names. next? But yeah, anyways, that is going to do it for the DVD, Blu-rays, and 4K releases for September 12th, apparently, and October 3rd. Um, <laughs> bad mail? Yeah, no, no. Cue your shit up, man. Cue it up. Box office brawl. God damn it! I thought it was dead mail and then box office brawl. No, this, dead mail's last, man. We we have elim- apparently we've eliminated the morbid because your dead mail is more is more likable. So that's cool. Box office brawl, bitch. All right, box office brawl. Wow, what a week, fellas! What a motherfucking week. Who would have thought that it would have came in? With a record-breaking $117 million four-day weekend at the box office. $117 million. Just let me say that one more time. $117 motherfucking million dollars for an R-rated horror film. What the holy motherfucking... It, it actually broke a ton of records, too. It, it, it boggled my motherfucking mind when I woke up and saw an R-rated horror film made 170... That is so insane, dude. This is that like is, a blockbuster type of... That is re-motherfucking-tarded. Like, wow, wow, wow. I didn't even think it was going to make half that. Even JP didn't think it was going to make half of that. And it fucking blew all the fucking things out of the water. I mean, it had the highest... It broke the record for the highest grossing IMAX movie in September. And it broke... What else? It just broke a whole bunch of other Actually, fucking... Actually, you know what? If you want, I will read this um, uh, article on Box Office Mojo. And it give you some of the numbers and stuff like that so it says um with the monster 117 million dollar opening weekend warner brothers and new lines it has delivered a record-breaking opening breathe breathing a little life back into the slump domestic box office the film has claimed the largest september opening largest fall opening and largest opening for an r-rated horror film not to mention the largest opening weekend for a horror film of any mpaa rating 
so wow so that includes pg-13 films yep um and tops open roads new release home again in second place by nearly 110 million overall the film accounted for more than 75 percent of the combined gross for the weekend's top 12 and we've only just begun (laughs) with an estimated 117 million warner brothers and new lines it an adaptation of the acclaimed stephen king uh novel claimed the weekend's number one spot uh says um the film also dusted the previous opening weekend record for r-rated horror film more than doubling paranormal activity 3's previous record so this was the number two the, the number one film ever released it was r-rated for an opening weekend at 52.2 million with paranormal activity horror film r-rated horror film yeah r-rated horror film in fact it has already the the fifth highest grossing r-rated horror film of all time in three days <laughs> it's already the fifth highest growing horror film of all time the all right. just, i'm just like the, the, I, i'm laughing the, about this man because i had when I when I got to the cinema, I was like, "Man, what the fuck, man!" Like, okay, I know it's rated R in the states. Here, it's rated 14, 14A. Mm-hmm. And I walk in there, and I'm like, "Man, there's so many." I'm like, "This is crazy." So I'm wondering how it did in Canada if it's only got a 14 rating. Let's see. That's interesting because well, it's obviously it's catering to a totally different crowd, though, too, right? I mean, let's face it. I felt old as fuck. <laughs> while I was there, there was a lot of young bucks and a lot of young chicks in there, and okay, I was like, "This top is crazy." Twenty movies for the week of it made uh, just says in North America. So I think so. North America is combined with Canada. Then. Yeah, it's domestically. Or, uh, United States is combined okay. with Canada. So, um, just to put that in perspective, right now it is currently the fifth highest grossing r-rated horror film of all time and it is it it's fifth in one weekend just to put that in perspective the conjuring Marketing, which is man. the fourth which is the fourth highest grossing horror film of all uh, r-rated horror film of all time is had made 41 million opening night so it wow. over doubles that opening night um and <laughs> It only uh, the the Conjuring only went on to gross 137 million. It will clear that in like one more day. Uh, yeah, probably by tomorrow. Yeah. So um, Blair Witch Project is in the third with 140 million. Uh, which th- this should be of note. Blair Witch opened in half the theaters that it did. So that is one thing. Um, but get out in a completely is actually, different time too. You got to remember when that movie came out, horror was dead. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so number two is Get Out, and number one is The Exorcist with two hundred and thirty-two million dollars worldwide, or not worldwide? Well, excuse me, uh, in the United States. That's for R-rated horror films. So to put that in perspective, if it continues to grow, um, it will be not only will it become the number one r-rated horror film of all time in terms of gross in north america but in 2017 the number one and number two horror films both were from this year it would be no, well, if that is not a horror it would be number one it would be number one and three because get out would move down a spot because oh, yeah, right. number one, one the exorcist yeah, number right. two get out yeah, number three. You're correct so it would be one and three so two two of the top Still. three would have happened in 2017 which is insane is this not an exciting time to be a horror fan and i think that obviously with it um new line owns it 
I, I mean, there was a nod to Nightmare on Elm Street in this film. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the announcement of a new Elm Street film coming up from from uh, Warner Brothers slash New Line because of the success of it. I can see tons and tons of more Stephen King adaptations. Uh, this is like the year of the King adaptation. We've already had a, a shitty Dark Tower. There's 1922. Uh, we've had uh, the the Gerald's Game is going to be on Netflix. Two Netflix original Stephen King adaptations, as well as um, Mr. Mercedes is doing really well and. Uh, 10 whatever 63 for hulu is doing well like it, it's really cool to see stephen king and i mentioned this in a comment on jamie jenkins post today if you go back all the way to the initial stephen king adaptation which is carrie stephen king has been relevant the entire time since um in terms of adaptations all through the 80s the 90s the 70s the early 2000s all the way up into the 2010s and he's more relevant than ever which is awesome king is still king that's the hashtag she used um it's really really cool to see uh the love for stephen king and especially with this film it that we talked about all the way back on like episode one and we discussed well it all depends who plays pennywise like I, we were kind of wrong in our discussion a little bit um because regardless this film has done massive numbers uh nobody could have ever expected that it would do this much i mean it's really really insane like like the early projections were like what 60 million yeah 60 and and you know it it went on to to would have been nice to have that before we started fucking betting (laughs) 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 jesus but who would have thought like i know right like this is crazy even think it would even come close to 100 million nonetheless almost 120 we don't associate the type of films that we review with 100 million dollars this is going to be the exorcist right yeah. I don't know. This we'll is, see. This is you crazy. don't know? This is crazy. I mean, it has to make another $125 million. Okay, but Get Out only opened at $33 million and made $175. Mm-hmm. This opened at $175. I think if it breaks like the hundred, if it breaks $175 by next weekend, I think we'll, we probably will have a chance to see that. It is going to beat Get Out. Oh, so yeah, it's going to sure. be the number two film. But that Exorcist ranking has existed since 1973. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that is impressive. Well, I don't know. Does that count for the re-release that happened back in, like, the 90s or whatever? I it. it should tell you. No idea. <laughs> but this is, like, this is a phenomenon, man. This is crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I'm totally not is. opposing this, though. This is really cool. This is really cool. I mean, considering we were just talking about off the top of the show, like, you know, three, remember, years, like, okay, R-rated, so, three like, years ago. So check this out. Um, the Exorcist initial release made $193 million. It had a re-release in 2000, which added another $40 million. Inflated, that's like $27 billion. Yeah, I mean, with inflation. <laughs> like, that's but, yeah. crazy how much they made back yeah, then. It's still, it is, still is crazy. It still is crazy. But um, this is really, really interesting. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, if you're going to count inflation, you also have to count, like, almost do like an anti inflation type thing where you're talking about today's society with technology and bootlegging and uh you know pirating and things like that uh, it's harder to make people go to the theater nowadays to see a movie so yeah, people are still going though people are Apparently. still going <laughs> um but it's I, which i think is good right like this is good for horror this is good for theatrical horror 
Um, this is probably the best year for theatrical horror in a long time. Like, critics are we even were talking, like loving everything. Yeah, we were. I mean, when when like critics loved it comes at night. You know, comparatively, it certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Get out is certified fresh. It split. is probably going to split. Like it. This has been a big year for horror, and we still have more horror films coming up here too with Mother next week. Um, we still have. It's already fresh. It's already fresh. Yeah. Um, you have all you have a ton of run request request you have happy death day um there i know that there's some other ones as well but uh yeah i mean it's it's super exciting i'm so pumped for horror like i I mentioned this last like two days ago that i was like dude this is so exciting i just saw it in the theater and now i'm at this drive-in like it's just it's just a cool time to be a horror fan and what is raw what what could be better than having successful m- mainstream horror films that are actually you know not just you know carbon copy like copy and paste like type of movies um it's good it's good it's good stuff uh whenever and annabelle too annabelle annabelle i thought was good i know jeremy didn't um but I contemplate what do you guys it. think about what do you guys think about what's going on in the landscape right now i think it's absolutely phenomenal i mean considering three years ago we were talking about how ridiculously bad theatrical horror films and like the state was just at an all-time low i mean what six nine whatever it was you (laughs) know three years later (laughs) to have not only this many theatrical releases but this much success is mind-blowing and it it, kind of makes you wonder like what changed like what you know what happened here I think it would be a really interesting idea to kind of showcase theatrical horror films in you know well, it, fr- in it's the new almost millennium. like we get one every month right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, even do like a whole showcase on theatrical horror films from this millennium. You know, because there was a time, even in the early two thousand stuff, there was a few here and there and stuff. But it just and even kind of study the fact of why it's such a a big thing right now. Mm-hmm. Is more it, fans you, you think it's the quality of the like i don't know what it is man it, it's hard to explain i mean i mean when i was at the cinema and i was telling you guys and i'm like man there was a <laughs> lot of people there that didn't know that this was you know a stephen king adaptation or a remake or whatever you want to call it they didn't know when the film ended they didn't know that there was like you know another chapter like it's they didn't know but they were there <laughs> they were fucking there Yep. it's a phenomenon dude it's crazy to me man i'm i'm really enjoying it i think it's fantastic for- well jp called it the fucking day the trailer came out and it had fucking 60 million views or whatever yeah man i, like, I, I knew. asked the I question think the is this the biggest horror film of all time i don't remember i just knew that you were saying it was going to be big i think this is i've never like i mean for me personally this is the most excitement i have seen and the most you know amazing pr- promotion that actually worked for a film since the Blair Witch. Yeah. I, I showed you guys, dude, I in fucking Brownsville, Pennsylvania, I yeah. showed you guys a video of a balloon tied to my fucking drain system, like just yeah. in the middle of the main street in Brownsville. Like that is insane. That's this my is point. Brownsville exactly. We're talking that proves about. my point. Exactly, man. When you're, when you're, you know, catering to those type of areas and stuff and it's working, that's big. 
That's really, really big. Marketing. That's really, really big, man. It, and everybody knows about this shit. Areas. That's what I'm saying. Everybody knows about this shit, man. It, and to me, it doesn't even matter right now that people don't know that this is like a remake or there was a TV film or whatever based on a book. The fucking fact that people are going that marketing worked. At least they're going to see. Well, we'll get into that review. Good film. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so um, I, I do think that it would be interesting to take a look at like films that were released theatrically with like decent, you know, type of uh, releases in terms of uh, you know wide enough to really count it. Like you're not going to count stuff that that barely had a release, you know. But mm-hmm. um, I was just I was just looking a second ago at some of the horror films that were released in 2014, which I believe was the year we were talking about. I think so, yeah. Uh, because yeah. I believe that that was the last year that um, Jeremy was on for the end of the year show. Which was, So we've now done two without him, 2015 and 2016. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so some of those films that were uh, released at that time, um, I believe I counted... In terms of like wide releases, there were like six, I think. Man, that's crazy, um, dude. Let me just double check that real quick. Um, but uh, you guys talk for a second. There's been six films this <laughs> year that have been massive. <laughs> you know, yeah. those that was six theatrical films that ne- not necessarily did well. There's been six films this year that have done great. It's, and nobody talked about or It's been a phenomenon. Like I have, you know, honestly, dude. Like. I hear people talking about like even you know even when I hear silly things like this where I'm standing there and I'm kind of feeling uncomfortable because there's so many young people around me and I'm like I feel so old and I hear this girl pipe up and she's like I went and seen Annabelle Creation last week and it was the scariest movie I've ever seen and you know what and my initial thought was to break out laughing and then I, I kind of did chuckle a little bit and then I thought to myself well I haven't seen it yet and but it was the fact that she had went to see that and she's hearing mm-hmm. it right now. It, it, it's cool. And going back to what JP's been preaching for fucking the whole show, there's nothing wrong with exploiting the horror and having it out there in the mainstream and, and getting new fans and stuff. And, the, and it made me realize right at that point, I'm standing and living proof of it right now. These people don't even know anything about what it is, what the horror realm is, but they're here. And that's what counts. Stranger Things, it was man. A re- it was a re- I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's fucking Stranger you know what? Things. You know bro. what? That that Stranger Things will get brought up in a review later, too. But, I, I said that right after I so, got out of the movie. And Sam well, I, but well, I, I got a beef. That. I got a beef. No, well, no, no. I don't, no, no, like don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. We'll get into the review. I don't want to get into it right now. But I have a beef with that. Okay. So, anyway. So. Um, when I was looking at the top 100... Horror, uh, the the top 100 releases for 2014. All right, here here's a list of the horror ones that made the top 100, which I, I you know, in terms of money made, you know what I mean. Um, so the first one doesn't show up all the way down to Annabelle, which was number 40, uh, and then the Purge Anarchy, which is 47, and then you don't have another one until Dracula Untold. Uh, which is 58 and then Ouija at 64 and then I believe after that you have Deliver Us from Evil at 89 Oculus at 95 and that's it in the top 100 I bet you if you compared that to now it would be a little bit different 
yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it looks it looks like there was about seven or eight films that were released theatrically that had what I would consider a wide release in 2014. It was stuff like The Marked Ones, Purge Anarchy, uh, Annabelle. Um, there were uh, Woman in Black 2, Deliver Us from Evil, Oculus, and, and maybe like two other ones. Hmm. But yeah, um, so uh, to kind of total up the box office brawl here, uh, I guessed fifty nine million, uh, and Jeremy said fifty five. So yeah, I shut the bed. I shut the bed. You're still both all so off. It doesn't even matter. I mean, honestly, JP, you're so far off. You shouldn't even win this one. Exactly. That's some bullshit because I was closest, um, which were the rules. So uh, we should change I, the rules. You got to be within at least you know no, sixty no, no. million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, basically, yeah. So um, I go ahead and beat Jeremy. So I gain a point. So it's now four to two versus Jeremy uh, versus Moods. I also. I uh, got a point, which is, I believe, Moods said 47. So he was way under. So I get a point versus Moods. <clears throat> and um, then Jeremy gets a point versus Moods as well. Uh, so Jeremy versus Moods is now one to two. Moods in the lead. And then uh, me versus Moods is now two to two, tied. And me versus Jeremy is four to two. Nice, nice. So, uh, what do we have next for box office brawl? Mother coming out next week. Yes, starring Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Aronofsky's newest film. I think it's his last movie since Black Ooh. Swan. I may be wrong, but that could be right. And, um, Maybe Matt like relatable opening. for a film. I don't know. I think he's been. In I love. Something. I love Black Swan, man. That movie's so good. I've still never seen it. I've owned it forever, though. Yeah, it's a great film, it's, man. It's really good. It's really dark and bizarre, and it's really weird. But uh, Mother comes out next week. Of course, it has to go against it. Opening up in twenty five hundred theaters, so about fifteen hundred less than it. It's going up against American Assassin, which is some movie when Michael Keaton released by Lionsgate. It's an action movie. Is it not based on a true story? But American Assassin. I don't know. No, I'm just I'm just wondering because I need to know all the the specs here before I start betting. Because <laughs> sometimes people like to go see those films. Those American Assassin. Logline is when Cold War veteran Stan Hurley takes CIA black cop recruit Mitch Rapp under his wing. They receive an assignment to investigate a wave of random attacks on both military and civilian targets. So not really. And then we have All I See <laughs> Is You, which I think is some another romantic comedy. Not romantic comedy. Oh, no, drama thriller with Blake Lively. Uh, Gina is a beautiful young woman who's still haunted by the accident that took her sight years earlier. Living in Bangkok with her husband, James, she undergoes a cutting-edge operation that restores the vision to her right eye. Now that Gina can see again, she slowly starts to realize that her newfound independence makes James feel jealous, threatened, and insecure. It's directed by the guy who did the gray and World War C. Hmm. 
So I think it's going to lose to it big time. We're going to see. I don't think it's going to. I think this one's going to appeal more to the older folks. I think the older folks are probably going to go see this one. Uh, age groups 35 onwards, I think. I think we're going to see a lot of old farts who smell really bad with perfume. Probably see this one. Um, so well, definitely not going to see this in the morning. I'm definitely going to go try and see this at nighttime so I don't have to deal with old people. So I'm going to come in with Mother. What do you mean your mom's going to be there? Uh, let's do 18 million. Hmm. All right. Um, do you next or me? Yeah, I'll go next. Um, I think that people are stoked right now. And I think that, you know, it has got a lot of asses into the theater and they're stoked on horror right now. They're stoked, man. But this isn't this isn't your typical kind of horror movie, though, Moods. It's no, no, no. But it's it's artsy. No, but they. I mean, the the general consensus doesn't perceive it like that. I don't think. I th- they see it as a horror film, right? And if you saw it and you were stoked on it, maybe you were stoked on Annabelle. It's a pretty good run. Maybe it's gonna do well, based on the consistency of mainstream theatrical releases right now. It's awesome. Um. I mean, even if you're a fan, have you seen any of Aronofsky's films? Would you before? say, Jeremy, eighteen million? Yeah. If you've seen any of his films before, maybe that's going to get you in there, right? I mean, I know a lot mm-hmm. of people that man that love Requiem. They're not horror fans. I mean, I know horror fans that consider that film to be a horror. I don't film. think he's a household name, though. He's definitely. I don't not. think people know who he he's is. definitely not. But I'm thinking. I didn't. I didn't even fucking know until somebody told me. Oh man. Fucking, I, he's awesome. I love director. Awesome, and I, fucking, pie. I love you, you like to film pie? Yeah, that movie's great. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's amazing. Um, and the wrestler is fucking so good. He's done so many good movies. Oh, Marissa right, so Tomei. Oh, good lord. So good. What? Marissa Tomei. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a jerk session right there. Um,. <laughs> But I think in, I'm thinking that it is really helping out the mentality for fans right now. I think they're going to go and see another film. It's a follow-up, man. They were so stoked on it. And I'm going with... How many theaters was it? Did you say 2,500? 2,500. 2,500. Um, Which is almost half of what it is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to come in around 25. 25. Too high. Um, okay. So here's what I'm saying. Um, I... I'm looking at this from multiple angles, right? I think that more people are going to go see it. Uh, I think there's still a ton of people who didn't see it who are going to go this week um, instead of going to see Mother. Um, Mother, I think, is an interesting film. I do not think that the name of Jedorowski or whatever his name is. Jedorowski. Jedorowski. I don't think that it's going to help that much, honestly, because... Listen, I'm really into film. I'm really into horror films. Uh, Requiem for a Dream is one of my favorite films of all time. I didn't even know that he was doing this mother film until I saw his name. Um, and actually, before that, somebody told me that it, I think Jeremy might have told me that that's who he was who was doing it. Um, but one thing that I do think that is under consideration here that might sway me a that actually did sway me a little bit because I was even coming lower than what I was going to, but I thought of something and. Um, 
Well, another thing, this movie does look like an It Comes at Night type thing where you're not really sure what it's about. I could see people um, not necessarily wanting to see it because they feel like it's going to be one of those movies where they're like, oh, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I don't even know what uh, this movie's about. I don't even know what this movie's really about. I um, well, I mean, yeah, me and you would. Yeah. But would the assholes out there? <laughs> I like that. Just, <laughs> he just demeaned everybody. He's like, those assholes out there. It's true. It's all the old farts who smell bad with perfume. <laughs> I know those people don't exist in my movie theaters. I don't know where the fuck you're seeing movies. Dude, apparently, Black all Swan that exists in mine is fucking sixteen-year-old girls with amazing tits. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, like... so, um, I uh, one thing that I will say though, and this is what has swayed me because I was coming in really low on this one because I do think it's not going to do very well. Um, especially because it's one of those movies where it's like people look at the trailer and they're like, I don't really know what this is. Um, it, 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 like, I don't really know. I assume it has, it's like House of the Devilish, I guess. Uh, I don't ish Yeah, okay. Um, but I will say this putting, I, I seen the, and this trailer ran before. I know how many people were in my theater <laughs> who now had seen this trailer. I, that that could help this film all the people that saw it i bet that this trailer ran with it so that could help that's what i however said. That's i'm what I still said. gonna i'm still gonna undercut both of you guys Ooh. and i think that it's gonna make less than both than than both of you um so i'm gonna come in at 16.5 million oh which that's gives one and a half million room. Are we allowed to do halves? What's that? That's one and a half million yeah. less than what I said. Yeah, so I think that it's going to make less. I think it's going to make more around like 14 million. He's doing the price is right thing, man. He's just. Million, one, yeah, it, it's going to narrow the gap. Yeah, why don't you just say one dollar? One dollar. <laughs> one dollar. No, because if it makes fucking. Eight, that, that just doesn't put me in a good spot to say one Why? Well, if it makes anything less than 18 million, you win. Yeah. No, no. It's closest. So it it would have to make seven point five or what eight plus eight is sixteen. So not it would have to make eight point five or nine. Yeah, eight point. It would have to make under eight point five million. Oh, or, un, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> because it's whoever's closest to the number. You know. What I, mean? I thought it's it was whoever's yeah, yeah. closest without going over. I truly no, believe. I truly believe people are like fucking horror right now they're like horror and i think yeah. that you know i mean horror. the fact that we went yeah, to go so see, they're gonna go see it again <laughs> which is actually kind of funny dylan's like hey you want to go see it again because <laughs> he didn't get to go with me no like, eh. carly's mom was dragging her to see it again that's awesome but but the fact the matter is is that everybody that was sitting there in, in that cinema with me saw the trailer for mother and then watched Ooh. the film and I did have – I heard people in the theater say, oh, that looks good. That looks scary. Like I remember hearing people say that. Um, so it could, but I don't think that it will. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's going to be a good box office, bro. I'm going to see it. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I'm going to see it too. You have it? Did you check? Well, it, it, it hasn't shown up yet, but – I'm sure we're getting that. Okay, though. so if we get if we do all three get it, we're probably going to do it next show. Just to let you guys know, listening, along with Derek's Patreon pick. So, um, just letting you guys know. Thank you, Megatron. Yep, 
You sounded just amazing there. Why, did I cut out a little bit? <laughs> Not cut oh, out, yeah. you sounded like Megatron. <laughs> it was good stuff. <laughs> awesome. So that's Box Office Brawl. And we are going to move along into Knowledge. I think we have Knowledge section. Not have one? We guys in- yeah, segment? just a Do very have- small one. Oh, okay. no, nothing too... That's what you yeah, always nothing say. Nothing too... <laughs> Jesus. I mean, sometimes it is so small, juvenile. So. <laughs> so juvenile. Yeah, I like it. Um. So yeah, it's um, basically just something that juvenile. Oh, Vardas, yeah. So, um, every once in a while, like I know, bloody disgusting gets like a shit ton of hate because of some of their journalistic integrity and stuff like that. However, I haven't seen major issues in bloody disgusting for years. So, um. I think a lot of people just hate them because they're the monopoly, you know, the biggest uh, in the horror world. If like there they, was a monopoly and it, and of it horror, it, <laughs> it, it helps would that be they it. were first, right? Like that, they were like the first website, so of course they're gonna have longevity. Um, it's the same reason Cool Dude is popular. Um, uh, cool Dude is popular because Jeremy gives them about a hundred thousand views a year, yeah. <laughs> including a hundred thousand thumbs down. So. There you go. So. Bloody Disgusting posted an article which I thought was super fascinating because it was something I had no idea about. But apparently, there is a IT TV series that ran in India for a, like 60-some episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and the clown looks like Cool Dude. I did not know no that. No joke. That's amazing. In, in, just in India? Yep. Uh, Pretty sure it's just like, I, This is an American show or oh. an Indian no, show? No, no, It's a Hindu show. Jesus, dude, that that is not right. Now this guy was what? dropping n bombs all over the first part of the it show. Now he's dropping. Is it? Is it? Am not I everybody be that lives in India is it's it's a religion. Hindus are religion. Not everyone's a fucking Hindu. They're Sikhs. See, They're that. Sikhs. There's dimensionals. Um, Come on. Give me I don't know any of that. I don't even know what you're saying. Are those words? I live, I live around a lot of brown people. So and I, I don't live around friends, any. And I got brown friends. So Isn't I'm, Hindi a language? Hindu's a language. Uh, Hindi, yeah, yeah, so it's and fucking in Hindu. It's in Hindu. There you go. That's what I meant. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Fair enough. Fair it enough. is. That is what I meant. <laughs> So, yeah, I just thought that it was really neat that, like, you know, that because sometimes this knowledge segment is like just to, like, kind of let people know about stuff. That's cool. It's like just a little nifty, you know, Mm. and I seen this and I was like, dude, this is so fascinating. I'm trying to pull up the article now so that I can reference it a little bit more. Should have been more prepared, but I try not to have pages open during the show because it it sometimes lags me up. Um, But yeah, so this this thing has ran like a ton of episodes. I guess it wasn't that popular, so it did it. It only lasted like a, like one season or something like that. But it was like a lot of episodes. But apparently, the entire thing is on YouTube, hmm. but it's all in Hindu. So you can't. Re- it, there's no subtitles. <laughs> But it looks so interesting. Did like you, I'm not even gonna lie. Like I clicked on it a little bit and I like skimmed through it, and it's like it has like carnival music and like there's like this glowing things and like sewers and stuff. And it's like 
It, it's like an actual like adaptation of it. It's it actually fucking Bollywood, man. That's amazing. Yeah, like, I, I'm so stoked on this. I gotta find this. Like you guys know about McCall, right, or whatever it's called, the Elm Street the f- yeah, adaptation. Man. Yeah, that was like an off. Which I found Bollywood. out somebody put that out on DVD a while back, like Vinegar Syndrome or something, and it's out of print now. I wish it was Vinegar Syndrome, man. That would have been amazing. It was some random kind. I don't know who the fuck it was. Was it random? I thought it was it somebody. Was so ra- I don't. I don't know who the fuck it was, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember how hard we laughed? Was it, at that? Was it like Se- Severin or something? No, 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 no. It was like some foreign country. Definitely was. Trust me. If it, sure? if, if it was, if it was anywhere within like North America and, and UK, it would have been in my collection. In his collection, it would have been in my collection. Oh, it was some random. Yeah, this country. is. I'm gonna look it up and prove to you wrong. For a second here, but let me let me uh, finish with this um, <laughs> it thing here. So uh, basically, here's what Bloody Disgusting wrote. Turns out the kids of Dairy Maine weren't the only ones who uh, needed to fear Pennywise. Uh, grease paint and fangs as his scaly claws apparently had the ability to reach out from the depth of the gutter from across the sea. Stephen King is no stranger to having his work adapted. In fact, almost every single one of his novels or short stories have found their way to big and small screen and some form or another a handful of these adaptations could be considered what you might call unique carrie king's debut novel in some ways the most popular race has been brought to both theaters and television no less than three times including unrelated sequels other interesting adaptations include the lawnmower man a film that has absolutely nothing in common with the work from which it got its namesake blah 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 blah. but perhaps one of the most interesting adaptation of stephen king's work is woe w-o-h an Indian television series from 1998, which is based on the American television miniseries It from 1990. <laughs> the major beats of Woe are almost identical to American to the American series. The titular character and red balloon toting child murdering monster disguised as a clown is eventually bested by a group of seven teens who all vow to return should Woe return ever return. Years later, when the balloons start popping up as kids start to go missing, the group of old friends reconvenes intent on destroying the woe once and for all. Much like the American series, several members of the group fall victim to woe's shape-shifting mind tricks, but by the end, the remaining survivors defeat another evil force. Dude, this is crazy. Like, I wish mm-hmm. somebody would get the rights to this and put it on and put subtitles on it. That is insane. I'd watch it. The clown looks so ridiculous, too. Um, <laughs> dude, you gotta like just Don't type even in this man. I gotta see this. Just, just type in "whoa" uh, in, I guess Indian television series W O H uh, on Google and see if you can find an image. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of those cool sort of, um, I guess what you would call. Uh, <laughs> Just things. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh my! That's the clown. <laughs> that's great. Oh, it's a, it totally isn't Hindu. Yeah, it's a Hindu. Shit, dude, that is funny. What? <laughs> Fifty-two episodes. It's, it's, Holy it's shit. one of those things where it's like, it's one of those cool horror things that nobody, it, that <laughs> nobody fucking knew. You know what I mean? It's just insane that, like, I'd never heard anybody talk about that. Um, 
Oh, Mondo Macabro was the one that released McCall, the Elm Street. Uh, Fuck, um, I knew they... I th- Damn, I told you it was Mondo Macabro. No, you motherfucker! You said it's some <laughs> foreign company. It was on one of their Bollywood things, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Bollywood Volume 3. Damn, it's I knew It's out of that. print now for I, I was $130. Hoping you, I was hoping you weren't going to find it, because I, I was thinking that too, and I was like, shit, he's going to prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I would love to see that. Like, I wish... I would, like... Somebody get a hold of Mondo, tell him to re-release McCall first, and then release this It TV series with English subs. Please, please That's why Mondo's so dope. They release things like that. And this is something they would definitely release. This, whoa. Oh, man, this is amazing. This is uh, the best news I've gotten in a long time. It's so cool. That let's clown, let's that's scary. eBay and see what that sells for. That's, that's some scary shit right there. <laughs> that I'm loving it. I'm loving it. That... That McCall Elm Street film literally fought, like, apparently, like, it's the first three Elm Streets, like, combined into one movie. It lo- <laughs> I've watched clips from it. It looks so cool, man. I want to see it. <laughs> if we ever, ever do the Elm Street franchise, we're talking about McCall at some point in there. <laughs> totally. 100%. We got to do it, man. We got to do it. What do you mean if we we'll ever cover the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise? Well, one of us could die by then. Jesus! The morbid ass shit, man. <clears throat> Jeremy. Well, but it's the sand in my vagina. It's gonna dry up my heart and kill me. What am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucking Goodwill in Austin has a copy of Bollywood Horror Collection Volume Look 3. Look at this guy. <laughs> How much? He found a copy. $139. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Monica McCarthy's back catalog. How the like fuck did somebody amazing. trade that into Goodwill? The they, fuck? Man, they have the most insane back catalog that's out of print. I wish they would start re-releasing some of that shit. I'll find it. Some, it, it me... That's crazy, man. That's crazy. So is is that it for... <laughs> is that it for whoa? Whoa. I feel like Joey yeah, Lawrence. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> Joey Lawrence. Well, I'm not going to do it again. It's going to get old. But, um... All right. June Jeremy, are you queued up? Are you queued up? Yeah. All right, man. Let's get into some fucking dead mail. Dead Mal, yeah, digging into Fangoria's catalog and reading the history of horror from the fans. And this issue is from the year May 2001, issue number 202, and it is the exclusive set visit to The Mummy Returns, which we just talked about. (laughs) And uh, America's number one horror magazine now, all in color. And on the cover, we have uh, Ginger Snaps, The Forsaken bad cut cool uh phil von cario full moon's biggest star uh fango videos wilderness beauty is the beast and chainsaw awards you pick horrors best hmm. so and on the back we have an ad for tom safini's special makeup effects program learn the tricks of the trade from the master call now and it's at 137th Street in Morrison, Pennsylvania. Monson, Pennsylvania. There you go. Uh, financial aid is available to those who qualify. This is a 16-month diploma program. <laughs> Thank you for Residential that living available. All right. Let's get into this shit. Poster Zone. So this one comes from... Got a bunch today. Some of these are really funny. Uh, Jonathan Watkins. He writes... Um, I just read your reviews of Hannibal and I was surprised to see how favorable you were to the film. 
The only thing I agree with Anthony Tipone uh, on is the fact that the film is not as successful as Silence of the Lambs, and I'm shocked that you didn't mention Manhunter, the first Elector film, which Hannibal couldn't outdo either. Why is it that the rule of thumb for sequels is the bloodier the better? This film was very gruesome, all right. With a dog eating from a man's face and a man eating part of his own brain, I don't think anyone is in disagreement disagreement here. But to say this is scary is plain ludicrous. And to say it's, it is effective is even more ridiculous. The only thing Hannibal seemed to attain at any level was shock value. Part of the problem here is that Lecter is out of his cage. In the first two films... His creepiness comes from the fact that even behind bars, he could do more damage than most serial killers on the loose. In Hannibal, he becomes just another one of those serial killers. Not to say that this film doesn't have its merits. Hopkins plays the part with gusto, and the scenes between him and the Italian cop are very effective. In fact, because of these scenes, I was really into the first half of the film. However, the second half is another story. Gary Oldman is fine as Mason Ferger, but the character is given about as much depth as your average slasher film psycho, and its demise is anticlimactic, to say the least. Julianne Moore is an adequate substitute for Jodie Foster, but the character of Clarice Starling has turned into an uninteresting FBI veteran whose motives I can't buy. She gets in the hot seat with the Buru because somebody opened fire on her and she defended herself. Give me a break. As for the supposed suspense, there is very little. I got tired of all the bloody showmanship from the dog to the brains to the hogs having a field day with Ferger and company. I found all of this to be nothing more than wasted FX work. Sometimes monsters should be left in the closet. They're much scarier behind closed doors. That's from Jonathan Watkins. Hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we had Jonathan Watkins on a previous one. <laughs> I swear actually. to God, dude, man. See, I have a yeah. problem when people Because criticize- I know a dude named Jonathan Watkins- and mm-hmm. that's why I remember that name. I have a problem with people when they uh, when they criticize films for being or criticize a review when they say it's you know oh it was scary and you know it was bloody and gory and stuff. I mean that shit's all subjective. I mean how can you say it wasn't to that person? I find that so ridiculous, man. Like so you're writing in saying oh no it wasn't and stuff. It's like but you're writing in that it was a fucking fact that it's not. I hate the I hate when people do that, man. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Drives me nuts, yeah. man. I, I've always had a major problem with that. So I mean, I mean, there's a way to do it. Like you say that the scares don't work because this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say flat out that it's not scary is kind of a yeah. Dude. In in response to somebody who's saying that it is scary is kind of yeah. It's kind of problematic to say it like that. Yeah. Like if I'm reviewing a film and I say that it's not scary. Um, because I'm just saying that in my review and not response to anybody, it's yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. This one comes from Frank Schmidt Jr. Again, it's about Hannibal. If there are four words to describe Ridley Scott's Hannibal, might I suggest big budget Hollywood bullshit? As <laughs> usual, people are sellouts and ruin a perfectly good horror premise with bloated bank accounts, enormous egos, and studio swine, like the ones at MGM who make the man eating boar looks like precious puppy dogs. How do they get away with a graphic scene like the Brain Buffet? with Ray Liotta as the hapless victim, which is basically the same as what happened to Hannibal's audience, the thinking parts of our brains were conveniently removed. 
I'll tell you how, with big names and big budgets attached. Names such as Ridley Scott and Sir Anthony Hopkins, who of course was entertaining and excellent without even trying, but why did he lower himself to a sequel? Gary Oldman was also oh, superb, but why wasn't he mentioned in the credits after being plastered with makeup? Maybe he didn't want to be associated with this anti-independent, overblown suit and tie, stamp of money, making approval nonsense. If Wes Craven ever tried to insert an explicit brain buffet into one of his films, the MPAA would come down on him like a ton of outraged parents and teachers, and the scene would be cut, period. But Scott could get away with it because he's an Oscar-nominated director. The filmmakers should have remembered the independent original film, Silence of the Lambs and Manhunter, and not have been concerned with flexing so much Hollywood muscle. That's it. I don't necessarily Um, agree with that. I don't really... I can't. I've only seen Hannibal like one time. I don't think and just I because don't, you I don't really because you it. have Oscar nominations and stuff, you have pull with the MPAA. I, they don't give a shit who you are. I mean, they're mm, uptight assholes. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I feel like they do. Really? I feel like they do. They're not supposed to. But well, I, I, feel I should like hope they, they wouldn't. I mean, have you yeah. ever seen this film? Is not yet rated. Yeah. 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 They talk a lot about that and that. Yeah, they do. And the crazy thing is that they just have no idea who anybody is. <laughs> that shit fucking blew my they're mind. They're all like, they're all like forty-five-year-old moms and shit. Yeah. Like, I know. The it's, fuck? It's so How's bizarre. this average audience? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. in a sense, it's it's very biased. Then you know, these people are popular. Oh, they dude, have they have the pull most in the industry. Fuckery things right? ever. I mean, I guess to a point, right? I mean, ah, fuck it. I. I I mean, ratings is is basically censorship, in a sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's All what right. It comes down to. Let's get into a message from Trance from Baltimore, Maryland, and he says, "Any moderate to major level film being bypassed by pre-release preview by critics is usually a strong indication that the distributors know they have a bloody mess on their hands." Dracula 2000 appropriately slunk into local movie houses, utterly fangless and without a bat wing to fly on. Why Res Craven lent his name to this poorly executed, cliche-ridden wreck is beyond me. Far more suited for direct-to-video distribution than theatrical release, Dracula 2000 never rises above a bad Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. <laughs> From poor and uninspired acting to the contrived and silly scenes, example, an airplane crash is reported on and covered by merely two people, it is, easy to, it is easy to imagine Bram Stoker turning over in his grave. Stick a stake in Dracula 2000 and send it to the celluloid purgatory where amateur direct like this belongs. Trans from Baltimore, Maryland. Hmm. Yeah, that's funny. I've never seen those, any of those Draculas. I actually saw I, like I saw the, the Dracula 2000 in cinema. It was, not, it was okay. I don't think I've seen it since. <laughs> I don't, I don't even own it. I honestly don't Wes, even own it. Wesley Craven fan, you would see it. Yeah, I, I well, don't he even just produced it. it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. All right, last one. This one's called "To Hell with It," and it comes from <laughs> Eric D. Harshman from Santa Fe, New Mexico, and he writes, "Hellraiser Inferno was the biggest pile of smoldering shit I have ever seen." It's the poorest excuse for a sequel since The Crow, City of Angels. I swear in the interview in Fango 198, I kept waiting for Scott Dickerson and Paul Harris Boardman to admit that they simply recycled a script they wrote in film school and stuck Pinhead in it. 
His on-screen time was practically <laughs> nil and a complete waste of Doug Bradley's talent and time. No wonder Barker hates this piece of crap, and I, for one, liked the fourth installment. I really wanted to like Inferno too, but no such luck. I hope the sixth is better, and if not, they need to kill this franchise before it bores us all to death. Oh, so much irony in that fucking thing, because it, the script probably was written from <laughs> college, because it was not a goddamn Hellraiser script to begin with. We yeah, all know man. that. Uh, not only that, but um, that's the fifth one, and I believe yeah. there are, what, six, seven, eight, nine? So there's four more after that, buddy. You're not, you're, you're just barely halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? This movie actually came out on my birthday in 2000, hint, hint. No, I'm joking. Don't don't buy me another copy. Oh, oh we're buying you Hellraiser Five. <laughs> I don't want another copy of this shit, man. But it's kind of funny. Do you think it was that public though? In those days, like, not back then. You know, like people were like, "Oh, this is a fucking Hellraiser sequel," but people had no idea that these were not, you know, these were not bred scripts for the Hellraiser franchise. That's, that's yeah. I don't funny. think that came out. It's, it's funny to hear people bitch about. They're like, "Fucking, this is not a Hellraiser from like," <laughs> and we're kind of going. <laughs> Actually, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Totally, hundred <laughs> um, percent. Good stuff. I know All that, right. like, Scott Derrickson, like he talked about that movie a little bit on like uh, an episode of the Movie Crypt because um, it was just like his first movie. You know, he just got involved, and and that's what Dimension kind of did. They got like young filmmakers who they hoped would be the next Quentin Tarantino or the next uh, Kevin Smith. They would get them straight out of film school and have them direct stuff for them yeah uh and uh I, I don't know how his experience really was on that film but uh since then he's done you know some cool stuff like the exorcism of Emily rose sinister delivers from evil uh and of course the new uh dr strange is that out did that already happen that yeah that happened yeah i'm pretty sure um yeah so anyway um yeah uh One that more? yeah sure all right. This one may be interesting to us because we've done lists in the past. This one's about a list that Fangoria wrote. Comes from Jonathan Reitmeyer. And he said, You guys sure know how to cover movies, but knowing which are the best is an area that needs serious attention. I'm referring to the debacle entitled Top 13 Horror Films of the 90s in issue number 200. For the first time, I didn't sense I was reading America's number one horror magazine, but a lame list from arthouse critics who don't know what mag they work, they're working for. First of all, by no stretch of the imagination is God and Monsters a horror movie. It's a drama about horror director James Well. Not the same, not the same <laughs> period. Second... The Reflecting Skin, Kronos, Habit, Habit, and See the Sea all ponder to the Sundance crowd while offering little to genre fans outside of the filmmaker's Fuck ambition. That. Fuck that. In and of themselves, those movies are unusual at best, but stunningly lackluster. If you find movies like these so intriguing, why do you exploit the obvious favorites from Dust Till Dawn, Dead Alive, The Frighteners, Nightbreed, Dark Man and Stir of Echoes, to name a few, oh. have graced the covers, been granted numerous articles, and have been received by been well received by fans and critics alike. It seems like you you're embarrassed by the same material that makes your publication unique. Yet you somehow find a way to leave off Silence of the Lambs and include Sleepy Hollow, a great looking but disencouraging <coughs> bore, and The Crow, an action movie hyped on myth. What gives? I'm starting to believe that your taste in horror is waning as you opinions become dangerously close to unrespectable. 
Is there a full <laughs> list of the top 13 in there? I have issue 200. I could read it next week for you guys if you want. Because I'm just curious. What was it? The, t- I, the top 13 of what? Of the, the 90s. 90s. Of the 90s. Because, I mean, uh, there's some obvious choices, man. Like, Cemetery Man is definitely in there. Um, Resurrected Candy is definitely man. argumental for that. Maybe Candy I'm curious to see what's in the list because some of those choices they had in there, that's pretty funny. Reflecting yeah, skin, I was week. I was a little bit pissed off when he was dissing that film because that made my series of the '90s, and I love that film. I love that movie. That movie's awesome. It's fucking amazing. Um, All right, I, I'm just wondering if I'm wondering if Habit was in there, the the Fessenden film, because mm-hmm. that's one of the better ones too. So, all right, let's look at what's coming out on VHS from the video video eye of Doctor Cyclops. We have Hellraiser Inferno. Nice. Um, Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. Oh I haven't God. heard of that or seen that film in years. That's a spoof. I have that. And then we have uh, Stitches <laughs> from Full Moon. Not the Stitches of today's time. Uh, Strawberry Estates from Sub Rosa. <laughs> nice. I own that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it any good? It's uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> and the Stepdaughter from Trimark. So that's what's coming out on VHS. Let's go look on what is coming out on DVD from May 2001. We have uh, Fiend Without a Face from Criterion. Wow. Um, Good film. $39.95. Um, <laughs> Not $39.95 for the DVD. <laughs> yeah, it's $39.95. I wonder if Barnes & Noble has them for 20 <laughs> <laughs> Um Urban Legends, The Final Cut. Ooh. Nice. Uh, what lies beneath? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lost souls and blessed a child. Uh, terror firmer from nice. Droma. Droma. Uh, Dead and buried. Nice. Uh, Madman. Nice. Anchor Bay's release. Wow. Uh, really. Doctor Fibes and its sequel from MGM. Midnight. That's midnight. The back there. Midnight movies. Yeah, those midnight uh, movies. Yeah. Street Trash from Dragon. Nice. They have Dragon releases in there? And Dragon's Death Knight, a.k.a. Pledge Knight. Wow. Mm. Crazy. That is what came out on DVD. And Fuck, that those are cool lists. Those are cool lists, man. That's always cool to hear. Wow. Yep. You know how I have DVD and Blu-ray and 4K? There's nothing cooler than the VHS and DVD releases from 2000. And what one? And one. <laughs> Ooh, look, uh, we even have a section called Nightmare Library where they talk about books. But uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're just pushing it. We're pushing it here. Okay. Well, that is Dead Mail. Cool. Dead Mail, man. Fuck, I, man. Dead Mail's cool, man. That's cool. I like Dead Mail. I really like Dead Mail too. Alrighty, so getting into the WWW portion of the show, what we watched. Just say what we watched, bro. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. WWW sounds cooler. I'm just yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get you going, same, man. As, as Dave C stood up for me last week, WWW is the same amount of breaths as what we watched. So just yeah, but that's what we watched. The thing that doesn't make sense about that is who's who's saying he's doing it to be shorter. Yeah, man, I, th- I just think it sounds better. The yeah, dub, Triple dub, W. I like it. The Dub Dub Triple Dub. dub. What fucking dumbass shit is that? What really sucks is round robin reviews. Like, what yeah. the fuck does that even mean? You know, right, that's, a, that's a lot of syllables. 
that's, yeah, that like, is that's, like five, that's five syllables right there. It's crazy. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> All right, who wants to start us off here today? Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah. All right, going to do my two Patreon reviews for the month of September. First up, we're going to talk from good old Dubby Doubles, who doesn't make videos anymore besides for body bags, which is fucking weird. But um, Dubby Doubles, he picked an IFC Midnight for me, and he was very kind, unlike my good friend Matt last month, who picked Crazy Murder for me. He picked a very interesting film from the year 2013 from the UK titled Burbian Sound Studio. Now, uh, this movie is like... Titled would, what? Burbian Sound Studio? Burbarian Sound Studio. Burbian. Burbarian. Like, you could have pronounced it right, JP. I knew how to pronounce it, so... Mm-hmm. That's why well, I checked you. Anyway, this movie, I would say, would be a mixture of the story of Evil Ed meets uh, Sounds Like from... Masters of Horror, which it has the plot line of Evil Ed, and it has the character development of Sounds Alike. That was kind of like a way that I could kind of describe and compare this movie. You know me, I always like to compare things when I review stuff. So it's the first time I've watched this film. Very bizarre movie. It's not too much of a uh, blown out, full blown horror movie. It's more of a, a character development what happens in the character's mind type of a movie is he going crazy is he not what's in his mind what's happening in front of him all things like that so we follow um gilroy gilroy is a sound engineer who gets a job at this um this sound studio to mix a film a horror film called um the esquirian vortex of course i'll probably mispronounce it again but it's like from what i heard of it it sounds like in the way that the characters talk it sounds like a suspiria type of a witchcraft film that takes place at a um a uh, horse riding school that's the way i kind of took it from listening to different things throughout the movie and um, so basically, Gerald just comes in and he starts mixing the film. It's a lot of shots of soundboards and um, foley work as he is mixing this movie, and he um, interacts with the director and the uh, voice actresses who's doing the ADR to the film, and everybody that's involved with the movie and the studio. And he meets the producer, and the producer's a little bit of a insane person. And as the film goes on, Gilroy becomes more and more infested into the movie, and more and more he starts to become a little bit obsessed with it and what's the mysterious behinding of what's going on with this movie. And that's basically about it. There's not any effects whatsoever. There's no suspense. There's no nothing. It's just a character piece that you have to figure out what's going on for yourself pretty much and everybody you could probably interpret this in a different way it's definitely one like many films that i've talked about in the past of observance where um you'll probably have to watch it a few times to fully grasp what the filmmakers were trying to get across but it's a 
weird movie. You know, it's very 70s. It has that 70s type of uh, feel and vibe to it. And if you like Masters of Horror, if you like anthology films, if you like Tales from the Crypt, things like that, then I think you're probably going to dig this one. I enjoyed it. It's it's different. It's a different kind of a movie. Um, it's not something that you would see every day. Um, you definitely would not be made here in the States. So um, if you like those kind of movies, check it out. I, I, I recommend it. It's one of the better IFC Midnight films out there. Um, so I give this one an 8 out of 10. I think it's pretty much one of the best ones ever. Um, man, I love the whole setup to this film. It's, you know, comparing it to Evil Ed, I think is like actually a, a good comparison. You know, it's taking one person, a character out of his normal environment and putting him into another, which in this case, he didn't know though, you know, with mm-hmm. Evil Ed, like he understands that he's going in to do this horror film and he doesn't want to do it. We have this character here is from England and he travels all the way to Italy. And it's kind of, uh, I don't want to say it, it's, it's, it pretty much all about like kind of Italian films and stuff. And, and <laughs> I think one of the coolest things about this film is that the whole story is told through sound because mm-hmm. the film that they're making inside the film, you never see it. You <laughs> never see it. You only hear it. And that's mm-hmm. where the character development and, you know, his <sighs> distillation from reality and, you know, what's, what's going on in this film is, is happening. I think that is the coolest aspect of the film. I love that that you never. It's see a fairy movie on. that's like it's not much really goes on. It's just how you interpret it, you know. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's really s- not when you when you really like look down deep into what's happening. It's not really anything, you know. But hence, this is a guy mixing studio. a movie. Yeah, you know, it's just a guy mixing a movie. Yeah, dude. But like, I fucking some of the imagery in that film when you're just hearing what's going on and all, in it allows the viewer to picture it. But then mm-hmm. he's interpreting one way and you're interpreting another. I, well, I that's think why was, I said it sounded like a Suspiria type of a film just based on you, – you never see the movie, but you hear you know, witchcraft and don't go down to the cellar where all these witches live, things like that. So yeah, that's I, just the way I interpret it. What, what did you rate it? 8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I came in a little bit higher. I I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. You know, coming from a mixing background, and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever because I thought the sound on this film was amazing. <laughs> it sounded so fucking good when I was watching it. I was like crazy stuff. Really, really cool, interesting film, character type study. But yeah, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. All right, that's a uh, Barbarian Sound Studio. I've never seen it. I just oh. know of the movie. I've heard it reviewed like three or four times on different podcasts. I know about the movie a lot, but I've just never seen it. I did it last Thirty One Days of Horror, actually. <clears throat> yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it reviewed a lot of times, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, trying to continue to say the title at the end as well because. Um, I have a huge problem with that when listening to podcasts and they, and you, cause you don't know you're going to be interested in seeing something until halfway through the review in which the first thing they say is the title of the review, mm. the title of the film. So, but by the time you get halfway through, you're like, wait, what was that one? It happens to me all the time. And people have actually complained that we do it too. And I've complained to other podcasts that they do it. So let's try to fix that. At least I'm going to anyway, uh, going to get into my, review i'm gonna do something a little bit different without you guys's permission i'm just gonna do it anyway so uh, i'm gonna review four films in a short amount of time 
So uh, the reason I'm doing this is because I went to the uh, all-night Monsterama drive-in again. What the fuck? Um, and I love that thing. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, their September show, they show like 50s films or like 70s films. Like last year, they were awful. Like the best one was one of the uh, Blind Dead films. And even that movie is not very good. Which one did they show? <sighs> it must have been the Ghost Galleon then because that's the weakest of the four. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. It might have been. It, it was under another title. I didn't even know. I it bet was you it was the Ghost Galleon because I think for some weird reason I think that one's like public domain, out of the four. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, was it on well, a they boat? Don't okay. Show, they don't. Was it on a boat? I can't remember. It was like God, a year ago. Shit. Um, it might have been on a boat though. I think it might have been that one. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like something the horror of the something or something like that. It was titled under. Yep, that's the um, Ghost anyway. Uh, so this year uh, we went both nights but I, we did not watch all four movies it's very hard for us to watch all four movies we've only done it one time I think and how the fuck are you going to come do 24 hours bro because th- dude you don't understand bro this is outside in a freezing cold you know what I mean it's you're different a pussy. Than inside oh dude get out you don't even go outside you'll Shut stay up. awake you'll stay awake better Shut than up. you don't know how uncomfortable this shit is after like four hours it's mm. not just I, work, I fucking worked outside in chicago justice bro i know how fucking cold it could get oh shut up <laughs> i true bro. fuck you hey man he worked on chicago law bro <laughs> <laughs> but no no i mean it's uh it's it's just you know it isn't it, it a drive-in are you get... supposed to be in your car yeah but that's even more uncomfortable if you don't have a comfortable car um so the and that's the problem too is it gets really cold and the like your actual clothes begin to get wet from the from the by by the time it gets the dew starts coming out and stuff like that um and if you're in the car your windows just fog nonstop. so it, it is it is a hike sometimes i enjoy it i prefer the april showing because it's like 80s horror films or like 70s it's like popular horror films like child's play and stuff like that these other showings are like the monster movies and like the the b movies that they that they show so um we watch two movies each night this uh this time uh it's about an hour and 10 minutes away from where we live so we actually didn't stay in a hotel this time we actually drove back each day uh 10 bucks to get in Four movies the first night, five movies the second night. Uh, we stayed for two both nights. So the first night opened up with The Tingler, uh, which was one of the better movies. Vincent that Price, baby. There, Yeah, Vincent Price, William Castle. Yeah. Uh, it was really neat because they played the little vignette that William Castle created for the sh- film where they, you know, when he had the buzzers and the Tingler. seats and stuff. Um, the coolest thing about this was when the part where the screen went black and Vincent Price is like, now trust me, just scream, scream, you know that part? <laughs> like the entire, like like so many people just started being like, ah, like, and it was just so neat, dude, like to see that kind of participation, like oh, all you, you heard love- it all through, and this drive-in's like in the woods, dude. You like, would love coming by me, JP. Why? We all scream at the screen and do you crazy shit. You want to bet, dude? Get the fuck out of here. You should come into the fucking marathon with me and then you'll see yourself. If that mofo Andrew Schroyer and his brother comes, his mom doesn't allow him to do that shit. I told me. I told Austin if he comes that I would go with him and but he said he wasn't going. Well, 
you could talk to the elder and you'll see me fucking yelling at the screen and shit like that because that's what we do we mm. fucking scream when the titties come on and well, fucking all fun. that. That's what you're supposed. I know to... that's what it's fun. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure you're screaming. You're jerking it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the ting that was the one of the cooler things I seen with the tingler, just because it was like completely dark, and then like we're in the woods, and you just hear these screams coming from all around you. Because it's like in a theater, you're it's not that big, but in a drive-in, this is this is f- wide range of people. You know what I mean? And uh, it's it's really neat how far away you're hearing these screams and stuff like that. The Tingler, tell me what I do. Fuck you. <laughs> the Tingler is um, a really cool movie that I'd actually never seen before. Uh, basically, <laughs> basically, it's about a scientist who discovers that there might actually be uh, something attached to our spines that if you do not scream, it will end up killing you. So he's basically trying to get like a deaf mute girl to not be able to scream when she's super scared and then pull out one of these things that he dubs the tingler. I actually really, really like this movie. I gave it an eight out of 10. Uh, the second movie for night one was, Oh man, this is <laughs> monsters go Home, or monster go. Home Ooh, that's good. <laughs> nice. That shit nice. is awesome. No, it's not. I would have <laughs> loved to see that shit. Monsters go home awesome. is great. That's no, great it's shit. Not. Yeah, Listen, you- it starts off solid, like funny, like they're all like going to this, his uncle's house that he inherits or whatever, uh, the the monster clan, and then there's like funny gags and stuff, and then like the final like half hour of the movie is a fucking car race that I don't care anything about. <laughs> Did you watch? The oh TV my show? god! It goes all Herbie on you, <laughs> dude. It's Did like such a long no? scene. No, I didn't. I That's never. Why. I, oh, I like love. The, I love the TV show, man. The Monsters is one of the best shows ever. Yeah, dude. it's. Super I like. Good. The, I like the Adams Family. I was never really that into. I I never really watched the Monsters. I think the Monsters so is way better, but yeah. the chemistry uh, with Fred Gwynn and Grandpa Lewis so good. That's well, your boy, I'll man, from Penn Cemetery, man. That car scene is a bullshit. It's long, boring, stupid. I I hated it. The movie fell flat right after that. I gave it a four point five. Oh, um, below it. Damn, that's yeah. bullshit. You're- yeah, no, it's not. It's not bullshit at all. It's the truth. Hating on the monsters. Speak facts here. No, I mean, it, honestly, we were both laughing. It was funny at first, but what, by the time they get that damn car race, it's just dumb. I uh, seriously, I could not get into it. I was well, like, you I definitely want to like Monster race. Scary Little Christmas. We could do that on the show. Let's do Monster Scary Little Christmas. That's a Christmas horror movie. Okay, <laughs> tell the is. peeps, tell the peeps to it do is. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after that, uh, we went. We actually did stay for the third movie, but fell asleep a little bit into it. It was called like Horror at the Beach Party or something. It was like from. <laughs> How did you fall asleep with all that dew on you? That's crazy. I, w- I got into I, we were in the car by that point. The worst is when it rains. This is the first year that it didn't get rained out that I've been. Look at this I'm pussy falling asleep after time. three movies. <laughs> dude, these movies are not good movies. You're not going to make but it horror, 24 horror, hours. Dude, I, I, listen, bro. I've stayed up for three days straight. Don't tell me what I can do. Okay. Yeah, but it's different when you're looking and you're like concentrating on a screen uh, for 24 hours. It's totally yeah, but different. I can, I, dude, I've done, tw- I've done like crazy marathons before i'm just saying that it in these situations it's not the, the not it's not that i'm tired it's that i'm fucking bored no, you just, you're, you're just a bitch because you didn't like monsters go home fuck no. you dude in my, in my opinion man horrid beach party 
is Horror of the Beach Party by Del Tenney, right? He directed that one. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> dude, that movie is so fucking bad. I will admit it. It's so fucking bad. It's so fucking bad, man. I, is it like a Creature from the Black Lagoon ripoff? Yeah. yeah pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So we fell asleep, I don't know, 20 minutes into that one. We both <laughs> fell asleep. And then we woke up after it was over and my neck was all stiff. Because I'll tell you this. We go in Carly's car because currently mine's totaled. And um, her car is so fucking uncomfortable. It's like a Taurus and it's just... I hate that car for watching movies in it. Um, but, um, yeah, so that one was, uh, I'm not even going to count that as a watch. I'm not going to rate it or anything. Cause I obviously fell asleep there. Right? Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that we went home, uh, we got lost on the way home. It took forever to get home. It was, we didn't get home till like four something in the morning. Um, and then, we went back for night two and I was more awake, but I didn't feel good. I, I start, I, I went with a stomach ache and then, um, just didn't feel good the most of the time there. So we again only stayed for two movies. Uh, the first one was attack of the 50 foot woman from 1958. Uh, not bad, honestly, like it was pretty fun. Um, it takes a while to get going. It really does. It's only like uh, but, 65 minutes, isn't it? It's not even that long. No, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's closer to nine. The remake should have been oh, yeah? that short, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting it to be a little slower than it was, but um or a little shorter than it was. But I think I think it was pretty sure that it was um let me look it up. Uh but yeah, it was um it was okay. Like it it, it took a little while to get going, but after it got going it was it was pretty entertaining and uh some of the effects are a little cheesy, but some of them are kinda creepy too. Um, uh, ni- uh, 1958. It is uh, okay. So it is. It's 65 minutes. So I guess I was wrong on that one. Um, wow. It's it should have went a lot faster. I gave that one a six out of ten. Um, not my favorite type of film, but uh, decent. And finally, um, the, the I was not leaving until I saw this one for sure, um, which was the height of the the viewing experience. Is the one that I wanted to see. <laughs> It is Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, which is, of course, from 1954. Um, really fucking cool to see on the big screen, dude. Because that is like what I feel like that's what these events are made for, like these type of movies that that were really big in, in the drive-in era, you know, like the 1950s. Wasn't in 3D? Um, no, I oh, wish it was. Oh, that shit's lame. Was lame. the first one in 3D or was it the third? That was the first one. You sure? Yep, 1,000%. Yeah, that I even said that when we were watching it. I was like, dude, if it, if they would have done this shit in 3D, that would have been amazing. Yeah, because I thought it was this one, but I wasn't sure. Um, but yeah, so man, Creature from the Black Lagoon. It it I don't think I've ever liked it as much as I did watching it this time. It's actually you can see how this movie would have been scary back in the day for sure. Like when the creature's claw is like coming through the the window and stuff like that. It's just creepy. Um, I like the setting. It's it's a really neat film. Uh, I'm gonna give that one eight point five out of ten, which is uh, my rating that I gave to it previously. So stays the same. So what were the other films that you missed the second night? Uh, the second night it was, um, what was it? Uh, 
she oh oh it the terror beyond space was oh, next fucking love that movie dude i reviewed that one before yeah i reviewed that one too i've seen that that's why i wasn't too bummed about missing it because i yeah. recently just watched it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it wasn't one that i like was my favorite movie ever or anything like that it's so, got a cool atmosphere um, for like a 50s film though it's yeah cool. yeah it does yeah. it does it does and um the other one the the other there was two more that night uh it was she demons and half human i'm not sure i know i know those ones (laughs) yeah yeah i don't either so (laughs) um but they are doing a what was the what was the two from the night before uh shit what was it i can't remember what the other two were but i wasn't i wasn't terribly interested in those either um because um honestly like i don't really love the because i went to the september show twice but i went to the april show three times so altogether this was my fifth time going there um and like i don't know like the the september show i just never get as into their older movies they're they're just not as i don't know they're they're Those kind are of the fun, but they're just classics, i don't get hype. yeah i just don't get hype for them though yeah, like yeah, i get it um the other one was um, uh, shit. I don't. I can't find the page. But um, anyway, to kind of wrap that up, they are doing an indie horror fest in October, uh, where they're showing six independent horror films, um, three a night. Nice. And uh, they they are showing like they're newer movies like last year they did the barn um which i didn't go to but uh okay dude that would have been amazing the barn actually made my top 10 last year i loved it so much i know it looked not good to me honestly that's why i wasn't i didn't decide to go out to that just don't trust me at all, man. It's so much fucking no, fun, I've man. Seen the, I've seen so it much before fun. you even told me that. This this happened before um, you we did that show. Like yeah, I'd seen you know, tra- to be honest, man, sometimes indie I've trailers seen the trailer are not way back in, in a while. Like, I've seen the trailer when i seen Phantasm <sighs> at the, uh, the remaster. I don't think I've seen Phantasm. No, I've seen it twice. Yeah. Hmm. That's one I haven't seen. Really? That's crazy. That's crazy. I'm hoping to get like Phantasm like two or something next year uh, at the April show because the April shows are. I get so excited for those because they do like eighties like classics. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. um, I find. By the way, I finally found out what the films were. So it was The Tingler, Monsters Go Home, Horror at Party Beach, and Adam Age Vampire the first night. Hmm. And those interested for the Indie Horror Fest, that is October 6th and October 7th. And uh, let me see if they have the list of the films. Uh, they do, actually. So, um, what are they? They have the IMDb links. Yuck. Uh, okay, here it is. Um, the first one is Circus of the Dead from 2014 the second one is close calls from 2017 that one actually looked kind of cool i just got uh, showed, the other day <laughs> they showed the chillers um the next one is pool party massacre so those are the three for october 6th fucking horrible 
I own it. <laughs> um, Fucking horrible. Uh, Go ahead, JP. Then, then we have Three Dead Trick or Treaters. <laughs> That's a great title. Family Possessions and Space Babes from Outer Space. <laughs> that space one, babes that one had like big busty boob chicks and stuff. <laughs> That's great. Well, since we're talking about your stuff coming up, can I say the lineup of the festival I go to every year? Yeah, when is that exactly? This is October 7th to the 8th. So this runs right through mine. Yep, and as always, I talk about this every year. I give my rundown, so when that show comes around, I think it's the Child's Play show. Hopefully, I'll have some time to talk to you guys about it. But this is looking up to be another solid year at the 24-hour movie marathon. We have the Cannon and the Canary from 1927 being shot, being shown 16 millimeter live score as always. Uh, the Fun House from 1981, 35 millimeter. Say his name, Hooper. say his name, save his name. Hooper. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Hellraiser from 87, nice. of course, That's 35 one of my millimeter. I've seen that before. I've seen it with Candyman and Nightbreed the Cabal Cut, actually. That's when I saw that one. Um, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. I wonder if they're going to do it in 3D. Jesus 91, Christ. 35mm. So I would love to see that movie in the theater. Not even joking. Uh, Dark Waters with Bono in person. Love, Biano, how do you love that movie. Love it. From 93, 35mm. Yep. Uh, in the Mouth of Madness. Carpenter, 35 oh, millimeter. Amazing. Tales from the Hood, 1995. Oh my 16, god! 16 millimeter print. Amazing. Very interesting. 16, 16 millimeter. millimeter. Why is it 16? I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, the Craft from 96, yeah. 35 millimeter. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. Ginger Snaps, the only remaining 35 millimeter print in existence. Wow. Um, fucking then, Canada uh, Rare Exports from 2010 also nice. shot at 35mm that's kind of a weird isn't one there, to see isn't like there in more October. titles still to be announced Correcto. Rare right. Exports is like a weird title to see in October you know it's like a that's probably Christmas the related best, that, that's probably the best um, type of uh, festival type thing that they do is that one there I haven't heard anybody talk about an, another one that does shit that big yeah, I think that's yeah, crazy there's another one the week after uh, there's two we have one the f- one week and then there's one the week after that one's called uh, The Massacre let me pull up the list on this one this one has a very solid list as well uh, this one takes place on the 14th so like I said one week after the one that I usually go to and this one we have um, Beauty and the Beast from 1946 uh, the Devil Rides Out. Good movie. Uh, nice. Sleepaway, Sleepaway Camp. Oh, nice. Felissa Rose is there. In person. Uh, Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Mr. Wow. Hancock in person. He actually taught. He actually teaches at the film school I went to. He actually teaches creative writing, which is kind of funny, but um, that's playing. Uh, Creep Show, Romero Tribute. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, 1990. Uh, Terror Train. Drive-In Massacre, 2000 Maniacs, Aliens, Ugh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Seen it. And The House on Haunted Hill, Vincent Price. 
So, so there's some. The, the the first one's definitely the better marathon, but um, yeah, I mean, one of these years, I swear to God, I'm coming out for it. Like I say that every year, but I'm not even joking. Like it, like it has to be next year. But honestly, like every time some shit happens in my life where it like totally fucks me, it's like definitely true. Like every year when we talk about this, like some bad shit happens to me. Yeah, but, and if you um, lived here on September 29th, they're showing Deadline. Uh, Deathline with um, with Mr. Uh, Sherman in person. <laughs> which JP doesn't really care year, for too much. That's funny. Which I saw last year. Uh, Wild Things with McNaughton. Campbell. <coughs> McNaughton, which I've met a, a shit ton of times. And um, Vincent and Roxy, which is a movie I've never seen. But I guess that's a new film from this year. So, right, so how are stuff. we doing... Uh, the show that week i'll be here don't worry yeah yeah sunday night he said it in a low voice but i don't know man (laughs) be here all right all right man so actually two moods over wow that was the longest two (laughs) what we've watched reviews of all time i think um yeah man getting to my first one here from 2017 is a film called camera obscura this one right here is directed by Aaron B. Kuntz. And I have to say, man, like, looking at this dude's picture, he looks identical to Kyle. I'm not going to lie. It's like identical. You got to look at this picture, man. It's fucking hilarious. I was looking up to see what else he directed, and I didn't really know much that he had directed besides this one. But he had produced Starry Eyes. He was an executive producer on Starry Eyes. And uh, he also was an associate producer on Sacrament. So... I don't know, man. Uh, he just looks like Kyle. It really, really cracked me up. Um, I only checked out this film because I love the title of it. And I know there's a there's a releasing company by the same title of Camera Obscura that they release like really obscure Italian films. And it just kind of went hand in hand. I was like, well, got to check this one out. So anyways, it follows our main character here, um, Jack. And he is a war veteran. And it doesn't really tell you which war, and I'm assuming it's probably Afghanistan, like the latest one kind of thing. And um, he's he's back in America, and he's suffering from uh, PTSD. You know, he was a photographer over there, and all the imagery that he has seen has just completely fucked him up. And he's in uh, counseling and doing his thing and stuff. And it's about a year and a half later after he's got back from the war. And uh, he, he kind of vowed to himself that he really does not want to be a photographer anymore because... The imagery is just, you know, not good for him kind of thing. And he's doing a little bit better. And, of course, his wife goes and buys him a camera for, like, their anniversary or something like that. And she feels like he's doing better and, you know, good enough that he can go and pursue taking photographs again. And he kind of he kind of says, yeah, okay, that's kind of cool. But she buys him, like, this, this old-ass camera. It's like an 80-year-old camera, very vintage and very cool, and he just, he couldn't resist. He's like, that's super cool. So he goes out and he's, like, taking all these pictures and shit like that, and and he goes and gets them developed, and uh, he gets the pictures back, and they are, like, in black and white and stuff. And he's like, well, what the fuck? That's crazy. That's kind of crazy and shit. And so he's like, well, I think there's something wrong with this camera, because the pictures that came out were not exactly what he took. So he takes it into this into this, uh, you know, this repair man. He's like, "Well, your camera's kind of fucked. You really shouldn't be taking pictures, kind of thing, right?" And he's like, "Well, that's really strange." So he starts to look at these pictures, and it's like, you know, basically kind of like murder scenes and things like that. And uh, 
through, he's kind of looking at these things and what these pictures are, are almost like premonitions to, to murders. So now he has to kind of figure out a way to stop these things from happening. And, um, you know, the story kind of goes from there. So it's an interesting take. It's a character study of this guy that's got PTSD and, you know, and it's kind of balanced in line between reality and fantasy and things and like, you know, are these things really happening and stuff? And, um, it's an interesting film. It really kind of caught me off guard, um, with the whole kind of story and stuff. It gets a little bit muffled though. I won't lie. It will, because there's a major plot hole in this film that kind of threw me off a little bit because, you know, once he discovers that, you know, oh, these are real people that are murdered and stuff on here and stuff, he starts investigating. There's a scene where he starts investigating and he just kind of, I don't know, randomly comes across the serial killer that was doing some stuff in like the 50 or in the 60s or whatever. And he starts investigating him and it, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like what led him to that? So there was this like major plot hole, which kind of plays in the film, but you know, the way it plays out and that's where all the, the suspense and the mystery is, is and stuff with dealing with these people that are getting killed. And, you know, of course becomes a suspect and blah, blah, blah. Actually pretty interesting film besides the one major plot hole. I, it's a very indie film. I will say the acting was pretty good for the most part for what it is. Uh, but, uh, very script driven thought it was actually pretty damn cool. Um, and it had a fantastic ending. The ending was really damn cool too. Kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Um, Without saying, I don't want to say a whole lot about it. I don't want to give everything about it away, but Camera Obscura is definitely worth checking out. It's kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool different film. You don't see films like this very often, but um, I give it about a seven out of ten. Just kind of hard to talk about it. Really, it's one of those ones you don't want to give specifics about. But uh, definitely check it out. Check it out. You guys check it out too, man. And here we go. What's it called? Camera Obscura. Camera Obscura. Yeah, I heard of that. It's it's kind of interesting, man. I think it was made for. I want to say maybe chill. No, no, it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck Ooh. it was made by, but kind of cool, man. I like that whole photography type reality. You know, dealing with PTSD. It's it's a cool setup. It's a cool setup. But there is plot holes, though. There's plot holes. What say have you, Jeremy? Wait, what? Sorry, go again. It's your Cut out a little. Okay. All right, I'm just going to do another pick. I don't really have a segment this week, but this one is another Patreon pick for my homie Matt J. Matt Janowski. From the year 1980, it comes from the legendary director Lucio Fulci. And it is the film City of the Living Dead from the year 1980. Final fucking Lee, catching up on the Italian month you missed two years ago. <laughs> now, I'm not familiar with Fulci too much i'm pretty familiar with argento like i've talked about eight trillion times i I was pretty into his movies when i was in film school but fulci was somebody that i wasn't really that familiar with i'm still not but as you guys know i've talked about a whole bunch of times on this show i'm not a fan of zombie films definitely my least favorite subgenre of horror yeah but it's not not a fan it's like a typical zombie film though I know, I know, I know. It's not that, but it's not. How, how many two. Is, uh, fought you too? So you've the seen this. this one. You've never seen Zombie? Oh, and Sonic 3. Have you seen Zombie? Don't lie. 
I have the killer shark. Come on, man. Shark versus zombie. Everybody knows that scene that didn't even <laughs> see in the movie. <laughs> that's, that film, exactly that film was plagued by bad worm placement, though. It's bad worm placement. <laughs> and there's no worm placement in this one? <laughs> uh, but The Beyond is not a zombie film. So anyways, continue. So, City of Living Dead. Yeah, I could, t- I could see what you understand when you say it's not your typical zombie movie. It's definitely not your typical zombie movie. But... It has that aurora of being a zombie movie. So, film takes place. Uh, it opens up with a seance with this group of people, and one of the women, woman that's doing the seance has a vision that she sees this priest being hung, and after this vision, a lot of weird shit starts to happen. Um, she gets buried alive, and stuff happens at truck stop and a lot of weird stuff <laughs> is starting to happen what's so funny <laughs> stuff is happening at, at the truck stop <laughs> it is what is it it's a bar right no it's just the, some stuff happens at a truck stop no it's just the way he said it man <laughs> it's all good cats go crazy shit starts to happen and people start to die and ultimately we find out that this priest hangs himself and this priest has something to do with ultimately <clears throat> the dead starts to rise that's basically one of it. the gates of hell yeah they open up the gates of hell and this um, this reporter this journalist and the girl who gets buried alive have to go and try to close the gates of hell and the journalist doesn't believe the girl who saw the apparition that this is actually going on and as time goes on more weird stuff starts to take place that's basically it it's very it's very uh like i said i'm not very familiar with fulci does he have a does he has a thing for eyes moods and jp oh big time man for sure big time i know with the beyond <laughs> though the beyond well, is clearly the, all based zombie on, and new york ripper it's all based on oh, he's eyes, got so. a lot of scenes with eyes it drives me nuts yeah, this one is super noticeable with the way that he he sh- cuts from you know a, a shot to eyes to shot to eyes from something else to eyes eyes back and forth really really fast and it gets it gets jarring at some moments. I I like I told JP when I was watching it like I don't know if there's a deeper meaning to what's going on with what he's trying to say with eyes. I mean, there's clearly something going on there that he's trying to tell the audience with um, the way that he, he, he is showing eyes. Literally, in every scene, he has some close-ups of eyes going on. It's the window to the soul, homie. I already told you. I know, but what does that have to do with this one? It, it just shows fear. It shows, like, you know, it, it's it, it shows, well, like... It's, it's still dealing with demons and stuff, right? It's not just zombies. It's demons and... Yeah. So... I mean, I think it's... Uh, he just has he he definitely has an eye fetish like he does a lot of eye violence too <laughs> yeah but argento does the same thing though you know argento uses a lot of eyes in his movies too or or i, I think argento uses more gazing than close up of eyes but it it still it still revolves around this obsession with eyes and and moods you probably know better than anybody is is, is there more italian filmmakers that have obsession with eyes besides I thought it was a just thinking on the ones that I've seen it seems like a lot of Italian films 
uh, have a lot of shots of eyes. Like it just seems like it's what they do. Well, to, between to, Argento and Fulci, yeah. I mean, there's a few others, but I, it's not that prevalent in other works, to be honest. But I, I just, I even like the Sergio Martino film that we did. The mm-hmm. Vice is locked room, and I only have the key. Like I, for some reason, I remember there being a lot of like. Um, I you know, like close-ups of eyes. And, but you know, and what, I don't man, know about close-ups, but like that was also you know. a genetic makeup of '70s filmmaking, though. Too was to focus in on the eyes and stuff. I mean, there was some of it. I Chainsaw. think was unintentional for you know a Chainsaw is one of the best examples of a U.S. film. Exactly, and I think Chainsaw some, is some of them might known just come across that, as being scenes. coincidental. Really, uh, our gentle. This film has like yeah. Go ahead, boots. No, I think that I mean they probably had something there, but. It's definitely a technique that was used, you know, very prevalent in the in the seventies. Even though this film came out in nineteen eighty, it's basically the seventies, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Like this film has some pretty nasty effects in it. Typically, the one that made me go blah is the one, the first murder that we see in the car with the girl vomiting. <laughs> Dude, listen, God's when we were it, it, so, that, like, that is my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> that is my favorite gore moment in like horror movie history. Almost like it is absolutely disgusting to me the first time i ever seen city of living dead was uh flipping on netflix like back when netflix streaming first came around and like i got to that scene and i shut it off because it made me like sick dude like it, it is <laughs> like vomiting up her guts for, it's like, so good man i used like, that in one of my old intros man <laughs> Like for like nine, so 90 seconds, she's just like standing there with her mouth open. And the guts are like slowly. I love the progression. I love the progression of that scene too. How it's like coming out and all of a sudden it's just like flowing out. <laughs> what is it going to stop? Makes me, it makes me like queasy right now thinking about it. Yeah, like that's, I love City of the Living Dead, and that's one of the main reasons. Like that scene gets like gets to me big time. It just has like great like atmosphere. A lot of. The lighting in this movie is awesome, and uh, Fulci like moves the camera around very slowly. Like uh, the one shot that I remember is the the shot with the the uh, ant in the little boy's room, and mm-hmm. uh, Fulci, and it's in the perspective of the ant, and Fulci just like like slowly moves the camera from inside of the closet, and it's like it's all lit like darkly, and and it looks like a nightmare. It's just the way that he pans the camera. It's just awesome. Um, but this movie is definitely, like JP said, not your typical zombie film. So I have to give it that. And I, overall, I just really enjoyed it. You know, I had two really great films this time around. Thank goodness. Um, speaking of vomiting guts, hopefully that motherfucking Jerry doesn't give me no slaughtered dolls bullshit. Because I don't need <laughs> any more of that vomiting shit. Um, but, um, no, but for like, City of Living Dead's my favorite Fauci movie, so... Um, what did you come in on it? 8.5 out of 10 for City of the Living Dead. Man, City of the Living Dead has one of the most impeccable atmospheres ever put on camera. Like, the whole film is just so thick, man. It's, like, amazing. It's fucking crazy, man. I absolutely love it so much, man. Um, Actually, you came in a little bit higher than me. My last rating was an 8, but that was in 2015. Wow. It's a good one. And it's weird that it's like shot in the U.S. Not really, because Fulci would always shoot his films mostly in the U.S. New York Ripper? Yeah. Yeah, he would. They they shot a lot of films. I guess I don't know Fulci, so. Have you seen New York Ripper? You need to see Cat in the Brain. I think you would get a kick out of that one. Yeah. Cat in the Brain. I think Cat in the Brain is one of those films that if you watch a bunch of Fulci films, that Cat in the Brain is so much more appreciative. 
you know yeah. I think it's definitely yeah, one of those sure. films because it's it's a film about him and his work and so it's kind of yeah cool. I was just talking about the like meta nature of it like I yeah the meta yeah it, totally it. 100% um, alright man get into my Italian stallion of the week and oddly oh, enough wait a minute JP's next. JP's next, bro. Shit, man. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I forgot about JP. Yo, JP's thing was so damn long. (laughs) I fucking forgot. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Well, no, it wasn't really my thing that was long. It's that I got into other shit. Like, I reviewed those films fast. God damn. Totally forgot. All right, so um, this is is a, I guess, a pick of the week for me. Yeah, we'll go with uh, pick of the week. So this film, uh, kind of on my 2017 grind here, I decided to check out a film that uh, we mentioned a couple times on the show, like multiple weeks in a row. And uh, it was on Netflix, and I had been interested in I just liked the cover, honestly. I thought it was pretty cool. And also, Moods mentioned it, um, some other people mentioned it, and I was like, okay, on Netflix, I have time to watch one movie before I go to this drive-in. Um and actually i ended up watching saw six too but uh, i thought i only had time for one movie and that is the transfiguration um which i think should just be titled transfiguration i don't really like the transfiguration uh but the imdb description when a troubled teen milo who has a fascination with vampire lore meets an equally alienated sophie the two form a bond that begins to blur milo's fantasy into reality uh, so, I've heard this described as Martin in the Hood. Uh, I've never me. seen Martin. <laughs> I have never seen Martin, so I cannot attest to that. But um, from what I know about Martin, it probably sounds like a pretty accurate description. Uh, we have a kid who's living like sort of inner city, um, lives with his brother. His parents uh, are dead. Uh, he meets this girl who kind kind of comes from an abusive um, situation. Her parents are dead. Uh, they're teens. Uh, white girl black dude and they uh, begin to hang out with each other Uh, meanwhile you have this milo character who in the very first scene is saw uh, sucking blood from a dead person Um, and man like i feel like the less said about this film the absolute better like i really don't want to talk too much about it period i will just say this there is um a lot of vampire lore in this film it's very unique and original in in the way that it handles the lore and sort of discusses uh it's coming from a point of view of a character who is um interested in the lore of vampires and kind of creating his own uh lore as he goes like he's, he's literally like oh, writing i don't it. yeah he's like oh i don't really think that that's how vampires are like i don't think that that's how they are uh i think they're more like this and and if they're real then they're like more like this like let the right one in like and they reference like the right one in they reference like twilight there's tons of references to like lost boys nosferatu like tons of stuff but i just thought it was cool that it's like it's taking into account like so much vampire lore that that 
it's like a horror fan, like a horror nerd wrote this movie. And I, I truly love that about it. Um, also, the acting is phenomenal. Like, I absolutely love the acting in this film from the uh, young teen Milo all the way to Sophia uh, or Sophie. Sophie's acting was great. Um, I thought that the casting was amazing in this movie. Like, these two characters are perfect for these roles. Uh, very much along the lines of, like, let the right one in. Um, but in terms of, like, this sort of budding romance that's going on here. Uh, I really, really like that about the movie. Uh, but my overall favorite part of the movie is something that I don't want to talk about. Um, but it's sort of like the, uh, I guess the comparisons of Martin and stuff like that. And, uh, eventually the end of the film, like I, I was sold on this one. This was Powerful. such a good watch for me. Powerful. Love, love, love this movie. It's definitely a contender for top 10 of the year. Uh, I'm coming in at a 9 out of 10 right now on the Transfiguration. Uh, I love it. Man, I fucking blew. I'd have to pick this up. I fucking blew a load. And <laughs> I, I knew that you were going to review it on the show, so I'd just stay clear. <laughs> so I was like, whatever, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just chime in. But man, I tell you, this one, I agree with you, man. Everything was great. I think the, the the lead performances were fantastic. I love... You know what? I'm not even going to say anything about it. Just go fucking watch the fucking film. Yeah, it's like don't you don't want to say anything about no, it because you, it's 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 so good. Look at family video, God. I wasn't even paying attention. I hope um, so. Was, here's a quote from a fellow reviewer on Transfiguration. Guess I'm alone on this one, but I found the Transfiguration a total bore. Underplayed performances <laughs> that borderline of catatonic and too many references to other much better vampire films slash books there's a lot of praise <laughs> for this film so check it out for yourself but i'm stumped by all the love and that was our good friend uh fellow canadian christian luciani from the exploding heads horror movie podcast oh, christian. And, <laughs> wow like this i is, agree this with is why christian on, on a lot Coast. of stuff this is not one of them no. this is not one of those things and, like and um, toxic venture 10 out of 10 no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Christian. Toxic <laughs> Avenger, ten out of ten. My ass. The Transfiguration is one of the best horror films of the year. Seek it out. See Hands down. Hands it. Down. Must see. Uh, it, I would be surprised if it didn't make my top ten. And once again, I am loving the good films that I'm seeing this year. Like for the most part, most of the films I've seen have been good, and my top ten is really starting to get tight now. Uh, so, uh, and there's still plenty more movies to see. So I'm really excited about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, man. That was, uh, whew, that was a good one. That was a real good one. Isn't that setting awesome? Yeah, I love the inner city, like sort of hood setting. You got these gangsters who are giving them a hard time and stuff, and it's just a good movie. I like where the, you know the, the kind of subtle dynamic between where his brother came from and you know the kind of the antagonist in the film too right i thought I, yeah. that it's kind of subtle but it's cool man it's fucking cool i i loved it that was great absolutely all right so getting into my italian stallion for the second time tonight um <laughs> this one is also coming from my favorite director of all time lucio falci from 1987 the film called Enigma. Uh, yeah, this one right here is, you know, this film was made about the time where Fulci got really sick. Uh, he was sick at this time, and, you know, he went on to go and do 
Zombie 3, and he actually had to leave that production and stuff, but he was sick even during this and stuff, and I don't know if that's part of why this film is kind of not really the greatest work in the world, but I don't know. But anyways, this one right here, to sum it up in like kind of a nutshell, is more or less like a Carrie ripoff. <laughs> in a sense. It's like Fulci's Carrie ripoff. It's got that supernatural type um, revenge school type setting to it you know basically what it is is that we get this character beginning of the film uh where everybody in the school just kind of kind of lows her a little bit you know they decide they're gonna play a prank on her and even the school phys ed teacher at this college gets in on this and so they fuck with her and stuff one thing leads to another and she ends up in a coma (laughs) so that's all good she's in the hospital in that's steps- all good she's in a coma that's all good yeah so she so yeah she's in a coma and um in steps our lead character eva now she's just arrived at the school and it's like one of the weirdest scenes ever it's one of the weirdest things ever as she's walking into the school she gets possessed by this girl that has been <laughs> that has just been put into a coma it's like she knew that she's going to take her room I have no idea. This is typical Italian filmmaking, but not really at the greatest. But anyways, so Eva ends up, you know, occupying this girl's room, and she gets possessed by, you know, by this chick's soul because she's out for revenge against all the people that put her into a coma. And that's your film. That's your film. So it's basically kind of like a possession revenge film. Um, There's not really a lot to this one. It's really, really 80s cheesy. It doesn't have that classic Fulci soundtrack or, you know, that classic Fulci, um, you know, atmosphere and stuff. But it does have some memorable kills. There's one in particular that makes absolutely non- no sense. It's nonsensical to the point of you're like, wow, that's amazing. There's a scene in this film. It's a snail scene. I mean, if you're familiar with Italian horror, and I'm sure some people listening to this are... And they know about this scene, but it's so fucked up when you break it down because this chick is laying in this bed and these snails start kind of attacking her. And then more snails and more snails in the edits, right? And I'm thinking to myself going, why in the fuck didn't she just sit up and brush them off in the first place, right? It's not like she was confined to the bed. She wasn't bound to the bed or anything. It makes absolutely no sense to me. This one right here, it's one of those laughable type carry ripoffs that's like done for the sake of making a new film. I don't know. It does have some pretty cool kills. The dubbing in this film, the English dub on this is just, it is so fucking funny. I don't know if that's part of the script or if they changed the, the script in it, but man, it is funny as hell to listen to some of the dialogue is ridiculous. And I have to say, I I think I've mentioned this before. I've always had a problem in films where people that don't smoke are smoking on screen and it looks like they don't smoke. (laughs) You know? You know what I'm saying, JP? I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. But there's a scene in this film. Actually, there's many scenes in this film where our lead character, Eva, who is actually from A Blade in the Dark, and she's fucking beautiful, um, where she's smoking joints. But she's smoking. She's obviously not inhaling, and she's smoking all fucked up and just awkward and stuff. And I'm like, man, it's not believable. You know, if you were on the set, you would probably try to coach these people a little bit and say, hey, man, you know, try to do it properly. You know, make it look cool. You know, make it look natural and stuff. It's just ridiculous, man. You can tell this film is just totally thrown together. 
I haven't seen this film in years. Just got the Blu-ray in. Um, I really didn't even remember it. And I started laughing. I was like, man. You can tell Fulci was not at his best when he was making this film. But it is entertaining. Like I said, it is a Carrie ripoff. You know what's going to happen in this one. It's very, very simple. Um, I'm going to give this one about a 5.5 out of 10. It's actually pretty fun when it comes down to it. Not a great Fulci film by by any means. But if you're a fan, a hardcore fan, I know Jeremy's not never going to check this one out. But check it out. It's It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. So... I watched Wax Mask, which was supposed to be his movie. Yes, that's actually the movie that he, he died in 96, and he was supposed to direct that film, and they gave that it to him. That transfer is just, actually fucking insane. Yeah, and yeah, that's it's really good. You know, just, what, you know when we do the House of Wax show, or the, we should we should do that. That's what it is. It's essentially the same story. <laughs> that release is shit, but the transfer is good. Well, no, dude. The thing is, those elements that were used in there, there is no subtitles for those things. Right? Mm-hmm. So they give you the uncut version with it. You don't even need them anyways. It's not a big deal. It really isn't. At least they give you the full fucking film. But that's the way it goes. Definitely not Fulci's favorite or best work, Enigma, but yeah, it's all right. It has its moments. Getting into the featured reviews of episode 112. The time has finally come. That's right. On JP's face. <laughs> On JP's face. It versus it. I don't even know if that's... Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, man. It from 1990. Who's it directed mm-hmm. by JP? Tommy Lee Wallace. That's right. Good old Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee Wallace, responsible for directing, honestly, one of my favorite Halloween films, which is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Such a fun one, man. He went on to direct Fright Night Part 2, which Mm -hmm. is another really fun one, man. That's some pretty cool stuff. Um, Did this one in Not as good as the remake, right, JP? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I like the remake more. Just saying. Uh, Jesus Christ! Um, and also, he, was, he, he was also he even responsible for drinking or for drinking for directing Vampires Los Minutos from 2002, which is actually a sequel to John uh, to John Carpenter's Vampires. Very, Absolutely, and one thing that he did that not a lot of people know is he wrote Amityville 2, which we've mentioned multiple times yep. tonight. And he's Michael Myers in Halloween. This dude does he play Michael Myers? In one of them, in one in the first one, he's. Oh yeah, there was like six people that played Michael Myers back then. That's right. <laughs> Tommy yeah. Lee's one. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, this movie right here is like one of the only original things that he did. <laughs> he was like the sequel, which isn't even original because it's sort of adaptation. <laughs> well, I mean, in a sense, I mean, it's the first time it's been put on screen, kind of thing, right? But this guy yeah. really liked to do sequels, which is kind of a weird career thing. TV and sequels. I don't, 
I don't know. Yeah. Um, of course, Stephen K- or it is based off Stephen King's uh, notoriously famous novel. I mean, probably one of the best-selling novels I think he's ever had, actually. But oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So let's get into a quick, quick little synopsis of this one. Uh, in 1960, seven preteen outcasts fight an evil demon who possessed a child-killing clown. 30 years later, they reunite to stop the demon once and for all when it returns to their hometown. <laughs> yes. Um, made for TV. Mm-hmm. Definitely limitations. Yes. Not, think- not as many as like you, you would think that actually heard it though. Well, like, this aired on ABC, correct? Though, uh, I want to say maybe. I would, no, I, 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 I honestly, <laughs> I don't know. Now, it says it Warner air? Brothers Television. I'm not uh, sure. What's that, Jeremy? It was two parts, right? Yes, yeah, it, it was. was two it, it was a two part. Yeah. Yes. I would assume um, two hours each. Yeah, it was on ABC. I uh, know uh, on. November 18th and 20th. You know, honestly, okay. man, for the big cast that this film had, it didn't like have, you know, crazy amounts of big names, but it did have Seth Green. <laughs> and like, yep. I, and it's an early role. I wouldn't say it's one of those first ones. I mean, Seth Green was already very popular by this time, which is kind of crazy, actually. Who plays Richie? Um, of course, we have Tim I Curry. I always plays. forget that he plays Richie mm-hmm. because yeah, to me he doesn't seem like Seth Green in it. Like he he actually like he he doesn't really look like him. He doesn't like I don't know. To me, I just always forget that that's him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Tim Curry, of course, plays Pennywise the clown. So good. Uh, one of my favorite actors and personalities of all time, John Ritter. Rest in peace, to John Ritter. Um, absolutely loved everything John Ritter's ever done. Stay tuned. One of my favorite Even movies Even Problem of all time. Child. <laughs> yeah, I love Problem Child, man. Yeah, of course. I think he has one of the worst fucking deaths ever. Like, I just, I always Pride feel bad Chucky. for him in Pride of Chucky. <laughs> just, those nails in the it's face. Awesome. It's so brutal, man. But I, I always love <laughs> John Ritter and everything. I think he's just a class. He was a classy actor. Uh, Richard Mauser's in this as Stanley. Um, but you know, a lot of the, pretty much the most of the cast you'll recognize. And Ed O'Toole, you'll recognize her from TV and. You know, very recognizable cast, which yeah, is it's not cool. like it's not like the remake. It's like pretty much all unknowns. Which, yeah, we'll get into that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this one definitely had some names in it for a TV adaptation, which is kind of cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, where do you guys want to start with this one? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess we can start with like Jeremy mentioned that it is a little bit limited in terms of what it can do i mean i agree it's definitely limited in terms of violence and and sexuality for sure but i don't think that that really hurts the film very much honestly like you don't even really notice it yeah like they they still like yeah they don't say like the f-bombs but the kids still feel like kids like in Mm -hmm. ways that um you get from stand by me and the goonies and stuff like that yeah uh they which is one of the coolest things about this movie is that these kids feel like kids. Um, they feel like they're, they feel like kids hanging out, building a dam. Uh, they they go in to see a movie. Like they, they really feel like that. They make fun of each other a little bit, Eddie spaghetti and, (laughs) and haystack and stuff like that. 
I think they captured, um, you know, like probably that early 60s life quite well in this. You know, the kids were being kids. That's what they did. They went out and ride their bikes and they, mm-hmm. they hung out. That's what kids did. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, you know, comparatively, I mean, to, you know, the remake where it's taking place in the later 80s. I mean, there was a little more advantages to being a kid then, but. Well, we'll get it. We'll get into them. To differences to now. But I mean, I think, you know, in 1960, I think they really kind of captured it quite well. Mm-hmm. With it, yeah. So, they, yeah. They, they captured. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say like when we were talking about a few minutes ago with the the we don't notice the lack of effects. I think that all has to do on Mr. Curry's performance as Pennywise in this movie. He's so goddamn fucking good. Like, oh my Jesus! Every time you see him, he just has that that type of uh, aurora uh, over him. That I feel like a lot of actors today don't have. He's just a creepy fucking clown in this movie. Uh, he has a lot it. of charisma for sure. Yeah. Like he, like whenever he's talking at the beginning of the film to Georgie, when he's like, it's it just it's a different. And obviously, we will make comparisons to the new It film when we get there. But let's try to limit those for now. In terms of Tim Curry. Uh, the way that he he kind of pops up and he says, "Hey, Georgie. Georgie," and he's like, "He's like, don't you want a balloon?" And he's like, "I'm not supposed to talk to strangers." And he's like, "Oh, who said so, Georgie or something?" He's like, Let's "My get dad to know said each so. other." Yeah, and he's like, "Very wise indeed, Georgie. Very wise indeed." And like, there's just something about him that that is almost unassuming. Like, like, okay, yeah, when he has razor sharp teeth he's terrifying but like it's almost like that he could be nice maybe like he's a very nice talking clown um and then all of a sudden he gets very terrifying and also it was like, the british accent though i don't was that supposed to be there or is it just me picking it up on it in the film i didn't notice a british accent really really because yeah, i didn't really notice it's it funny either. because it, there was times in the film you can tell that he's English. I'm right? Pennywise the dancing clown. It's not that pronoun- it's not oh, that Georgie. pronounced. It's not that pronounced, but you can tell that it's there. I, I, I was I always I wondered just, if it was if it was just the way he did it or if it was not supposed to be there and it was showing up. I always wondered that, actually. I just like the I just like the more classic looking clown compared to the new Pennywise. We'll get to it. But I, I, I think Tim Curry Tim Curry's look is a lot more terrifying to me than the new Pennywise. The well, new Pennywise. There's not really a looks, lot of difference though, except for well, let, some. I mean, yes. Let's there wait is. till we get to some that features. Pennywise. But um, one thing I like about you know Tim Curry is there's not much prosthetic or anything on him. It's literally just paint on his face. You know, maybe there's a little bit of a bald he cap. He's a classic stuff like clown that. look. Um, That's what it is. Uh, but it's it's you know a very humanistic version of this it character uh which you know and obviously the character changes uh from what you see i mean like i i have never really thought about it that much i have a little bit but very similar to freddy you know very based in fear um these characters uh the town of Derry is very interesting Derry is a place where bad things happen the the uh, children are in danger. There's a lot of child deaths that are happening, but there's bad deaths all around, dating 
years and years. And we learned this from Mike, who tells uh, the the history of dairy in in his school project, uh, all the way back to when the first settlers arrived at dairy, where all of them disappeared, all the way up into like uh, uh, explosion every, every and children every thirty Easter years. egg hunt. Yeah, so pretty much the history of dairy. Every thirty years, there's these mass. Um, deaths. I thought it was, was twenty seven. No, in this version is thirty. Oh yeah. Um. Well, yeah, and they also say, like, I know in the book it's like n- not always thirty. Like in the book it's like twenty seven or thirty. Like sometimes it's late by a couple years, sometimes early by a couple years. Um. They mention that in the book. I have recently. They read mentioned the book, this so- one in in this film many many times that it's you know every kind of thirty years and even when yeah. they're adults when they're older and stuff. But in obviously in the the second version of it, it's very, very flushed out with 27 years, too. So we'll get into yeah, that. And though, in the book, it's it's kind of – it depends. Like it, it can be every yeah. 30. It can be 27. It just – it's whenever the thing is hungry again, uh, essentially, is how it's explained in the mm-hmm. book. Yeah. But uh, So we have each of these characters here, and they each are supposed to have sort of their own fears as any child would. Yeah. Um, so you have uh, – Eddie, who is uh, asthmatic, he's uh, afraid of, of germs, and his mom is very um, controlling and very uh, strict. Uh, it's a hypochondriac. Yeah, he's very sheltered. and uh, well, He's only have... like that because of his mom. Because of his mother, yeah. Because of his mom. Yes. So, so his fear is more geared towards his mother. Pennywise's changes shape more towards his mother than it does his fear of germs i think well yeah like the fears that his mom put in his head like the shower scene yeah. for example when pennywise comes out of the damn shower which is terrifying yeah, yeah um and then you have like ben who had uh, lost his father and sees his father uh dead uh and as a skeleton and things like that um you have bev who is scared of her father as well um and what we get in this film is that he's just uh, a very like angry, like person. scary, scary guy. He's, he's abusive. Who, he's abusive. He's abusive, but they don't necessarily flesh yeah. it out in this film. Uh, or you no, know, no, no. I'm not talking. Much se- I'm not talking sexually abusive. I said he's abusive, physically no, no, no. abusive, it, even physically abusive. They don't really show that in this film, though. Yeah, you know what. I mean? it's kind of hinted at a little bit yeah. because of his like anger and like yelling it's and stuff like pro- that it's projected enough that she's terrified because he the bev is you know scared that he's gonna beat her up basically she's yeah. terrified of him yeah physically. yeah yeah physically it's uh, there. and you know that she's like poor and you know people don't like her and stuff like that like popular girls stuff like that you get that in the first scene of the film mm-hmm. um and then you have uh, Richie, who's kind of scared Werewolf. of werewolves, uh, but he's like the jokester of the crew. Uh, you have, uh, of course, um, Bill, who's sort of the main lead character a little bit. His brother had been murdered, and he's more of like a heroic type, um, but he's like, you know, still very much scared of, of, of his brother's death. Um, and who else am I leaving? Mike? Well, Mike kind of gets the shaft because he's not really scared of. Like, there's not. He doesn't have a scene really. No, he's scared of he really doesn't. But actually. one good thing in in this it film is that Mike is the keeper of the story. He's the guy that doesn't leave Derry. He's the guy who is the historian. So he does have his place in this film uh, <clears throat> as as sort of the last member of the Losers Club to join 
Um, and then Stan kind of doesn't get a whole lot either, but you do get in some flashback that he was scared of like this house and stuff like that. And like, th- and then, um, of course you have the bullies, Henry Bowers, uh, who's classic, like fifties greaser Sal, you know yep. what I mean? Um, his VR belch, <laughs> belch Huggins. And of course, Victor Chris, uh, those are the three bullies. Um, this, this interpretation of Henry, um, it differs from the book. Uh, you have more of a um, like he's not a bad looking kid like in the book they make him sound uh, like his teeth are all rotten and stuff and just like a like a kind of trashy like white trash type dude but he wasn't really like that in the remake either I mean a little yeah, bit more, towards more that. Than in this one yeah. I think it's because it's not believable right so to put on screen what like, is uh, to make him a little more monstrous with teeth and shit he's just a bully in this film right yeah well he's like he he doesn't really look like uh he's like like one of those bullies where it's like he's like it's hard to understand why he's a bully because they don't really go into his backstory at all he's just a bully in this film like there's no reason for it but uh we know who have read the book and have seen the other film that, that his father is abusive and stuff like that that's exactly why he is because he's just opposing the you know the the dictatorship of his you know police and all that type of shit right that's exactly yeah, essentially in, what he is in, in the original it they don't really tell you much about henry at they all really other don't. than he's they just really crazy don't. yeah no, they really but he is scary like the kids are scared of him and, and it does seem like he is like somebody to fear um well so, because he's he's I mean, fucking nuts like, he's just he's just fucking nuts, man. He's like he's willing knives and he's willing to cut people up and shit. Like I mean, you'd be a little scared of something like that too. It has no filter on that shit. So I mean, they showcase that pretty well in the yeah. film. So so in in the original, it what we're getting is uh, sort of uh, we're introduced to the characters as adults, and all these characters have now forgotten everything that has happened to them as a child. Um, and they are all successful. All of them are successful, except for Mike, who stayed in Derry. Um, and that actually means something too. And and that's why they also forgot because they became successful. And the reason Mike remembers is because he's in Derry and he is fe- forced to deal with it mm-hmm. uh, and see it in his face all over the place. The memories. Um, you have, uh, you know, uh, Haystack who became an architect. Bev is like a clothing designer. Uh, yeah. Richie is famous, Chicago. like stand-up comedian type personality. Eddie drives a successful limousine company thing. Um, you know, Architect. stuff like that. Yeah, they're, and, they're, they, and they they're all, all share one thing in common. They have relationship that? problems. Yep, they all love each other. They all love Bev. Yep. No, yeah, not, not well they that all, too. But I'm just in their personal lives, like in their separate personal lives. They're all. They have problems with relationships because it's like it's interesting that you all see you see the the love that all the characters have towards Bev, but in the book we have that orgy that famous orgy scene at the end, but this one we don't. But you still see the love that every other character besides the two that are clearly Stan, Stan and who's the who, who's the other one who's the heavy set guy Ben 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 you could see, clearly see that those two have uh, well, feelings I mean, towards Bev, but, but that, oh, it's you mean clear that the other characters do too. 
Yeah, they all. Dylan but, did. but 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 we don't have that orgy scene, you know. No, I mean, no, I mean, they, 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 that's very prevalent to the whole thing. It's, I know, it's, it's, I know, it's but the even famous on the poem. next one, but it's like it's still implied that everybody, all the guys in this situation, have feelings towards Bev, even yeah, though it's that's good. That's what I'm glad they got that across in some way. But that orgy scene had nothing to do with them all liking Bev either, though. Like that orgy scene had much deeper meaning. Uh, or orgy section of the book uh, about them needing to be close together because their memories were fading um, and a way to constantly remember in a way. Um, there was more to it too as well. They were all scared and shit like that. But um, yeah, so you, you have these flashbacks where you're having these, uh, each of them are, le- are remembering their story of, of it and like how it affected them. And, and it's getting pieced together which i really like because that's how it's kind of told in the book where each person is kind of getting their revelation of what happened to them as a child it's it's like all of a sudden when you have a repressed memory of being molested or something and something reminds you of that that's what it reminds me of of those type of stories um and they're remembering the this it this giant fucking clown with these teeth and shit like that and each of them have their own big scary moment with the the pennywise or another version of pennywise and they talk about that in the film too when they're when they finally reveal that they're being like terrorized by this clown and that's what makes this group of characters so much specialer and able to fight back is because they are a group of friends who are not singled out you know what i mean right yes (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, you guys scared? I feel like I'm talking. <laughs> well, I, 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 I was just, I was just literally waiting for you to stop talking. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't hundred percent sure. Um, yeah, man. Um, structure in the film, you yeah. know, like, you know, you talked about it, you know, getting introduced to the kids and the, and the adults and things like that. Um, Actually, I don't even really want to bring that up right now. I guess we'll bring it up in the second one, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. it's totally a different kind of a structure compared to the new It. Well, um, how do you guys feel about this structure? Yeah. yeah. I um, mean, to be honest, man, I've seen I'm not this... a big fan of it, to be honest. I'm not a big fan either. Yeah, really? I mean, I think, I think if they would have, like, broke it up. They uh, did. The first... Two nights. Uh, fuck you, JP. You know exactly what no, the no, fuck no. I'm talking about. The, the, the first night they had the kid story and the second night. I'm not saying that is a bad thing that they had the adults in the first section. I just think it it loses some of the, the connection that the audience has with the kids that it's broken up like that. I agree. I actually agree big time, man. Um yeah dude like i I feel like that the kids are awesome and they're much more easy to relate to because you have more of a connection with that level of fear when you're a child and and scared of the dark or scared of taking a shower with other people and or scared of clowns or whatever um i like the adult stuff because it I feel like all of the people feel like they are casted well. Like they feel like the adult version of the kids you see. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't have a problem with the way that it's structured because I would have been 
more annoyed if it was like the whole first part is all the child actors and then the second part is all the adult actors. Like I feel like that that blending it in better where you, even in the second part you have flashbacks of when they were children, it makes it more of a cohesive narrative instead of two separate entities. That that's well, I guess it remains I, I guess it remains to be seen with the next one, but well, I, I, mean, I have honest, my I think, it, I think it allows. I mean, it doesn't allow it to to really flush out the the whole childhood narrative, also because it cuts. back. I mean, there's quite a bit of adult stuff, you know, in the first half yeah, of this film, right? I mean, there, I mean, mm-hmm. comparatively to the remake, where it really kind of flushes out the the stories of the individuals quite a lot. Um, yeah, this one is a little bit jarring. I mean, when you watch when you watch this film, it's a little bit jarring when you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and stuff. I mean, it's not terrible by any means, but it's a little bit jarring at times. I won't lie. Yeah, I think it, I think it blends so well. It's just like even when you have the fades, like you have think a fade of the character. I don't um, think it's bad at all. I think with, it's just a little bit jarring. I mean, it's 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 a different way of telling the story, you know. Obviously, uh-huh. but it's kind of jarring at times. I won't lie. Jeremy, what um, do you think? <laughs> hey, I was the one that started the conversation. <laughs> I said something good, you said. Um, yeah, I could see that. Like I said, I just, I, I think it could have been done in a better way where it wasn't going back and forth so much. I feel like it wasn't a bad thing that we had the adults and the kids sections intertwined with each other. I just feel like, I don't know, maybe... I, don't know. I just I think like that the devices of if they would have added. If they, I think if it's a little add, bit rushed, to be honest. When you yeah, if they could have added one more night, I think maybe the story they would have had the, the the breathing room to uh, make some changes where it wasn't cutting back and forth so much that we were able to spend more time with each group of people. See, you know, the I, kids that's the funny adult. that you say that because listen. The reason I think this works so well is you get more character development. You get to spend – it's not like it's hopping around like, oh, here we're with adult Stan. Oh, now here we're with young Eddie. Now we're with adult Bev. Now we're with adult Ben. Like it's – you get Bev and then you get Bev's story. You get Eddie, then you get Eddie's story when he's a kid. And then it kind of ties them in together a little bit. Like – Ben or uh, Mike is calling all of them, and then you're getting their flashback story, and you're introduced to them. But you're also introduced into the other kids' stories as part of Ben's story because the other kids are around him. But you're seeing it from Ben's perspective at Mm -hmm. that moment, and you're seeing it from Bev's perspective at the moment when she's in her story, when she's in the bathroom with with her blood story. And I like that. I think it works so well because that's honestly how it's written in the book too where it's like mike's calling these people and then you're getting these long chapters with that person Mm -hmm. i think it works i understand why you guys might think that it kind of hops around a little bit too much maybe gets a little jarring and stuff me personally i I personally always thought that like you know when you introduce the the adult character and it goes into the kid's story and stuff you're you're almost knowing too much about the adult I mean, the story where it, you know, where it resonates from is from being a child, right? But you barely get, it, you just get a little taste of the adult, though. Like, you know, you Ben's get an enough, architect, and that's kind of, but you get it. enough. Like, I mean, even the scenes where they introduce Bev as a, as, as an adult, 
and she's getting fucking slapped around by her by her that's partner. That's a huge part of her character, though. Like, no, I know. That's it. That's it. But you also an, get that. Uh, you also very get important part with you know. I mean, it's also implied as a child, though. Too, you get that whole thing, right? You don't need to to know. Like I, I, I don't know. Yeah, man. but it's such a huge part, and and honestly, yeah, for maybe this movie, mm-hmm. it's not as big. But that character, her husband, is is heavily involved in the story of it, um, and just in this movie, they only kind of have him in that scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like it, that Bev's character is maybe the most complex out of everybody. Um, because she has this like serious history of abuse yet she is still like strong yet it's it's to show her character that she has she basically married her father and that is important to me of course that's that's obvious yeah that's obvious but i i mean i get that too i mean i mean i i don't hate the structure of the film by any means i just kind of gravitate towards the other one <laughs> the other side of it to be honest man i think it's yeah. just when you can develop well, when, when you, i was younger i always liked the kid part more yeah but me like too, man. as i've and i still do like it more but i've like come to accept the adult part a lot and and kind of i think after reading the book it really helped honestly and it's tough for me too, you man, read a thousand page book as much as i want no you listen to the audiobook as much yeah, as i, I want to see john ritter on the on the screen you know, I, I would I was preferring to see the kid's story because that's where it develops. And I you know and it's mm-hmm. you know, it's kinda interesting where they took this with the remake and stuff, so you know, very, very intriguing well, how they did it. I wanna know I wanna know what JP thinks that if it works. Well, I, we'll get to that in a second. I know. I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about that. And I have theories on how the part two is gonna go too. But uh so um I think that I think that this one like has a lot of elements that that I think work very well. Like I think that the the friendship between the kids is really strong in this one. Oh, of course, I feel yeah. I feel it a lot. I, I also think that the performances are really good from the kids, like all around. Like like I I like the dynamic of Bev. Way better than the remake. <laughs> I like the dynamic of Bev and. Um, haystack and bill like that love triangle thing there mm-hmm. i also like that um you have uh i think that bill in particular the actor who played bill uh sorry i forget his oh shit <laughs> sorry i forget his name but um actually he i believe he committed suicide years later i seen that oh, on Facebook today uh richard thomas i believe maybe is that him uh Unless that's the adult version, um, that might have been the adult. Yeah, that's the adult. Yeah, that's the adult Bill. Uh, sorry, I can't find the actor's name, but hmm. uh, yeah, I believe he he committed suicide as uh, a a child. Uh, you got Olivia Hussey in this film too. I totally forgot. Of course, um, from Black Christmas, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I thought Bill was fantastic. The actor who played Bill, um, he he like sells it to me. He he fits the part really well too. Like that leader kid type type role, mm-hmm. um, like his haircut. Like he just looks like that kid, you know. Like Jonathan um, Brandis was his name. Yeah, I believe he committed suicide or died in some terrible way. So uh, rest in peace to him. 
Um, but yeah, I, I thought the casting was great on this. Uh, Tim Curry is amazing as Pennywise. Like he is terrifying, dude. So good. So scary. Uh, are we going to talk about the most controversial thing with this movie? <laughs> the ending? Yes. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, man, I, I even wanted to talk about like even you know the end of the first half. You know, like you know when the kids fight when they fight uh, Pennywise. Uh-huh. Man, in this like I always thought this man, and this was always one of my biggest gripes with this film, is that that scene where they're in the sewer system, mm-hmm. you know, they're in his abode, and that fucking battle only lasts about like six minutes on screen. It's insanely short. You know, they seem to beat him so easily. You know, really? I just it always kind of bugged me. I was like, man, Pennywise seemed like. Given the folklore, Pussy. giving giving the backstory of you know Pennywise, where he's you know he's demolished like a hundred and ten people, mm-hmm. and you know all these major events have happened with Pennywise and stuff. These fucking seven kids killed him in yep. seven minutes, man. I was like, that is insane. And of course, led by you know Bev with the with the fucking, golden nuggets, yeah, with the gold, or I, silver I, nuggets. I'm just, it, that silver. it just always seemed to me it was too fast. It shouldn't have went down, considering how menacing he was, you know. And and you know it continued in this film right to the end. Of course, when they're adults, and we've got the end of this film where, oh my lord, man, oh my lord, <laughs> well, I've okay, never understood so this. The thing, I'm, the thing is, um, with the way that they dis- dispose of Pennywise and and it does kind of weaken the character, but that is Big his time. only weakness. It's his only weakness though, so it makes sense. You couldn't really stretch it out that much because once you know how to beat him, then that's it. You just know how to beat him. Like you, it's fear. Well, if I know, you but do you, not fear Pennywise. But it, then he cannot he cannot kill you. But it's also Pennywise who survived apparently all this time, and he's obviously defeated maybe some type of combats. <laughs> who knows? But he's never faced a group of people who learn what he is. I guess we have to assume that. Well, I, I mean, I, in may- this film, they don't tell you that, but like, yeah, you kind of get that vibe in the book. Hmm. Hmm. But you have to admit, though, uh, it seems very, very fast in that. And and I mean, some of the effects in that right there, I mean, obviously 1990 effects. <laughs> like when he gets sucked through the drain, man, it, it almost looks comical, man, for Christ's sake. I like that, honestly. It's kind like, of and it's, I like, I it's like It's kind of funny. Um, it's a period of its time, you know? I like for in sure. the bathroom when it gets like stop motion-y, uh-huh. when he comes out of the floor. <laughs> I mean, it's mm-hmm. way, it's way more enjoyable okay, than well, later <laughs> are we spoiling these might as well might as well all right so the ending of this one <clears throat> i finally understand it a well, little bit i guess we can talk reading this, the book you know the second half of the film is basically the first half Probably but this is adults and now it kind of goes through their fears as an adult and when it starts yeah. out the characters don't really have a lot of memory of what happened as a kid especially bill who is now a writer and stuff, which is kind of ironic, isn't it? That he's a writer and he doesn't remember <laughs> the story as a kid. Yeah. He doesn't remember his brother, Georgie, being killed, which I always thought was kind of strange in itself, but I, I guess that kind of plays mm-hmm. into it a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so basically the second half of the film kind of follows all of our characters. And they're... And honestly, dude, like watching it back again, I don't know, man. It just... 
it seems it seems so kind of awkward to me as adults. And I mean, obviously, they still have that fear as kids, but the way things are mm-hmm. happening to them, it's like it just it comes off as being. I just don't understand why it doesn't manifest into the fear that they have as adults. Well, I mean that that's a good point, and because it kind of it kind of we kind of see different kind of fears that they have as adults that they didn't have as children. Mm-hmm. I mean, like what? Our, what's our main character's name? The main dude. I'm Bill? terrible at char- Bill. 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 You could clearly tell that he has issues with. Well, I think that like, he has a fear of his girlfriend either leaving him or being upset with him. He's got abandonment issues. Get, I, don't, I don't get that. Vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Never really yeah, thought I don't that. Get but that vibe I mean, I just, I, I just have a hard time with the way the fears resonate as adults in the film. I don't know. It just it comes off a little bit cheesy at times, and I, I just think it has, that their their fears of the world would would evolve as when they were adults over when they were children. I don't know. I don't know. I think that whenever you are an adult, like I feel like the whole like in this film, uh, everything is like rejuvenated with them. So I think that it makes sense that they would have the same fears as they had as a kid because it's all coming back. They're remembering their, they realized that they were scared of this, that well, she realizes that she was scared of her father. It makes sense with um, Bill. It makes sense with Bill. I mean, or I mean with, you know, well, of course Bev too. I mean, cause Bill, it was like coming back to him. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it just seemed like it would, it seemed appropriate for him. He's like, Oh shit, man, it's coming back to me. Like he kind of never got, it seemed like he never had the chance to fully get over those fears. Where the other characters, like with Ben and stuff, like I mean, he was having visions again as an adult. You know, like I, I don't know, man. It just it, it comes off What's, as being like he never. There's been so much time. There's been thirty years. Be, be, yeah, but they his. forgot everything. Like they they don't remember any of it, and then it all comes rushing back mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense for the story. Um, I think that like. I, I I think that it's like there's some good scares in the in the second part of the film like when uh, Bev and Ben are like in the room together and she remembers the poem and then it's like he's he's holding Pennywise like that shit that that might be the scariest part of the movie for me um, it used to freak me out when I was younger um, but you have that and then you have like Eddie with like the old dude who told him that it's like his and and Bill's stutter comes back like he doesn't have his stutter and then all of a sudden it's back and shit like that. Why is like, it though? Like I've never fully understood why they why once, you know, the event as kids happened, they got rid of Pennywise, why they grew up and completely forgot everything. Um like why did it, everybody kind of, forget it though? Like I don't understand. Like it always makes it, sense to me that magic. Bill, but it's it would, literally magic. It always like, makes that's sense why. to me why Bill would forget what happened because he was he literally had a trauma in his personal life. His brother was killed by <clears throat> this thing. Well, what it is is that Pennywise and whatever is happening in Derry, yeah, um, it's not just them who forget it. Like the adults ignore it, forget it, and it like it like. Well, I've always got the impression kind of that the adults elusive. didn't though. Because they kind of talk about, like, they always seem to kind of shy away from it. Like, they know, but they don't want to face the fear. So they shy away yeah, from well, it. They, yeah, that's, that's but basically they, But they're not forgetting it about it. They know that this is well, maybe the time when Pennywise is going to come back kind of thing. 
And that's well, what they, I don't know. They know that it's Pennywise. They just know that something's well, no, up. I mean, it does, it, it's not ignore. Pennywise. I meant it. I meant it. You know, like the mm-hmm. the supernatural force that's been creating these devastations every thirty type years. But I always got the impression yeah. that people knew about it, and that's why they turned the way. And that's why I was always confused. Why? Yeah. They well, it, it's supposed kids. to be dairy. It, it, you, the reason is, is because it's dairy. Yeah. They once they got away from dairy, mm-hmm. they they forgot about it because it has that power oh, to do that. Oh, except for Mike, of course, and, he stayed there. Yeah, and he stayed in Derry. That's why he didn't forget about it. So, like, wh- like it does not want them to remember about it yeah. because it is knows that they can kill it. So it doesn't want them to remember <laughs> about it. So the further mm-hmm. they get away... It the doesn't more want they- it to know that it could kill it. <laughs> I don't think I said that, okay? <laughs> yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Actually, yeah, <laughs> listen uh, to shit. it back and you'll feel like a dumbass. So, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, that, that's kind of the reason there. But the the very ending of the film is one of the like, I hated that ending for the longest time. And I still don't like it because it's a bad representation of what it is. Well, the yes, pro- there is a giant spider in the book. Like, but that that. Like the movie is trying to tell you that that is what it is, but it's yeah, that's yeah. not what it is. Like that's it's kind of like the reveal, like oh, it is this, but it really it's just another form of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the werewolf, like the, um, you know, uh, it just chose Bev's to be a spider at, at this specific at moment to fight moment. off the the yes. kids. Yeah, a better representation of what it is is yeah. the deadlights. Mm-hmm. Is the is the um, sort of uh, it's an entity. It's a it's a entity that is I never, possibly from outer space. I never fucking understood. And see, I never I, I never thought of the uh, outer space thing, but I never understood why in the TV version they decided to just show the spider. Why did they never have a confrontation with with Pennywise to show you that this is what it is, and then he, th- he can turn into everything. And then kind of turn into something else. Why didn't they ever go that way? Because it seems so bad. It seems low budget. It does. That's Just the worst to part show. Of the film. Yeah, because and, and again, the end battle is four minutes. It's really, really done poorly. Like it's really bad. Just <laughs> like, ran out of time. You know, no, it's see, like I it's understand a misrepresentation. When you look at it like that. It's a misrepresentation of Pennywise because if he can be anything, why choose that? But you have to show him. Give the audience that. You know, give the audience Pennywise and then, you know, make him turn into I, I something or whatever it is, man. It, it that's is very fear. hard to that's explain what that's Pennywise actually is. It is extremely hard. Like, he Stephen King form. goes into it forever and it's still kind of confusing. Well, Pennywise, yeah. I mean, Pennywise is, I think he's the adaptation he's of everybody's fear. Yeah, but he takes the something. form. But that's not right? really what he is. Well, no, he, like he actually is something. Like, well, of course, it actually but, is. A, but he is represent. It, it doesn't matter what, like, what actual form he is. He's still representing fear. That's exactly mm-hmm. what Pennywise is. He takes the form of a clown for the specific situation. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's like he kind of like yeah. got used to the clown. He's like, oh, I kind of like this one. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? Well, but, it's also because but, clowns it, are kind of fucking freaky, right? Because you can never you, you want to trust a clown, and that's the other thing because it's a perfect setup for kids, right? Because mm-hmm. kids generally would trust a clown, right? It's not a greatest, now. It, well, maybe not maybe. now, but 1960 <laughs> maybe 1960 when it's actually taking place. 
Hence it, it's hard for me to believe that clowns were ever like likable things. Like right. to it, it, like it, I know that technically they were, I guess, but Bozo, to me, they always seemed scary. <laughs> yeah, Bozo was the shit. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's it's definitely a bad move because they didn't explain it enough to have some sort of exposition where they they essentially say that Pennywise is. A, a, that that spider is an interter- interpretation of, you know, fear and things like that. Um, but it, I mean, it's. I'm really curious to see what they say in the second it about like what Pennywise actually is, because like that's what I'm curious about. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is like an alien essentially. Like at least that's how I got it. Um, he's been there since like the dinosaur age. Um, which is crazy in that same spot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, do you guys want to get into ratings now, or? Yeah, man. Yeah, my- sure. All right, I'll go first. Um, I think that it is actually one of the best uh, miniseries of all time, horror wise. Uh, to me, Pennywise, Tim Curry is iconic as hell. Uh, I think that that performance is is one of the best horror performances ever, period. Um, Up there with Freddy Krueger and shit like that. Um, In in terms of villains, definitely. Uh, I think that the the structure of this film um, is pretty good. Like I I do like how it works. It's a two-parter. There are a tiny bit of things that do come off a little bit dated now, uh, such as like the Rottweiler head. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Reading it in the book, it sounded stupid as fuck, too. So um, that is something that could have been completely omitted from the film. Uh, I don't. I wish they wouldn't have put that in there. Uh, uh, Pennywise on the moon, like, with uh, talking to Henry Bowers. I actually like that. Uh, there's, there's, some, there's some other creepy stuff. Um, I like that the rest of the town kind of doesn't see it. Like, the people see the the, the characters see it like in the library and stuff but nobody else can like that's creepy to me um they have visions and and dreams and there's there's so many scares in this one that are subtle scares like a balloon popping with red blood coming out of it and stuff like it's very subtle pennywise screaming and turning his thing and like (laughs) to me that's scary uh I, I love this movie. Uh, I only have one major issue, and it is with the ending, uh, which I take a full point off for it. But other than that, like this is one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, it's so good. It's so scary. It it it's so well told. Um, I, it's one of the first horror films ever to have that stand by me type of characters. Um, I can't think of another one really that that had it to that degree. Um, now it's so prevalent, and it's so funny how people are crediting other things when really it was fucking this. Uh, so I'm um, coming in at 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10 on this one. Morons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It. 1990. Um, man, I, you know, I, I don't remember <laughs> if this was in the TV version, but when the fucking, you know, the bullies and the thugs and shit, they're pushing around Mike and they call him a nigger. Do they say that shit on TV? Because I mean, I understand really? from the time. I don't remember that scene. Yeah, man, they actually called. They call him a nigger, and I know they talk call him that a lot in the book. 
<laughs> well, they definitely say it in this, and but it makes sense though because it's you know it's taking place in 1960, 1960. which is well, very very. That is a times. huge part of Mike's character as well. Yeah, is the yeah. racist stuff. Yeah, and I was like, damn, I was watching it again. I was like, fuck it, man. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. But it does make sense for the times kind of thing. I thought that was pretty interesting. But the motherfucking times. Um, I've always had a little bit of problem, like, you know, the structure of the film, man, is a little back and forth at the beginning and stuff, but it's not that bad. I mean, it's it's pretty decent character development, and I do think that the film slows down in the second half, right at the beginning, when all the adults get together, and there's this dinner scene, which, you know, is, it, it's, it, it does make sense in the film, but it's like a really, really long scene, kind of drawn out and stuff, and... I don't know, man. I, I just I have a hard time with with the whole Stan character and his demise and things like that too. I'm just like, man, you know, he can't even make the time to, you know, go back to to Derry and you know face his fears and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's but, because he was the the more the the one who was the scaredest, and he never he wasn't really capable yeah. of making it through it. For he was sure, just, he was the weak link of the crew just yeah. what it comes down to of course of course but it, i mean that just seemed like ah it's such a downer it's such a downer moment in the film you're just like what the fuck really like you can't even the whole crew can't even get back together i mean it's one of those things man um i think it's pretty cool that they watched uh <laughs> i was a teenage werewolf in the film that's pretty cool um i don't really have a lot of problems with this film i've always enjoyed this man i think john ritter kicks ass in this film as ben i think he's awesome i wish he had actually more screen time to be honest why don't you just fuck him already I love Ritter, man. He was awesome. I'll never forget the day I heard he died. I was working it. I'm tell that story, but um, I remember that too. Yeah, dude, that was shitty, man. Fuck, I was like, really? I was so bummed out. Uh, but my biggest problem, same as JP, is the ending. I've always had a huge problem with that. I think it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And I understand <laughs> it's a TV movie. I understand it's a TV movie, and it's very low budget. And but the fact that like Pennywise wasn't even in the form. Whatever Pennywise is, is he an alien, supernatural, whatever, that he wasn't even in the clown form at the end. They just face a fucking spider. (laughs) (laughs) You know, at least it's not... It just sounds so ridiculous. At least it's not 1990 CG. You know, I mean, it's practical. (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) You know, but... um, I don't know. I still really, really enjoy this film. And it goes by super fast when you watch it. It's over three hours. It is what it is. It's still a really great fun scary tv film i will admit tim curry amazing eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half. yeah it from the year 1992 no no 90 90 90 so this movie i i the, actually the first time i've watched it which I think I've told JP. Yeah, that's pretty ago. cool. Didn't you have this on and, your overrated uh, fucking video like two, five years ago? No, I don't think so. I swear you had this in there. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I have to go back and watch that video because I don't remember. <laughs> I remember so- Paranormal Activity was number one and Blair Witch was number two. I swear it was on that video, man. That's crazy. But anyways, go on. Sorry. But uh, I-, I could see both of your guys's perspective of how you see the film plays out i respect jp's opinion because he always fucking fights it to a t whatever he believes in way better than i could fucking ever do and and i i i just wish that there was another part to this where uh mr wallace was given the time to breathe a little bit more or maybe expand 
some of the back and forth between the adults and the children. I respect what JP said. I just feel like it was a little bit uh, jarring, a little bit too much for me. Apparently you respect uh, Tim- my opinion too, because that's the word I used. <laughs> Put a dollar in the jarring jar. Yep. Jarring, jarring, jarring. Okay. Four dollars. Four dollars? Got it. Jarring. Might as well make it a five. But um, Tim Curry does an awesome job. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. I had a, I had a good time with it. So, eight and a half out of ten. Nice. All right, I'm I'm very happy with the the ratings for that one. Um, I knew I would be coming in the highest. I I struggled with my rating before watching it. I thought that I was going to give it a ten out of ten, um, just because how much I love the movie and how scary it actually is. But you just can't with that ending. You just can't do it. Um, no. You're... So yeah, let's move into <laughs> it really got all right so moving 27 years into the future <laughs> which is cool considering considering 27 years that's exactly why they did it it's cool man mm-hmm. um yeah so 2017 and we got the it reimagination i don't want to aka it, it chapter one chapter one that's right that's right same same premise we don't have to give the synopsis to the film it's exactly yeah, the, the only difference in this one is there's no adult characters at all no, in we'll this in, first one. We'll get into that, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So that that's actually when I was sitting in the, in the cinema and I started watching the film, first thing I noticed, I was mm-hmm. like, are you kidding me? There's no adults? And I'm like, okay. And I'm kind of letting it ride out and I'm like, okay. And I, I realized that they're not going into it. I'm like, they're going to mm-hmm. totally 100% follow the kid's story and I, I knew right, yeah. like 20 minutes in the film I was like okay they're going to ride this read out and they're going to have a chapter 2 and they're going to be kid, adults I'm like this is awesome oh, so you really stuck away from the news of that because that was kind of known yeah. oh dude 100% I didn't know I didn't know I stayed yeah. uh, dude I am oblivious when I go into this shit it's amazing how awesome yeah, was it by myself didn't knowing anything about this and I was literally getting giddy eat my popcorn faster I was like damn this is awesome and um <laughs> Man, I this is everything I wanted in this movie. In this story, yeah. I mean. Everything I wanted in the story was to flush out the fucking characters and just expand every single character. First thing I noticed in this movie that I absolutely fucking loved was telling the story from Ben. You know, Ben was in the in the original film, Mike was the one they kind of told the, oh the story. Oh my god! You that, like that? I loved it. I loved. Why? Dude, you want to know they what fucking I fucking murk Ben's it. character? I hate something even. I mean, uh, Mike's character. Fuck it. No, not about well, whatever. I'm talking about Ben. I'm, I loved the way they set up Ben's character, man. I thought it was great. Oh, no, dude, because he's I new to the town. Hate that that's the one thing that I hated it. No, oh, dude. see, I I hated something else. It was awesome, okay, dude. Yeah, I loved it. it. it I loved how sense. they introduced Ben. How he's this. He's new to the town. He doesn't have any friends, and he starts reading shit from the town and stuff. And then he's the one that presents all the history to all his friends. You know, once he becomes friends with them and stuff. I fucking love that, man. I thought it was great. Listen, that's the fantastic. only part that I like that it makes sense that he was looking into the town because he was it wasn't unfamiliar of course, with he had it. No However, what else was he going to do <laughs> right well I mean read books like he did in the original draw things build things that's what he did loved it loved um, it so I hate it not because of what they did for Ben because I like that I hate for what they did to Mike 
like they fuck Mike so hard in this movie. They took the one thing that they first of all they don't tell his scary story that much. Um and then they also take what he was known for and they give it to Ben. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, well what the fuck is Mike here for? Like it it just it, like they completely stripped that character of everything mm-hmm. and they didn't give him and it and it sucks for part 2 because it makes sense that Mike knows all this stuff because he was the history keeper for mm-hmm. for when they he brings everybody back he was the one who was doing all the research back in the day he's the one that was interested in the history of Derry so it now it kind of hurts his character going into part 2 because and this is not a critique of this film necessarily because this shouldn't matter uh in terms of what i think about part 2 obviously that's not a fair critique but i'm just saying in general speaking as a fan why, why, it, it makes less sense that he would know all the history. You know what I mean? What do you mean? No, I mean, he was sitting there, he was literally reading books when they no, were I on think summer he's saying, vacation. No, I'm saying I Mike. I think he's saying that Mike was the, Mike was the, the story yeah. key, and they gave all that to Ben. No, I understand. So, how I understand it, it, so when they're all adults, why would Ben not be the story keeper and not no, I know, but Mike, this, but so this, what is, are they but this do? is a different take on the literature, right? I like this version yeah. of what they did in the film. I like what they did with the Ben character, the way they set up. Do you like what the they pers- did with the Mike character? Um, not particularly. Because I, I, I like what they did with the Ben character, but it kind of sucks because they destroy the Mike character over it. Well, I don't think... Because don't, Mike I, is my favorite character of the series, uh, of of the book and the other movie. No, Mike's man. my favorite character. Honestly, Ben is my favorite character. I always like Ben, like even in the original one, not just because he was played by John Ritter too. It's just you know the, the the whole poem, and he was he was that little chubby fucking kid that was looking for something else, you know. And I like the way they developed the character in this one, big time, man. I don't necessarily agree with what they did with Mike. I mean, they kind of made him like the token black guy a little bit. I know it actually is very offensive in a way. Like, yeah, li- like literally, the only thing that they gave him, they gave him an opening scene where he couldn't kill a sheep with, and it and it's foreshadowing for the gun that they use. But they and also that's made him it. But they that's all, it. No, but they kind of made him the main attraction in the end, where you know he's got the gun and stuff, and you know he's the guy that's potentially going to kill Pennywise kind of thing, right? And then somebody else gets the gun. (laughs) I know, but he was there. He was there. But, but I mean, okay, just, you know, averting the other portion of the story. I mean, I really, really enjoyed the way they developed all the characters in this film, to be honest. I mean, Mike was not not really... I have a a little bit of problems with it. Like, Mike, they they do I had problems with the fucking dialogue. Jesus. After a while... After a while, the fuck mama jokes. Dude, got that's really... literally you, dude. Okay, okay. But Jeremy, you are Jeremy, that annoying character. Jeremy, it Jeremy, got really Jeremy. old for me. After Jeremy, a while. No, that's you, Jeremy. Jeremy, I swear Jeremy, to God, Jeremy, you do that more than that. Jeremy, Richie is you to a T. You're that little pipsqueak. <laughs> Except with for the fucking Richie's glasses. a little fuller, but he's funnier. That's the fucking yeah. thing, dude. When I was no, watching the movie in the cinema, I was thinking, "Holy shit, Richie is goddamn Jeremy." Dude, you're way. Dude, you're so bad at f bombs for no reason. That's all it like is. that is okay, you. My thing is here, man. I'm gonna defend this to the fucking. And this is personal. This is absolutely personal. Okay, these kids are 13 years old, right? This is how 13 year old kids talk. At least I did. 
1981. Yep, that's what I said I was, right there. I would have been 13 in 1981. I said the same thing. The thing is, I was cussing more than these motherfucking kids yourself, because that's when you first realize you're that trying. You're by to yourself. Be, you're not around your family, and you're trying to be cool in front of your friends. So you're just fuck this, fuck that. This is what that no, no. It wasn't the fuck you, fuck this. It was the your mom's pussy dry jokes after fucking. That's, dude, that's me. Dude. That's fucking, me to a T as a child. When I was 13 years old, man, this is all we used to do: make fun of. We used to talk about fucking each other's moms, and it was dick jokes and measure. I still talk about fucking Carly's mom. Dude, I heard so many complaints about, oh, you know, the, the Richie character got so much, so old and all the dialogue got old. Fuck that. That is uh, exactly how 13-year-old boys talk. I agree. I'm 100%, 100% with you. I was so I, they, I was you know, laughing out loud. I'm like, oh my god, that is my goddamn childhood. You can ask any of my Listen, fucking friends. All we used to talk about is fucking your mom and dick sizes and vagina jokes and bloody tampon jokes. It was so. Why ridiculous. wasn't anybody else saying it and only him? There because was. He Eddie was, was saying funny. it. Eddie was killing was, it, dude. The, Eddie was fucking because he was it. he was the comic relief in the film. You can't give it to R- everybody. Richie's like you still have to make Richie's it realistic. Like, but if everybody talks like that, then why wasn't everybody else? They all kind of do oh, say it. They all say a little bit. Richie just says it way more. Everybody's dude. giving back, but you have to remember Bev's Richie giving is back the little. fucking comedian. He's yeah. setting him up for his part in part two, right? Everyone else but is, no, is chiming in on the funny ass. They're all saying shit. They're all saying shit. It's just that the, those two and Eddie is real witty with it too. Like Richie's like, what are those? All all the birth control or something? And he's like, yeah. And Eddie's like, yeah, I'm saving those for your sister. Um, or something like that. You know, oh, like they, they are going back and forth. I thought they nailed the dialogue 100%. No complaints at all. And you have to and remember, you, Jeremy, book? should be ashamed because you're a piece of shit when it comes to this type of dialogue. That Jeremy, is you. Richie is fucking you. And I can't believe that you got annoyed by that because that's you. Because you're annoyed by yourself, essentially. It's unbelievable. That, I thought that was going to be one of your biggest <laughs> fucking fans. You were going to be a big fan of that yeah. shit, man. It's crazy, dude. You are potty, toilet, humor, like, uh, immature as fuck. Like, that's your style. He even looked like I, you. I don't know. I Richie just looked like it. you. You look like Richie, it, man. It's crazy. I just man. felt old after a while. No, dude. Yeah. Oh Imagine listening to it for four I years. I laughed from five know, minutes in so the film right to the, end, right to the end of the film. <laughs> I mean, Richie was still cracking jokes right at the fucking end of the film, and they were still funny. It never got old yeah. to me, man, because that shit don't get old. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. Now, to circle back to what originally you were saying about the character development, oh, um, I love think it. that it is good and bad. So I think that characters like Ben, great. Uh, character like um, Eddie, Richie was good. Uh, I especially like Bev. However, I thought that our lead character, um, being Bill, was awful. Um, not not the awful's a little harsh, but I did not think he was cast well or good in in development. I didn't feel the pain of losing his brother uh, as much as I would have liked to. And Mike was awful. Mike Mike was just wasted. He was just there. He was just there to be the black. Yeah, dude. no, no. Mike um, was definitely. He had character. one I- good scene. He had one good scene with the the black spot reference, which they changed to his parents burning to death. Um, from both adaptations, so that's a completely new change to this film, which I like. But that's all we got, man. And it, it really, it really kind of made me mad a little bit with with um, that character. Uh, I do really like the Bev character. Uh, I saw some complaints that she wasn't as um, beat down as she was in the original it and of course the original that's, novel that's i'm okay sure. with that i like the. i think i that like she that she's insanely more. burnt she was totally fucking just pal drive dude 
Like, I mean, Especially when she fucking kicks her dad's right in the gonads. I think after that moment, well, that, like, that's what they're saying that she fights back that, too that much. She was, that she's not. Um, well, was she not supposed to fight back? Well, that's not her character. Is what they're saying because she didn't fight back in, until way over, later. I mean, the overtones life. were just so strong in this. I mean, I don't know, man. I thought it was great. I thought the whole development with her was awesome. Yeah, it was, I'm, it was, it was a great actress. It, it is, too, it is different. It's it's definitely different from what it was in the original story. But I I'm it. okay with it. It was more fleshed it out different. and it was more. It was more modern too. Like they weren't. They were. I wouldn't really... say that it was more fleshed out. I would just say that it's different. No, I, I liked it. How it was a little more modern. It was a little. You know, people. I think are. You know, back in 1990, I think when you t- start talking about you know fathers touching daughters and getting well, into I'm that talking type of shit. about. I'm talking more about the story of it. The, okay. the people who are complaining from the actual story, not the original film, um, that they're saying that Bev's character was too uh, strong and independent um, versus her character in the book, which is more weak and feeble. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, like I said, I'm okay with the change. No, I was like, personally, I, I, I thought her character was fucking fantastic in this. Yeah, she was feeble in those, man, but I thought she was fantastic in this, man. Even she though, was, the, yeah, she, and, and like, what I loved about, her, what in, I, what in, I loved about her is that they showcase her as being just drowned by her father. You know, all the implications of her touching her and just being real fucking well, Yeah, there's definitely the, some the, more uh, molestation. The, oh, there's some overtones. There's definitely some heavy overtones of uh, some molestation going on there and shit like that. Well, and I think that's, that's what, what I respected the character. You know? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I loved about her character is that she was still willing to be like, I'm not that person, man. Like, you know, when all the rumors are going around her and shit, they really flushed that whole thing out and like really kind of got out everything that was kind of missing from the tv version i love that it, it really felt yeah. like it was a full character study of every character i mean especially with bev i i, I really fucking enjoyed that. i you know um everything with uh was eddie eddie's the um asthmatic one asthmatic one yeah and i love that too man they really touch they did on, a good job with eddie they really they touch on her shitty mom. mom and his and how mom i was, love this mom this mom was yeah. just like such like a not even sick and fucking yeah he's like, just like like typical crazy looking mob character that fucking yeah. scene in the film made me laugh so hard when they tell him that his pills are just fucking placebo and he goes but they say it in their and he's like he it's a placebo no he's like he it's a gazebo he's like it's a gazebo yeah it's a gazebo <laughs> <laughs> and the gazebo's just like a fancy <laughs> tent right dialogue, fuck I love that man it was so good I thought yeah, some of the comedy development the kids are pretty pretty good they're not they're not perfect though man that like i'm serious like they've that mike sucks and i honestly think that that billy was like really weak compared to everybody else like stan's great bev is probably my favorite yeah, uh, really i like richie a lot and i Eddie, think ben's but, one of the best characters but, man ben, ben as well but i'm talking about bill yeah 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 bill is not good i like, didn't have he, a problem but i did like the fucking fact because there was a scene in the film right before he was ready to go into the you know that nasty house um you know the big creepy house and stuff and then he spits off this huge speech and he doesn't stutter at all i'm like are you kidding and, me with yeah, this and acting right now Richie, Rich, and then Richie fucking richie goes and then richie goes you didn't even stutter once <laughs> i was like nice like this is they, at least they called it stutter one time I was like, yeah, that's awesome, which, man. Which I believe might actually even be in the book, honestly. I love that that, scene, that happened, man. but um, I just, I just feel like the the weight of like the 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 brother dying and the um, just I don't know, I don't feel like he he has that look 
Okay, like, that, well, let's like, let's start from let's start from read, read from there. I mean, since we're already twenty minutes into this review, but um, the first scene with Georgie, yeah. I mean, obviously is quite the same, but varies quite different than the original scene. This uh-huh. one is exactly what I wanted from the original movie. I wanted to see Richie get or Georgie get fucked up. And he mm. does. They literally show fucking this poor little ten year old kid missing a fucking <laughs> arm and he's dying. <laughs> and, and I'm and sorry, I man, I'm sorry, but this is what I've always wanted. I've always wanted to see the violence and I've always wanted to see the the agonizing pain. And yeah, but it once again, you works. had to realize it was on TV, though, moods. No, no, and that's fine. That's but, fine. But Jeremy, I, you, but, I just said but that. we still I, wanted, I wanted to see, see this version. I wanted too. to see this version, and this is what I called yeah, for yeah. when I first heard about this. I said, I hope they keep it dark. Yeah, they keep an atmosphere, and I hope they make it how it's supposed to be. They could have easily went PG on this one, PG thirteen. Like it, it's very tempting to do so, um, but they didn't, and I, I think it paid off. Honestly, well, they, but they PG-13 pull out the bloodiest scene since since Evil Dead, bro. Yeah. Well, that I, honestly, man, I like. Okay, I like the outcome of that scene, but I don't really love the CGI bite. Like, I thought it was just a little too bad. There was a little bit of me that said, "Oh my god, are we doing this right now?" I'm not joking. Uh-huh. I dipped my hand in my popcorn. I said, "Really, we're doing this?" And I said it out loud because I don't give a fuck. I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm crazy. And I said, "Are we doing this?" And you know what, man? The CG in the film blended really good with the practical effects in my opinion throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the film there was obvious cg but th- 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 atmosphere- th- 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 doesn't make any fucking sense moods you hate the editing in saw where it's all jittery and fast and yes and, and this one doesn't it's have the that. same shit no, yes it's it not. does no it's not every time you see pennywise fucking no shoot it's not forward, no it's, it's not. that jittery bullshit Dude, those are fucking th- those are like seventeen to fucking four hundred and fifty edits in like thirty seconds, dude. Yeah, those it looks, are different. You never get a clear look at Pennywise with that hard rock fucking score. Bam, 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 bam. This is way more fucking subtle, man. Dude, I love the scares in this film. I thought um, they were good. I don't know. Okay, so like. All right, so that CGI I seen right there kind of put a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, it but did, I was like, okay, for me I like the I like the aftermath. Like, it, okay, there might have been a little CGI there that took me out of it for a second, but at least the aftermath is a kid fucking with a missing arm laying in the middle of a rainy street with blood oozing out. Like, I'm down with that shit. And honestly, like, I like, like, and this is this is actually a, a praise and a complaint at the same time. I like this guy as pennywise he 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 almost sounds more like maniacal when he talks like like something like is hidden under what he's thinking like you could see him thinking all kind of things as he's talking like what like what i'm about to do to this dude and stuff like that um but i i feel like they underutilized him incredibly like in terms of his actual speaking moments in the film I feel like he was really? completely underutilized because I thought that he what he had was there. It was nice. I was like, okay, this is a little I, different, a little different than 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 uh, Tim Curry's performance. But I like where we're going with it. Let's see, it, let's see it come out a little bit more, man. and let's see him really I kind think of it was run just with more it. more jump scares and and I mean not more jump scares, but more scares over over substance of what he was talking. I but think I just, you, have remember, you have to remember. Talks, it's scary. You have to remember. Yeah, I know, but they don't. But they're more. They're more about 
uh, him popping out of the projector going and scaring everybody over the talking. And I think that's shitty. I'd rather have more talking than him jumping out of the projector. That was totally fine, man. Dude, you have to remember, they made a two hour and 15 minute film just based on the kids. They have to throw this type of stuff in there. You can't have just like that much dialogue and shit. No, I'm Yeah, but you can have it a little bit more. Yeah, you definitely need to have more um I pe- the- and it's not a bad thing, right? It's like it's like more is better. Like like I felt like I could see this um good good performance inside of him with this good uh like he was killing it when he was saying shit and I'm like they should have fed him a little bit more lines of more things to say. Um because it kind of uh when you get most of the talking from him it's when he's like losing like towards the end of the movie where he's like back against the wall which i do like as well i do like as well it was very chaotic and i'm gonna i'm gonna kindly disagree actually big time because one of my biggest complaints about this movie is not the performance of the dude that played Pennywise in this. I thought he, I actually really liked his look too. I know Jeremy said he didn't really care for it too much, but I liked the look. I thought his performance is excellent. It was actually his voice. The first time he talked in the film, when he was talking to Georgie, I actually laughed out loud. <laughs> the voice like caught me it. off. The voice caught me off guard. And I was like, Oh, because he's that, Swedish. And I was like, yeah, okay. It, it, it like, it like, and then it happened know, to me man, again like... and again throughout the film. And I was like, dude, all I wanted to see was Pennywise scare and not talk. I was a little see, frustrated by the voice. Talk because didn't I like it. Didn't what? like it one bit, man. I thought it was I, I the liked weakest his part voice of the voice a lot. I thought I, he was killing it, man. I, I thought he, I thought he was like with myself. a little bit more lines, he could rival Tim Curry with some nah, shit. Man, Tim, Tim Curry's voice. I don't know about that. Tim Curry was voice was so much fucking better man i would have loved to seen tim curry tim curry's voice on that pennywise would have been amazing see i like the other pennywise more see see to me this voice sounds like somebody trying to talk to kids like an adult like what are you doing like you know like this this little like no it sounded like he was trying to swallow when he was actually just spitting up all the time (laughs) like (laughs) there's a lot of slobber in this fucking film that's what it felt like to me, and I was like, but it was his voice. It was the actual voice. It was, I don't know, man. I'm a voice person, dude. Like I'm a big time voice person, and that was not cutting it for me. It was actually cracking me up. But I, I that's really I, not. I'm on the opposite of that. I, I, I thought that it was was really good. Would have liked to see a little bit more of it. I, I understand why. If you don't like the voice, then obviously you're not going to want to see more of and it. And it wasn't but, the dialogue uh, itself. To, like, don't get me wrong. It wasn't dialogue. I thought dialogue was actually pretty good. It was the actual voice coming out. Yeah. It was kind of killing me, man. I was like, wow. I mean, not to the point where I'm going to say this movie sucked or anything, but like, Jesus Christ, yeah. it was, it was kind of bugging me a little bit. I was like, fuck. Um, so when it so got to the when, scares and you know the excessive scares and I was like nice. <laughs> so, so one thing that Jeremy was mentioning about like some of the scares, like I thought a lot of them were effective, but I did I did like kind of get annoyed a little bit at the at, at the amount of them that were like I like in the projector that is the, probably one of the best scares in the film where where the screen goes blank and then yeah, all of a sudden like, there's giant ass Pennywise and he comes out and like is like there. chomping out and shit like I'm down with that because that's some real nightmare shit like you can't do that mm-hmm. practically but it, there's there's that fast added shit there no. there's the fast added shit when he's in the fucking clown room Jeremy. there's the fast adding shit every time he fucking shows up it's not up, the same fucking Editing. It's not 
it's it's, it's not accompanied it's not accompanied by fucking retarded ass score and shit it's a little more subtle man and that shit is not the same it's not the fucking same it's not it's not. I mean, it's not the same because in the context of this scene, it's different. In, but it's in not this even the same movie, type of editing, we're man. dealing we're talking, with a that's, demonic that's like monster that editing. moves fast. In Saw, it's like flash and, editing, man. It's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Not even comparable. I mean, it dude. looks very similar in terms of like how it looks. I mean, but this is this is a different context. Um, it's like a monster who. It's not. It's like that is not set. That is a style choice when this no. is what's happening to the characters. Yeah, but it's, I mean, what it comes down to is not the same fucking editing at all. Not for me, it's not. <laughs> if you're trying to call me out, that's cool, but it's not. It's not the same shit. I mean, shit. I, like, it has a similar effect on me in terms of, like, what it not looks a, like. Not is, for me. Is, it looks exactly the fucking same. No, it doesn't, man. You're fucking <laughs> yes, bullshit. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yes, it's, fucking, it does. it's fucking bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. And some it's of those scares, when they get into it, like, that fucking house, dude. Similar. When like, they it's get not into that, that house, it's not. It, when they get into that house, dude, that shit is legitimately scary. That's crazy. It's not that it's not scary. It's just the same thing. No, it's not. That yes, it is, dude. There's not that many edits in that fucking scenes, man. It's like it's ridiculous. It's not the same shit. It's like a blurring effect, is what he's talking about. Okay, so about. they used they used a hundred edits instead of four hundred. It still looks the same drudgery bullshit as it did when it was the four hundred edit. Okay, no. Re- regardless, okay. No. So what I was saying is some of that stuff I don't. I feel like it's maybe a little too much at times mm. um, because it's it's just like I, I don't know. It, it's it, it, if you do it too many times, it's like okay, well, why didn't you just get to him that time? Right, he keeps doing the same thing and then disappearing. Like, why couldn't he just get? Like, to me, it's like you can't tease that too much. You can't tease that scare because it's like, okay, if you don't actually kill somebody by doing that eventually, then it's not scary anymore. If you do that same effect like four or five times and nobody dies, it's not scary. Because the kids were fighting um, it off, so, man. I mean, the kids weren't gonna die. Every like, time, it's like they nobody get, dies. Right, but he gets right up to him, like, like, bam, like, you know what I mean, like. It's it, you can't do it too many times, or else it becomes unscary because it's non-threatening. Is what I'm saying. Um, but I did find it still scary, like a couple of the times. One thing that I actually really this is probably my least favorite part of when you're talking about the effects. Um, you have the the leper from the Kneebolt Street, which is a huge scene in the book. It's a huge moment in in the book. It was not in the original It film. Uh, it's they finally brought the leper into it, which is always one of the scariest moments of the book. Yeah, finally. And they finally bring him in. One, they didn't they didn't pull the trigger on him like I wanted him to. I I had a feeling that they wouldn't because it is kind of a little touchy. But basically, that leper is trying to give uh, Eddie a blowjob. That's that's the what it There's is. There's absolutely story. no way that would ever pass for mainstream. Right? I would have said that until I heard some of the shit that was going on and some of the implied rape, um, and that like I mean yeah. they literally say like like blowjobs and crabs and stuff like mm-hmm. like I could have seen the leper saying like one line of like do you want a blowjob or something like I feel like it could have got to be by, honest, dude. Honestly. I'm not really that offended that they didn't put a leper fucking trying to blowjob a kid in a film really <laughs> well they don't have to let 
that like you're saying it not how I just said it. Like I'm just saying like the line, not that a guy tried to blow job a kid. Like um, I just think that the line would have been, you know, very effective is what I'm saying. Um, but that isn't even my complaint. Like I'm cool with them. Like that has nothing to do. I'm like I'm not gonna hurt the film because they didn't use something from the book. Like that's not what I'm doing at all. Uh, my problem comes from um, the fact that the leper is probably the worst. Uh, pri- the worst makeup in the movie. Um, it looks nothing like a leper. Like it doesn't look like that flesh does not look like rotted. It looks fake. It looks like a bad worm like placement. A, bad worm placement. I, honestly, yeah. dude. Like, do you actually know what a leper looks like? I mean, I mean, I've seen some pictures. I mean, I can pull up my death album. You know, they got <laughs> leper on there. I mean, honestly, you think dude, it I, looks like this thing? I don't know what a leper looks like, so it's not a big fucking deal to me, man. All it all it is is rotting flesh. Well, that seems pretty fucking rotting dead to me. <laughs> like, it's I mean, like all CG, though. It's like there's <clears throat> no... It doesn't look human at all. It doesn't look like a person. What, it looks like a created... The, the the effects were CG'd on the, on the leper? Yeah. In which scene? 100%. All of them. The entire in, scene. Because he's in a couple different scenes, right? Oh, yeah. The, like, I'm like... It was mostly CG. Like you can see by the way that the the physical like anatomy of the face moving, it just doesn't move like that. Um, I just I, I think that 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 is one of the most over dramatic interpretations of a leper that man. That I I've swear ever to seen. God, I dude, maybe it was like I wasn't on anything when I saw this movie either. But Jesus Christ, man, I didn't even realize. Really, you think it was? You think those effects were CG? Dude, it was the worst, man. Like that. That no, was I the think worst it, it may have just been bad practical. Character. No, on the face. There's so much on CG the, on that. On the like, face. Like, do you guys realize that Pennywise is a is very CG'd in this movie? Yeah, yeah. Like even yeah. the scenes where he's just standing there, like his forehead is CGI'd and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, like of course, but a lot of that CG is actually pretty good. See, I, I, mean, I didn't like the the long face. The problem is, I could see either. that it's CG. I like the long face woman. She wasn't. Bad. Like a I'm glad Pixar, I went into this film not knowing Pixar. anything, man. Because you guys are picking this shit up. Not, it's crazy. Not knowing anything. I didn't know I, much either. The CG and stuff. Like Jesus Christ, man. Like I didn't know anything was... about the CG beforehand. I'm t- saying from watching the movie, the CG uh, was not was not great in this movie. Like they like they use a lot more CG than was necessary. Like there are a handful of scenes where it's just the clown and you can see just the clown makeup. And then there's a lot of scenes where it's not actually makeup. It's actually CG for the makeup. It, it like over top of the clown makeup. I swear it's, to God, never noticed it. Hey, never but it has it. one awesome scene. That's not CG. So, and what is that the, awesome scene? The sink scene. Yeah. That shit's the bloodiest thing that there's I've seen lots in mainstream of scenes in the movies since since Evil Dead, dude. Yeah. That there's shit's lots awesome. of fucking scenes that aren't CG'd, man. There's a lot lo- that aren't. There I would have loved. I would have loved to work on that scene. That would have been you know fucking what, man? gnarly. I mean, if there even if there was, I didn't have a problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 had I had a problem. I thought the CG was pretty was... good, except for the first scene because it's the first scene. I, I just had an issue because it was too. It was. It was CG in places that didn't need that much CG. Like, the leper could have fucking been practical. 
Like, there's no reason why you couldn't do that practical. It was just too much. It was a little too much with the CG. Like, that was the one. That was really the one thing that I took points off for. Like, I don't take points off for like the clown being CG because it was all very passable. I didn't find the leper passable at all. Like, it, it just, it was just screamed like, like Hollywood, like CG. And I, I just didn't like it at <laughs> didn't all. Didn't even see it, man. Didn't see it. I thought it looked good. I saw I mean, it. I saw that, it. That's. I'm very impressed. I mean, it, it didn't bother me as much as you did, but yeah. I, well, thought, I, I, mean, I mean, there was definitely I, practical effects in there because I mean, geez, unless it was so good that I was, I mean, you must have some fucking crazy no, bifocus like, on. I'm not the only one. Like a lot of people have complained. Well, about I haven't, I haven't been listening to people, man. So I, I well, came into I, this I mean, tonight not to Tom, bro. listening talk to, to fucking balls. He'll and tell you know you what? You know, oh, really, Jeremy? I did. I talked to him yesterday, and by the fucking way, he hasn't seen the film yet. Talked to him last night. <laughs> why did he say Hollywood he wasn't CGI referring to that. Wasn't he wasn't referring to, it, to that so Jeremy what the he's fuck going are you to? you do realize I'm friends with him right like I, I know what him. else the hell was he talking about it's, then it's, so why you fucking assume when he's talking about that shit man this because is... everybody was fucking talking about that shit yeah, like it was the day where it. it was at its tight height, height of, of, of popularity I, I thought he was talking I'll about I'll even it show you the message. He has not seen the I'm film yet. I'm not saying I don't okay, believe no, we, we believe you that he hasn't seen it, but we're, I'm just uh, saying that other people, not Tom, Anyways. but other people uh, also also see that, you know, that dude was pretty CGI'd, um, which is, you know, whatever. Like, I, I'm not, like, I'm just this, you know, kind of, voicing my opinion on some of the things that I didn't like in this film. Okay. Um, because it is a movie that uh, is very good, but it does it does have things that I wish wouldn't have existed. Okay, well, since, since, such we're as, the, since we're on this, you know, this part of this film, there is one part in this film that I actually did kind of question. I actually thought it was kind of funny because you know the part where um, the punk, what's his name? The, the, the lead. Powers? Yeah. Um, where he walks into the house and he kills his dad. He kill, he kills his cop dad. Yeah. And I love that scene, man. Like he fucking Yeah, that's just, I'm glad they put that in the movie yeah, because man. that's brutal. And this is what and I was waiting didn't get for. Anything like and that's what you needed with the Henry Bowers character. Yes. That was one of my complaints of the original it is there's no reason for him being an asshole other than he's no, just and, an asshole. You know, Henry Bauer, like I mean they really flushed that one out because they even he even cuts up fucking Ben and shit like that too and you know, well, he did that in the original one too. He does not cut him. He does. Yes, he I mean, does. I mean, they don't show it in this one. They actually fucking physically show the cuts. Yeah, well, it's nasty. Yeah, but anyways, it's yeah, a it's a little more dramatic when you show cutting on a kid. But anyways, the point that I'm trying to make here is that the scene where he walks in the house and kills his fucking asshole cop dad. Um, what happens to his fucking friends after? Like his friends are out by the car. And he apparently kills his dad and walks out, and then a whole shit happens towards the end of the film. Where the fuck did his friends go? Well, that that's I feel like that is intentionally left open for it part two. And a lot of people <clears> were debating <throat> if Henry's alive or dead. And I'm like, of course he's alive. And everybody's like, I don't know, man, he looked pretty dead. I don't know how you would survive. I'm like, of course he's alive. He's not dead. It, it obviously like, there is, is open I for part two give because hundred to one odds. Because obviously those kids knew what fucking just happened if he walked out of that house covered in blood like he was. You know, it's like, um, well, the, the, not necessarily know for sure that it happened at the same time, though, right? Well, I mean, fuck you, walk in there like a fucking, I don't know. It, it's just one of those scenes where you're just like, okay, that's got to be explored apparently later. I don't know. 
But. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I like what they did with Henry. Um, I actually like the casting and the way they made him look too. Completely different from the fifties greaser, but I'm down with this. This dude looks like an eighties bully. Um, and with the model like because it's thing. set in 1989, right? So it has to yeah. be set in a different or the yeah. look has I'm to be down different, with right? That. I like that. I like I like what they did with Henry a lot. Um, I fucking love, man, dude. It was like. I don't know, man. I was having, like, nostalgia boner watching this film. <laughs> but, like, you know, the scene in the original film where at the theater when they watch I Was a Teenage Werewolf. Well, in this version, because that was in 1960. Batman and Lethal Weapon 2. Yes. There's also that scene. And then there's the one where um, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 is playing. And I'm like, man, uh-huh. fucking awesome. You see All the right, posters and shit in there. I'm like, this is awesome. hugely missed opportunity. Right. Check this out. Dave kind of pointed this out and I wrote and I expanded upon it. Right. God. In the original right. film. Richie is uh, afraid of the werewolf. Make him scared of Freddy Krueger. Make him scared of Freddy Krueger. Have the scene where they go to the sea uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 and then have him in the school in the basement where a boiler room is and have an actual portrayal of Freddy Krueger in yeah. that movie. Yeah, you How know what? amazing would that have been? I don't Especially have that. because New Line and Warner Brothers own the rights to Freddy Krueger. And that's a big that difference in the film, been, though, too. Uh, what's that? In the original film, you know, Richie's afraid of werewolves. In this one, he's actually afraid of just, like, clowns. That's his thing. So they changed yeah, that up, dude, too. Talk about a wasted opportunity, right? That would have been 100%, 100%, amazing. Yeah. I actually I agree with Dave Z for once. Wow. Dave, you listening? Book. You listening? I agree with you. Yeah. For once. But, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, you know, they, like, Okay, like some of them are afraid. Like they don't really go that much into their fears in this one, that much. You know what I mean? Besides Bev, like afraid of her dad and no, the blood it's, and it, stuff. It's definitely all there. I mean, it's there, but they really go into like the full-on characters. And I, I fucking man, I, I'm a big character piece, man. I love learning about characters, man. I'm I if I feel characters, I feel like I'm just I I'm engulfed in the in the story, and that's I felt like it did really well with that yeah i don't know i mean uh what like richie i feel i feel like i wish they would have went into richie and um like stan his is like that painting thing which is kind of creepy and stuff like that but they don't really go into it too much um what is ben's what's ben's fear uh, his dad i don't think they gave him one no that's not he doesn't that's not in this one is it don't they have don't isn't his dad in this one too no, it's Ben the Jew. Actually, don't really go into it. Well, ben no, is Ben's ben, the fat kid. Ben is the gatekeeper oh. in this one. Basically. Yeah, he's not. He's not. It, he doesn't see that. That's. I feel like they missed a little bit. But there's. This is my theory. Okay, which I, I have a feeling that it part two is actually going to be the adults, but we're actually going to get all kind of flashbacks that is going to tell more of that summer. That is true. They got to do it fast before they age, bro. That's that's probably why they didn't explore the Ben character because they already explored so much of Ben as the the new kid in the town and him the one telling the story. He's kind of like the gatekeeper, right? He was selling everything, Um, which is is a good point. You know, in part two, he's probably going to, they're probably going to flesh that story out a little bit for sure. Uh, well, I feel like they're going to talk about a lot of different things that didn't necessarily like be shown in this one. Like there's so many opportunities. Like, I don't know if you guys know, but like Mike, for example, uh, he, his big thing in the book is he gets chased by a giant ass bird, um, mm-hmm. at this like 
abandoned. Yeah, dude, I haven't uh, read the book for, for fucking so long. I don't even remember, um, dude. And like Richie, there's there's actually an Easter egg to it. They show a giant uh like Paul Bunyan statue or some shit. Or like Lumberjack statue. And that is what Richie's um that's one of the things that happened to happens to Richie in the book is this th- giant uh statue comes to life. They actually show the statue in this movie, but they don't do anything with it. They just show an overhead shot of it. Um, so that was mm. like a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, there's a Lego turtle, which is a reference to the turtle in the book. Like, there's a lot of Easter eggs to the book that they don't like flesh out, but they um, kind of touch on it a little bit and just like nod, like, yeah, we know, we know that that's in there and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, I actually really like the the Kneebolt Street house because that's a huge thing in the book too. That shit was scary. Um, I awesome. like that. Awesome. Yeah, um, Pennywise was great. I love the nod to the original Tim Curry Pennywise up in the clown room. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught that, Moots. Yep. Did yep. you catch that? Yep. Um, then uh, I I like that the well is in the house, which is a reference to the settlement of the town. Um, I like how they did with the projector and the map of the sewer system. That is really cool. I really like that. Fucking uh, I like man. the reference to Patrick Hogstetter, who is a major character in the book not a major character in either of the adaptations. Um, he was the first one of Henry's friends to die. And in the book, he actually has one of the most disturbing things ever where he actually kills his little brother when he's a baby. He just suffocates him for no reason. Um, and it's sad. It was fucking terrifying. It's like one of the worst moments of that book in terms of just like, wow, holy fuck, what am I reading? And he's actually the reason that Henry... You mean listening? Henry. Yeah listen <laughs> um but anyway uh the, there's a lot of cool references and stuff like that i really liked it i like the um i actually like the ending to this one way better uh, i thought that it was pretty solid uh, i like the sewer system and i think that they fleshed out the reason why these kids are able to uh battle pennywise a little bit better in this one <laughs> um yeah big time so yeah, what what about you? What else are you thinking, Jeremy? Mm. See, so we talked about thinking, 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 Lincoln. T- t- today, Junior. I don't know what else. To be honest with you, you guys want to get into ratings then? Whatever, sure. Boots is so mad that he's wrong with the editing. It's hilarious. Oh God. No, I'm not wrong. No, you are wrong. No, you're, di- you're just trying to put me out, man. And it's so fucking funny because you're so wrong. It's so you're fucking wrong. wrong. I nope. think it looks very similar, dude. Ha! Nope. Nope. Fuck honest. you, bro. <laughs> nope. Fuck you. It doesn't. It's like that blurry effect that they use. Yep. It's no. blurry every time he shows up. What? But like when like like think of Amanda when she has the trap and it's like all yep. like blur and yep, shit. It's the same like thing. That's kind. It kind of looks a lot similar. It might be a different technique. No, dude. Looks no, dude I'm talking about the fucking nine thousand edits in fucking ten seconds, man. This is not that, uh, dude. I think he was talking about the blur effect where Every like he, well, he like should have fucking said some blur game. effect. He was talking. Well, about I the was same trying effect. to like a million times he where like, I was like he, blur effect. He like comes he comes towards the screen. Every time, and it's that stupid, like, blurry bullshit. It's like a dance. That's almost, not like even the same as the as Saw at all. I thought you were talking about the rapid pace of editing. 
And, oh, and it's that even difference fucking... also because that's not the same in this film as that is in Saw at all. Not even close. It's, it's, it like looks very similar though. Like what? Like no, think of doesn't. the scene it's with Amanda in the trap, no, right? No, no. And she's like spinning all. around, and then the it's, it's like all blurry looking. It simply doesn't though. It doesn't. It's crazy. I don't know what the fuck, man. Whatever. Well, man. what would you describe that as? That blur. Well, it's not the same as Saw. That's for one thing. No, I'm saying the one in Saw, the blur, the blurry look to it. No, I'm. I, I was talking about the rapid pace of it. <laughs> there's a couple different edits in it. In Saw, there's literally like thirty fucking edits. No, but I'm talking about like the blurry look of the. Of the I wasn't edit. talking about no blurry before. I was talking about the fast pace edits. There was no mention of blurry. No, but Jeremy wasn't talking. Now about he's the talking fat, about blurry. Well, that's I was what always was talking about the first. Blurry well, why didn't the fuck? Why didn't you fucking say that then? <laughs> because that's, that's what, what we were, that's what I was trying to say. I was trying to deliver that what Jeremy was getting at. Well, it needs to be fucking said to have a fucking argument, then, man. Jesus I was Christ. trying to say it. You were ignoring me. <laughs> I anyways, said it like at least a hundred times. Anyways, the fucking ratings. Anyways, Let's yeah. get into it. <laughs> uh, Moods, you go first. And All right, man. I'm definitely going first. Um... <laughs> Man, dude, I this is everything I wanted in this story, man. I, I read the book so long ago, don't really remember it. Uh, apparently, JP did because you know he had to spit every fucking fact from the book. <laughs> no, I really do remember the book quite well. I, I just can't remember. Year. I can't remember. You yeah, listened to it. It's been okay, 20 years. It's that. been 20 plus years since I've read I don't remember it at all. So I can't even compare book to like the original to this one, but. To be honest, man, you know, to compare the original film to this adaptation, man. Unfair. I'm a really, really big fan of the way they structured this film. I love the fact that they left the adults out of this. They kept it all kids. They developed all the kids' stories. And I'm a big fan of that. You know, uh-huh. some people were saying it was a little bit slow. I'm cool with that. I didn't find it was slow at all. I thought the pacing I didn't was think actually really good. at all. It yeah, was like two and a half hours, and it fucking yeah, zoomed by. Oh, I'm, honestly, dude, I was like <sighs> loving this film, man. There were so many good jokes. I was like, man, the way these kids talk to each other was exactly how I was as a kid, and it was just like, this is fantastic. Yeah. It was great. It was capturing everything that I loved about that time. Um, man, just the whole development of the film was just... <sighs> fucking fantastic and even threw in new kids on the block jokes that made me yeah, fucking laugh that was funny. That it was, was funny. fucking hilarious man and it was it was good it was fucking good man um i really don't have a lot of problems with this man i love the fact that when you know the kids go to battle pen pennywise it's a really long drawn out scene and it's great the whole sewer system all that type of shit fantastic the atmosphere throughout this whole entire film was fantastic it never broke it never broke and i was a little bit worried about that i thought maybe it was going to feel like this hollywood kind of top-notch budget film and they were going to lose all that type of shit but no but it was actually there the, the atmosphere was fucking there hell these great shadows man when i saw nightmare on elm street 5 i was like <laughs> fucking just jerking off in the theater man it was great um Good shit, you man. You picked Good a shit. shitty nightmare to jerk off to. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Just anything nightmare. I don't give. I don't give a fuck, man. It's my favorite franchise in the world. So, what about if it was a poster of the remake? Then, 
Yeah. So, anyways, um, <laughs> he said he loved anything. But one there. thing, my favorite fucking thing about this film, and I talked about it early, was the fact that Ben, his his development, his character development, and the way he tells he's he's the storyteller in this one. You know, there's a scene at the Rock Quarries where he basically tells everybody about the legend of Derry, and the the folklore the, the whole mythology of the of the city and shit it was just it I was love so crystal it's goddamn one of my favorite clear. parts of all of it like it was, the the book the original series and this this one i love the mythology of it it's so cool like the uh, history of everything bad that happened and they didn't even touch on everything like the gun fight and stuff like that that happened um in the old west like type days where there was a huge shootout and like a bunch of people died so man i fucking love that man because they really they're like oh yeah and i love how the kids figure like every 27 years something bad happens and I'm just like, oh my god, this is like Stand By Me and the Goonies. This is amazing. These characters are like creepers. It was every. It was so well done to me, man. I, I couldn't even believe it. I went in with it was my most anticipated film, film of the year, but last year this happened to me with um, with 31, and it was completely failed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so I wasn't expecting much. I was like, oh my god, this Stephen King it remake, blah blah blah, dude. Off my rocker. Love this film, man. I thought there was so much good things, man. I know I've been hearing left and right. The CG was so bad. It was so bad. I'm like, man, opening scene kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, I guess they were doing it. It wasn't so bad. There was one fucking part that I didn't like with I didn't have like, a, problem. a lot. I honestly didn't have a problem. I mean, that was that opening scene. It caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. But at the same time, he bit fucking Richie's arm off, which was amazing. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to see. This one turned out to be everything I was hoping it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly one of the best films I've seen this year. I had so much fun. I, I don't even remember the last time I seen a film in the, at the cinema by myself and walked out not even giving a shit if everybody was looking at me because I had a boner. I don't care. I was fully erect. <laughs> fully erect kind of weird but okay it's not it's not weird because it was so good i was excited um the only well, i mean it's a film filled with underage kids so it's <laughs> oh my god Jerking you have off. to bring that up you just made you sound like a creep but my only complaint about this film like i said before was pennywise's voice it, it was driving me nuts through the whole film and i'm glad there was scenes where he wasn't actually like speaking a lot of dialogue and shit man but um it, it was a great fucking film, man. It, one of the funnest times I've had in such a long time. Nine and a half out of ten. I don't give a fuck what so, you say, man. Um, let me go next. Uh, give a so fine I. Fuck. <laughs> so uh, I actually um, really liked this movie. Like I, I did. Like when I when I came out of the theater, me and Carly talked about it a little bit. Um, and I talked about a lot of the stuff that I didn't like. And, you know, sometimes I do that because it's just like I liked so much. But at the same time, I was directly comparing it to the original uh, miniseries as well as the, the book. And in my honest opinions of the film and, and critiques of the film, not of what was in the other miniseries and of the book, I found that there's really not much that I don't like about this film 
when you're talking about this film. And I have to stress that a lot because I truly believe in order to rate a movie, you have to disconnect other things associated with it and just take what's there, what's on screen and what the movie presents to you as a viewer. Um, you know what the movie encompasses and all that stuff. Uh, I only have minor issues with the film in general. I, I really, uh, don't like the leper scene. Um, especially for a scene that, could have been a lot more scary in my opinion had it been done looked like a more of like a human and not like a monster um because to me was human he was all fucked up and grotesque and rotting and shit man that's what lepers are man their skin is like i don't know his like face was like pulsating and stuff and i'm just like it just didn't look like a natural pulsate it looked Mm. like a cg pulsate um but uh, I I actually really like Pennywise, and that was w- one of my biggest concerns when this film got announced. Like, I actually honestly would put him up there with Tim Curry. Like, I I really liked this Pennywise. I thought he was really creepy. I liked his eyes. Um, I did read this that the this morning that the actor when um, they were going to use CG to make his eyes go in opposite directions, but the actor could just do that on his own. So they just kind of did that, um, which I was really surprised at actually. Um, I like all the characters except for the lead and except for uh, Mike because Mike is my favorite character and I, I just I'm bummed that they they didn't really do much with him. Hopefully he gets a bigger part in part two. I'm sure he will. Uh, and I liked Henry how they did that. The best absolute 100% best thing about this movie though is the nostalgia the 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 time period it's set the way they nail it the way they nail the friends hanging out and busting on each other i love richie richie and eddie stole the show and for two characters who were not that important in the original uh it miniseries that is really cool uh those two guys were awesome ben was awesome i loved bev i thought they nailed bev the molly ring reference was fantastic because it was so of uh, uh, you know fucking brilliant yeah remember um, it's 89 really, this is set in that's brilliant yeah comedy. really 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 interesting there uh i love that i like the casting these kids feel like kids they feel like kids because they are kids um like the ben hasn't even gone through puberty yet like you can see his baby face you know what i mean like i, I like that about this film because it, it it's that much more scary when you add the element of like children there i like that they uh kind of just nail every aspect of that like stand by me approach which i think is hilarious that everybody's like oh they're just copying stranger things i'm like bitch stranger things is copying a million things idiots i like stranger things dude and apparently one of the actors is in stranger things in this film um did you guys know that i never stranger stranger things is a goddamn homage stranger things all i said was that i think stranger things is gonna help it's going to intrigue more people to go see this because it's similar to Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, for That's sure. No, no, I've, been, they, I've been seeing lots of reviews, too. People are like, oh, man, this is just trying to be like Stranger Things and stuff. I'm like, are I you fucking I thought you didn't read any reviews I mean, or anything. That's no, not what in I our, said. in our face group, somebody uh, posted and group. said, this is trying to be a fucking just like. Oh, well, uh, in the face group, of course. I haven't, I, I, I haven't looked in the face group for a long time. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> motherfucker, you know what I'm talking. Facebook, fuck yeah. that shit, man. But anyways, somebody said, you know, it's just trying to be like, you know, Stranger Things, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Stranger Things no. is a goddamn homage to Stephen King films like Stand by Me, and, and it, 
and fucking it (laughs) the original it and other buddy kid films like goonies and shit i mean these things things were done way before that yeah for sure for sure like i love those are some of my favorite movies hell fucking clover or uh super eight was out was out before fucking stranger things and that's very similar to these type movies but i not knocking stranger things but just know where shit came from don't just say that it is ripping off stranger things or some shit like that it's not true um but yeah anyway finalizing my rating here um i like this one just as much almost as the original uh i'm gonna come in at nine out of ten so it what are my opinions on it? Now, you have to, like JP said, you have to take the fact, like Moods was like, oh, I wanted to see Georgie die in a more violent way. You just have to remember that on TV, you couldn't see him die in a more violent way. So, of course, you're not going to have that. So, Dude. this is the only other opportunity for you to have that. Okay, is, is that supposed to be a diss on me or something? No, I'm just saying, when you said that, I'm just saying, you have to take away from the fact that this is its own thing, and of course it's going to be more violent than what you saw on TV back in the 90s, because there's n- way less limitations. Anyway, I'll just leave it at that. Um, I, I enjoyed this film. I, I, I think the interactions with the kids are fantastic. I think it has that that karamity ooh you're going to nail me on that one type of a feel to it and yeah and i'm not saying that the dialogue was was bad i just thought old with it after a while even though that's me even though that's so funny that you say i people were gonna have a field day with that because it it really is you like i thought that the entire movie i'm not saying that i'm not saying that it shouldn't be in there i just think that it's like it, it's overused a Fucking little bit too Richie. much in my opinion. And I and okay, that is a fair point, Jeremy, but literally, homie, as as your friend, I think you should look at what you're saying and apply it to your own life. Okay. It's not it's <laughs> Dude, not gonna change. I'm literally halfway through the film going, This is fucking Jeremy. And I would have texted you during the film with my phone totally shit the bed on me. But and like, it costs like eighty seven dollars to send. Well, it I would have said it on the fucking mansion, but like Jesus Christ, uh, dude, I don't understand that man. That's you. And um, fuck, now nah, I lost my train of thought. Okay, you said the fuck the, you. The yeah, 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 was, yeah. You know. Yeah, guy does Pennywise. You know, I know Mood said he had a problem with him talking. I didn't have that too much problem with that. I just like me and JP talked about. It. I just wish he was he talked a little bit more. I feel like it was more uh, jump scares and 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 creepy stuff with his character in this one compared to the TV series where it was more dialogue, more opportunity for the actor to shine as a as an actor rather than just being blah, 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 and doing blurry bullshit that Moods thinks is not the same every time. But you know, Listen, I, I, I love the, I love jump scares. You're Fuck wrong. The haters. You're jump wrong. scares are the shit. But they weren't the typical jump scares. They were actually done well. There was a few well. that did the exact same thing that like stuff like Annabelle does, where it's like, it's like the camera's going this way, and then boom, loud noise and Annabelle, scary. Annabelle image. creation. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I'm I'm referring Forget to this it. one. It's like oh, but I, I know I know Jeremy's. I know what he's trying to do here. He's trying to like make me look a, like an asshole. He's trying to look smarter than me and shit, man. But it's no, not working. No, fuck that shit. I don't man. think he. I don't. No, he is, man, because he keeps referring to me, and he never does. He he's, never does. He's joking with you, bro. No way. 
because you're getting mad. It's funny. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> yes, you are, dude. You're getting so. It, I didn't say that. It's the same exact thing. I swear. Well, of course, like, I'm gonna defend when so... you fucking attack me. The <laughs> because it's exact because he comes thing. out of the projector. It's blurry bullshit. He comes out of the clown room. It's the same blurry stuff. Every dude, time it's he's not the same shit, man. It's not. <laughs> It's not the same well, shit. Well, let's just say that like you're fucking. It, it's you're, not you're totally the same clouded. to you. You're clouded. And it is the same to Jerry. Absolutely. And you, and it's kind of the same to me. It's not though. Not a hundred percent. I agree. It's not a hundred percent the same. Though. But it looks very similar. It's ridiculous, uh, dude. I'm over here fucking laughing. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that that's <laughs> even fucking your argument to you me. You should be man. happy that we're having a throwdown, at least. We never have a throwdown. <laughs> you, this is the first fucking ding I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Because what? Wait, what? What was that? Because you're wrong. There we go. No, I'm not wrong, though. That's the funny thing. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I liked Bev. I think she was definitely my favorite part of the film. I think she did a great job. And, and another thing to mention is that all these kids are pretty much first timers or, you know, done shorts or things like that. They God, haven't really done told me that one dude was from Stranger Things. Besides him, besides the character that's supposed to be me, he's the only one that has like has done anything of note. Everything else, everybody else has been, you know, relatively unknown. And of course, Pennywise is he's known, but Everybody else, all the kids are well are unknown, and they all did a really fucking really good job. So, like I said, I'm, I didn't like it as much as you and Moods. I don't have a connection to the source material maybe as much as you and Moods does, but I still had a good time. It's a fucking above, way above average mainstream horror film for sure. So I'm gonna come in at an eight out of ten on this one. What did you rate the original? Eight and a half. So you like the original better? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I like them about the same, honestly. Like, I have a little bit more nostalgia for the original, but like, I I don't know how anybody like I seen it's a not few a bad re- movie. Like people say, like it sucks. It's like, how does this movie suck? <laughs> yeah, like, dude, even if you're like, like you should watch a sucky movie. This is not a sucky movie. Yeah, I mean. Like, like, the only I'm thing is even... the only thing that's sucky is the is the blurry bullshit with Pennywise. Oh my god, you're so fucking retarded. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, dude, like I'm not even joking. Like I seen like uh Lucy, who is um Lacey, Lucy, something she's she's the one that runs the website, like Pop Horror or something like that. She posts in the group from time to time and stuff like that, but um, I seen that she posted a review where she gave it like a three out of ten or something. Um, she did a lot of comparing to the original in in her review, so I can kind of see if you're very close to the original. I because I made a post where a I said three I out can't of 10, wait. That's ridiculous. I, I I made a post where I said I can't wait to see all the bad critics talk about it because and that was a reference to me um, seeing a few negative reviews where it was like. Oh, this movie's trap, and I'm like, dude, like I hate when people go to these extremes. Like, you cannot literally like, and this is where my opinion of subjectivity kind of gets controversial because I feel like yes, every film is subjective, and yes, everybody can watch certain things and not like them. However, 
I think that there is a science to film critique and there's a science to filmmaking and there's certain things that you could point out that are not opinion, they're almost fact. Like, this is bad lighting. This is uh, good acting. Like, I feel like this has enough of those things that are factually well done to not be able to say that this film is a 3 out of 10, for example. But that's just my opinion. I agree. It's just hard to imagine that this is a 3 out of 10 in any shape. <laughs> Fucking Jeremy. Just sucking cock over there. <laughs> what? <laughs> so funny. So fucking funny. Oh, yeah, the kid that played Richie. That was the guy from Stranger Things. Yeah, the kid that was me. I fucking said that. Yeah, Richie Richie was my favorite character, although I do not like Jeremy in real life, so. Yeah, I, I don't understand the whole editing. That's just fucking blowing my mind right now. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not the editing. It's the blurring. It's the, the blur, editing, homie. The yeah, blur. But, but you have to realize, though, you never said that off the start, that you said it was the same. And I was like, what? Because, well, isn't blurriness done in editing? No. Yes. I'm yes. talking. I was talking it's about the fast-paced yeah. editing. Is he going to be blurry from the fucking just doing, going fast? I'm talking about the fast-paced editing. It's done fast in the paced. editing. <laughs> no, I was t- I'm not talking about effects when you're editing and putting blur in there. I'm talking about the pace of yeah. editing. They're like. Let's add some blur here. Okay, let's turn it up to 8,000. Yeah, that Jesus, was good. It, Jesus Christ, that. you talk like you actually know what you're talking about. It's fucking pathetic. It's, like, ridiculous, yeah. dude. It's, I don't know. Like, he's, like, okay, look. I'm, I'm but if you had to said I'm the blur neutral. at the start, that would have been a different conversation. I was talking about the rampant pace of editing, not blur. From when I'm talking about it, when I'm reviewing Saws, that... Dude, look up a million reviews. It, people always talk about the people always talk about how shitty fast pacing that well, editing. I'm not talking. Okay, well, did I okay, ever okay. once okay. mention let's, Blur let's, and Saw? Never fucking once did I ever mention we fucking did in Blur our and review. Saw. But I'm talking about the shit ass pace of fucking editing. It gives you okay, a goddamn you were headache. Talking about Actually, cuts. it gives you a fucking seizure. Everybody needs to stop say editing. You're talking about cuts. Fast cuts. Well, it's Jeremy still, is talking it's, about it's blurs, the same both thing. of which forms are edits. I'm talking not, about editing. I'm talking about <laughs> the blurriness fucking... is done in editing. What the fuck, Jeremy? Are you retarded? It, no, it is though. It's done in editing. I'm what not saying that? it's not. I'm not talking about blurry. <laughs> but I am. But, that's but you never said that off the start, explain. though. You, if you want to start an but argument, you need to fucking tell I, that right off the start, though. <laughs> <laughs> but he's saying editing as a whole because editing well, is happening is. in now edit. it is because he changed his argument. That's his fucking deal, man. Jesus Christ, man! It's absolutely fucking well, okay. retarded. What I what I took from his argument from the beginning was that he was talking about that weird choppy, blurry look. Um, that's he what I never took. said. Blurry though. He was talking like he was. He was telling me it was the same thing as what I was talking about and saw, and I never said it is. blur. But I never said that, Jeremy. Would you fucking listen for a second? I'm talking about this is so funny. I like being on this side. Edits, sixty-five fucking I'm edits in the guy fucking ten arguing. seconds. I'm not talking about no blur. I'm not talking effects within the fucking edit. I'm talking about edits, man. Yeah. So what we're saying is y'all were both talking about two different shit. 
Apparently, that because editing. if they can't have fucking said that in the first place, that would have been <laughs> all good. It's editing, though. It's it, editing. No, there's he all just, sorts of different editing. You can super and super compose. You could do tons of super compose. Ta 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 ta. <laughs> no, but seriously, like he just said it wrong. Dude, there's a million I fucking what he things in editing. I was talking about literally. <laughs> I know, and I was talking and about pacing. one of them that's editing. Yes. You sound like a and fucking listen, idiot, dude. Like, seriously, if you're going to start an argument, fucking start it with what you're talking about. Don't change your <laughs> shit halfway through the fucking argument, man. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous and pathetic and juvenile. It's fucking juvenile. It's, it's, calm down, guys. Like, it's. I understood what he meant. Like, he's not good at – he didn't explain it correctly. Yes, that is true. I no, but the knew problem what is he was he's talking telling about. you that he did. He's like, oh, I said that I from the start. Said, you did too. You just did it like a minute ago. But I ago, was talking like, about the blurriness from the start, yeah, even though I wasn't what you were thinking. But you never right, fucking but I was said talking it. About if you're thinking about something, you need to say that before you start an <laughs> argument. You can't like continue an argument and then say some shit down the road. Well, okay, let me ask a question. How come when I said blurry like eight times, you didn't acknowledge that ever? Because <laughs> I was never talking about blurry. When I'm talking about in the saucers, I was never talking. No, but about I was like, I was like, Jeremy's. I was like, I was like, Jeremy's talking about the blurry shit, and then nobody would listen and nobody would acknowledge did, that. Do you that. think the blurriness was fine? Because the blurriness was never my issue. Well, it was for me. <laughs> But you said I was talking about the same shit in Saw, which I wasn't. I never Isn't mentioned this, blurriness in Saw. Don't you see the blurry bullshit? But it's the same blurry bullshit fast <laughs> editing in Saw. Dude. <laughs> Fuck, whatever. This, this, this is going in circles, man. It's going in fucking circles, seriously. You do realize that's like a... You can do that. Oh, I'm like, whatever, whatever. You should know this, too. You can make thousands of edits, man. You've seen you've seen the film from like nineteen fucking oh eight, where it has like a thousand edits in like a fucking hour. You've seen that shit. There's no blurriness in that shit. That's what I'm talking about. That's edits, man. That's edits with those blurriness. You can change that shit in post production. It's easy to do, man. It's easy to do. I'm not talking blurriness. I'm talking about shit ass editing in general. All right, well, not effects on editing. You're talking about editing. Or effects on editing, which is the blurriness, which is completely different conversation, man. I understand what you're trying to do here. It's not working, man. What is he trying to do? Whatever. I'm not touching that shit. <laughs> this is this is funny. You guys are funny. This is fun. I, I'm I, I never get to be on this side of it. It's this only funny because cool. it's wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong though. Oh boy! Oh boy! This but is, it's right. not wrong, I, though. It's simply not wrong. Uh, he's he's Dude, trying to get under. I tell you, I tell you though, that, right? if you're going to start an argument, start it properly. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I I did start it purposely. I was talking about properly. The editing and so the you can't even hear properly. The I swear to God, it's like it's like a cycle with you, man. Can't say shit properly. You can't hear shit properly. What the fuck, man? Is that the gold around mm-hmm. your neck or something, man? It's fucking dude. Yeah, it's just weighing me down. Fuck. I mean, oh, hopefully man. that gold around my neck, I could trade it in and go back to film school and uh, maybe teach you some more things about what editing is. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, coming from the guy that lives with his fucking parents still. I literally had a conversation with him off the top of the show. Are you gonna move out? Are you gonna live with your parents your entire fucking life? You're not even paying fucking rent. Hey, calm down, guys. 
You're gonna teach me some shit. You're gonna teach me some shit. <laughs> he's playing, dude. No, he's not. This is he what is. I was talking. This he's is what I was talking to get about. Under your skin, man. I'm just trying you're to fucking all... get you going. It's funny as shit. You're so mad, guys. Because guys. it's motivated. That's what my fucking problem is. I can read through you like a goddamn book, dude. Me too. I can tell that you're getting more and more frustrated. <laughs> All right, let's. It's time to wrap up the show, guys. Am I doing the outro? Sure. All right. Thank you for everybody for listening to the episode. The episode. The episode 112 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself. YouTube.com slash mood 616 and please send them some tutorials on editing and as always you can follow JP YouTube.com slash double shot J and as always you can follow me on my channel YouTube.com slash NES ruler 22 and as always if you have any voicemails you could do so at 726-424-426-6665 so as you can leave us an email at 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com it's 22 shots of moods and the horror at gmail.com and as always follow us on twitter twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast join us on the facebook page facebook.com search bar 22 shots of moods and horror podcast and join the community of awesomeness please post some editing stuff and as always please follow the patreon patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast and then you do it for episode 112 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back next week with episode 113, where we'll be digging into our good buddy Derek's pick of the month, The Burning Oh, now Moon. Derek's a good buddy, right? Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Fucking Because he knows hell. stuff about what blurriness is. The Burning Moon. So stay tuned to episode 113. Thank you, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. See you guys.